seriously, you're still listening? My question to you is, when did two hours of nonsensical crap turn into five hours of horse manure? Anyway, welcome to the second annual Tupperwares Award Show. Ratings from three guys with zero talent. And you're still listening? This blows my mind. Haven't heard Jake bash on Man of Steel enough? I'm guessing Brian hasn't cast Bradley Cooper in every role yet. And don't even get me started on Frank. Here's what I want you to do. After you die, please donate your brains to science so we can unlock the secrets of why people subject themselves to hours upon hours of audio torture. I didn't think sadomasochism of the ears was possible until I listened to this disturbing assault of the brain these guys call a podcast. But if you're still listening, here it is. The second annual Tupperware Award Show. Episode 73. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the Leftovers. leftovers. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah hammer uh, time is here yeah yeah what uh was, was that better or worse than last week oh really i forgot all about last week it yeah. must not left that much of an impression on me frank all right eh. yeah it's, it's the best i could come up with we're getting there <laughs> i liked it yeah i liked it <laughs> it's but be- i don't know i kind of miss the days where you got to sit there and couldn't say <laughs> shit and yeah those were fun. <laughs> yeah, we used to filibuster as long as we could, <laughs> make them suffer, watch them squirm. It was torture for you. Because <laughs> you were just like, sometimes you get like a little giggle out too. I try not to. Yeah. You, it sometimes seemed like you were trying to get like funny on purpose. Yeah, that I'd was definitely si- the goal. Yeah, I'm sitting here gagging, trying not to make a peep. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, peeps, the marshmallow candy. Right? Love them. Oh, fuck that. Oh, I yeah, love I'm, them. I'm Nasty. Yeah, yeah, I love them. I always give them to the wife. So if they stuffed a holiday pie with those fucking marshmallow oh. treats, you'd love them, wouldn't you? Possibly. God, yeah, nasty. Yeah. They oh. have the chocolate-covered peeps. Oh, so good. Ugh, gross. There was mint ones we had this year. Oh, yeah, they have different flavored ones now. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I had bubblegum ones. Really? Yeah, they were delicious. Ugh, man, it- <laughs> Those things just they they hit my mouth wrong, man. They, they feel funny. They're all shit flavored to me, so I, I just don't like. Them. I've never been a marshmallow kind of like even in my cereal. They're mm-hmm. not real fucking marshmallows, right? They're not real marshmallows. Yeah, like a lucky charm. Yeah, because yeah. a marshmallow won't dissolve like that in milk, will it? Like a real one? <laughs> no, I've never seen one do that. 
You know those jumbo marshmallows? Are those just used for like baking and shit? Oh, we use them for campfires too. They're good the for jump, like, like oh. the huge ones. Oh yeah, those are awesome for like campfire marshmallows. Yeah, mm. I've always used like the not the not the not the huge jumbo. I'm talking like the jumbo ones. They're like oh, gigantic, yeah. ginormous. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I think that's what you use them for. They're jumbo campfire. Yeah. Well, there's different sizes of marshmallows. Yeah, how do you like your campfire marshmallow? I like that shit burnt and crispy. Ugh. I like them indoors. I don't. I, I'm not an outdoorsy guy. Yeah, I gotta like the only way I do like s'mores is by the microwave. I don't like <laughs> campfire. Yeah, yeah. I love me some campfire marshmallows. Uh, yeah, this is our campfire marshmallow <laughs> yeah. show. My Ooh, snack food Tupperware yeah. goes to campfire marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, we got tons of hot pocket talk for you this week and. <laughs> All the other bullshit we talk about from week to week. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Booyah. Woohoo. Um, yeah, next day, you know, like New Year's happened. I got on the internet and I'm like, oh, fuck. can I fucking buy my hoverboard? I'm like, looking, <laughs> where's my fucking hoverboards at? None of that. None of it. Nope. None of it. You remember being kids watching that and then talking about how like that shit's going to happen? Like, yeah. that's yeah. the future. Right. <laughs> You don't know, no, like for like young people that didn't grow up with Back to the Future too, like when it came out. Like when it came out, I was like fucking eleven or twelve, and it was like, yeah, we're gonna have flying cars. That's gonna be a thing. Yeah, yeah. We're, that's we're, happening. We're Oops. gonna get a Cubs win this year, right? Yeah, Cubs win this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it all seemed plausible back then. Like, that's so far in the future that these crazy things could happen. Yeah, they nailed some stuff. Like, um, the TV that they had in Back to the Future 2 is pretty much right on target for, like, where we're at with, like, smart TVs and stuff, right? Yeah, like, they just... Yeah. Theirs was, like, how people watch TV, though. It wasn't... It was, like, how they watched it. It had, like... 12 different screens going at once. Yeah, but it was a flat TV on a wall. Right. And, it was, and, and it wasn't it more out. like, it was, it, but the picture did look like shit. Okay. Right. Oh, you yeah. Know, it oh, looked yeah. like a, it looked more like a, uh, like a shitty front projector. Right. Yeah. But, but, but controlling it with the voice with the different screens, the uh, Kinect experience with the Xbox One is very much like that and how you're supposed to be able to control the TV. Yeah, at least we got that one better. Like yeah. hoverboards we don't have, but at least we got better TVs than those fuckers. Yeah. yeah. And why the fuck did they still have faxes in the future? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, faxes coming in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're fired. Well, that was like the big thing when, uh, when back to the, you know, that movie was written. So whereas email took its place, that's yeah. what they were thinking everybody was going to have access to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it Spielberg's son? Is it Max Spielberg doing Jaws 19, the hollow film? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 19, huh? Yeah. I think we only got to five, right? There's a lot of there catching up to do. There was Jaws, Jaws 2, Jaws 3, Jaws Revenge. This time it's personal. <laughs> and I don't remember. Was there a Jaws 5 after that? I I'm, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Four is confirmed. Five's a maybe. Five was Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the one with Samuel Jackson? Uh, the, the Remy Harlan movie. <laughs> oh God, what was that? Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. Oh, I love that movie. It's they, a, uh, it did. Uh, was Owen Wilson in that, oh, or was man. that Anaconda? Oh man, no, that's Anaconda. Oh, Holy shit. Deep Blue Sea is hilarious. Though. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Been a long time, but I have seen it. Yeah, Samuel L. gets eaten by the shark about halfway yeah. through. Now we. It's not enough to just have big fucking sharks. Now you gotta have them twisting around in the <laughs> tornado. Fuck, yeah, shark NATO. <laughs> shark fucking NATO. Good God. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about the equivalent of Jaws nineteen. So it's not that bad off. 
So Shark- I, I honestly think Tara Reed's dead. I think Sharknado is like weekend at Bernie's three. I think sh- I think Tara Reed's dead. They're just like animating her face. Oh my god! I think she died in like one of these plastic surgery fucking tables. Yeah, and like oh, wow. they just reanimated her. They stuffed her and they reanimated her. That bitch is dead. Didn't she have like a tit like fall out or something? In the movie? No, like in oh, her life. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Not, I'm not shit. talking I'm not talking about like It was like in a award show. Yeah. Well, yeah, she yeah. Oh was, okay. she had just yeah, she had no feeling in her like one of her breasts. <laughs> yeah. And the thing just pops out. She's like giving an interview and she's shit. giving an interview and it just pops out and she's just talking and there's her her mangled up tit <laughs> for the whole world to see. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Welcome to the Tupperware Awards show. Best Tupperware. Oh, the winner for best mangled up tit is the Tarot. <laughs> You're the big winner. Oh, shit. <laughs> mangled. I didn't make an audio bumper for best that one. mangled up tit. <laughs> 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 yeah guys happy new year did you guys have any new year's resolutions this uh, year i do but i'm gonna actually talk about it during the tupperware oh okay not gonna say gotcha anymore is that it <laughs> i want you to that should be your fucking staple that's your fucking catchphrase gotcha and, and tj lamb yeah fuck the lamb <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you probably shouldn't say that <laughs> There goes Jake's community work at the farm. <laughs> there goes my resolution already. Yeah. <laughs> Next year, Jake's Christmas card is him behind the lamb. Oh, God. <laughs> and this is so bad. <laughs> Do you, have you heard the... Uh, Merry the, Christmas. <laughs> Do you know the uh, George Carlin joke about fucking a lamb? No. no. You always do it at the edge of a cliff so they push back. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh man, <laughs> brilliant. That's great. Frank, did you have any New Year's resolutions? No. You, no, no self improvement for what? Frank. Frank's like, I have achieved everything I want. <laughs> I, I, there's, there's no room for any self improvement for Frank. Fuck. No, you're the pinnacle it. of human success. <laughs> no, Frank, you as a person are a Tupperware. Holy shit. No, no. <laughs> you son of a it's, bitch. It's the opposite. I, I don't feel like the changing of the year is significant in the need to change one's person. It's like a clean slate. It's like uh, everything sets back, and it's just kind of like everybody can like try to push each other, you know, to like uh, eh, make some changes for the new year. Hey, listen, motherfucker, <laughs> I, I want to change this. And it's like everybody can be like, well, I want to change this. And then everybody can get together and try to change that thing. Like, you know, one guy can be like, I'm going to try not to piss on the fuck bowl so much you know what i mean yeah. on the toilet seat you know what i mean and his wife's like fuck yeah stop pissing on the fucking toilet seat i'm the one that's cleaning that motherfucker and like he can be like well you could stop nagging me so much this goddamn year and then it turns into a domestic violence Holy you know shit. dispute you know wow. so maybe, maybe that took a wrong turn i didn't want it to go that way but well, like, then, you know and then by february you're pissing all over the floor <laughs> <laughs> and she's verbally pissing on you again. Whoa. So, you know, no, no one ever holds I, yeah. up. Where, who, who are the kids going to live with in that scenario? <laughs> Piss bowl daddy or oh, naggy bitch mommy? Uh, I'm going I'm going with the mom. Yeah. Can I, I – I Googled Tara Reed boob fallout. Yeah. And the, <laughs> boob fallout. And the fourth, thing, the fourth thing that comes up says Tara Reed crooked boob see-through. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So her fucking boobs are like my eyes? 
<laughs> yes, Frank. <laughs> like they're all cockeyed and shit. They ain't straight. Why are we so silent right now? What is going uh, I'm on? I'm trying to look at pictures of boobs. Oh, here's the bo- here's the terror. <laughs> <laughs> look at her she's so happy yeah she, she she's so happy she's being like interviewed or yeah something. i gotta she, see it yeah she had just gone through like some uh breast Holy reconstruction shit. she'd gone through breast reconstruction she had no feeling in the damn oh thing oh wow and there it is in all of its glory uh-huh. <laughs> mangled tit award some lucky guys taking yeah. that home yeah. wow so no no new year's resolutions for frank no, I I try to better myself throughout the year. I, I I I never think that I'm okay enough to just say okay, it's a clean slate. I just I just always try. And so I, just, I don't know. I just never make a resolution. Yeah, I think it's more fun fucking up the whole year and being like, oh, well, I'm going to fix it this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh. I just never done it. Yeah, my new. I got. It. I'm back in the gym. January first, back in the gym. Nice. Gotcha. So cool. I'd taken like four or five months off. I got a shoulder injury and shit and. Took a took a lot of time off, but God, I feel like you know, you take that much fucking time off from the gym. Like that first day back is a bitch. Have you had Holy your first shit. day back? Yeah, January first, I was there. Was there a bunch of January clowns in there? Uh, you know, I went in the evening. There was two other people there. That's the thing. Yeah, there there is. Like you'll see people there at the beginning of the year, and I, you know, I, I've gone to the gym regularly, typically for the past like ten years, and. You'll see like people there January first, and then by like you know February, you never see them again. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. They're gone, you know. And uh, you know, there was a couple people there that I hadn't seen. There's been a lot of newbies that I haven't seen there before. But um, you know, uh, it, man, I feel like, dude, I am so far behind on like where I used to be. Oh my god, you know, you don't pick the weights up and shit for that long. It's like holy shit. I felt like uh, what's her face. Uh, uh, the bride and Kill Bill when she had muscle atrophy after coming out oh, of that fucking wow. coma. And you said it was only like four months, right? Four months. Wow. Yeah. You, you get set behind so quick. It comes back though faster because of muscle memory and shit. Okay. Like it'll come back really fast for me. But like, you know, like where I was putting up like, you know, back in the day, I was like, and I'm not a big guy. I weighed about 160, but I was putting up like 100 pound dumbbells, you know, so popping up 200 pounds, you know, three, four, five times. Dude, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. I'm like, I'm like back into like, you know, working up from like, you know, 50 and I'll move back up to like, you know, where I was doing like regularly like 75 pound dumbbells doing like three sets of 12 and shit, but I can't. And unless you've lifted, like doing it that way is harder too because each arm has to carry its own load and you got a lot of smaller stabilizing muscles that you need. Yeah, I don't do like a regular like bench press and shit with like the bar. I I do every once in a while, but like there you can, with dumbbells, you can't cheat. Right. You can't cheat. You got to pop them both up. Uh huh. So you can't like push up that left arm or that right arm a little bit more to get it up there. You got to go with both of them and popping them up. So, yeah, man. Fuck, dude. Back in the gym, I went, uh, let's see here. I went uh, New Year's Day. Next day, I didn't go. I went the next day after that, and I went today and did legs. Oh. Leg day. Yuck. Yeah. Uh, It's going to take me a while to get back to where I was. That's the worst. I'm going to keep going, man. I fucking love going to the gym. I'm a gym rat. So you try to go every day then? No, I I take two days off in a week. Okay. And I work uh, two to three body parts a day, and then I won't work those again for like the next – I'll give those body parts two days off before I work them again. You know, I'm not one of these guys like, yo, man, how much how much do you bench? <laughs> I could give a fuck about how much I'm benching. I just I want to work on physique. You know right, what I mean? Self improvement. Exactly. I don't. I'm not one of these guys like, dude. There's this motherfucker in the gym that goes there, and I remember like when he was first signing up. 
he was like, do you guys care? You know, um, some other gyms care about how loud we get in the gym. She's like, oh, no, no, no. They really wanted members at the time. Right. And now they got signs like, you know, keep your fucking voice down, jackasses, you know. <laughs> but back then they didn't care until this motherfucker started going to the gym. He would lift. And when he would lift, he'd make these noises. And I guess it helps him for some reason. But he'd, like, lift the bar and go, <laughs> like just like a tennis player. Right. Tennis player so. Well, he sounded like the skipper from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> and it was ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And uh, like you know, like you're trying to work out, you know, and and if you don't have headphones in, that's all you can hear is this guy over there getting pissed off at Gilligan and shit. You know, you you fucked up our way off the island, you son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he broke the coconut radio. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck oh that is hilarious yeah so back in the gym good shit but i'm uh, sore as fuck i can't like you know bend my arm all the way you know because that's what you do when you lift you you're actually ripping muscle that's what's happening you're ripping muscle yeah you're tearing that tissue and it fucking hurts yeah. <laughs> that's why you get sore uh, so. I, I i'm afraid of that it's a bad thing to say like i know that's what's waiting yeah. for me that's why i don't like go and <laughs> try to start such a pussy way out but i'm gonna help out our listeners if your new year's resolution was to get back in the gym and all this shit and you're those you're naive and you don't i'm not saying you're naive but you just don't know a lot about working out maybe it's like this is your first time and you go to the gnc oh big fucking no-no right there yeah Everything, oh my God, just guys, just eat your multivitamin and take a protein. You can get your protein anywhere. As long as it's got branch amino acids, branch chain amino acids in it and protein in it, just do that. Don't go to fucking GNC and think you got to buy every goddamn supplement. It's all fucking snake oil bullshit. Mm. The reason they overprice everything for the, oh, this one comes with this and this one comes with this and this and this and this and you need all of them. You need this whole pack. The reason they overprice them is because they know it's bullshit. You're only going to buy it once, so they're going to get their money out of you the first time. I mean, protein's fucking expensive enough. As long as it's got protein and branched-chain amino acids in it, you're good. I, I, I'm not a big fan of this fucking these fad fucking you know powders that come out every fucking month. Yeah, that makes sense. God, fuck that shit. Yeah, do you ever go to those like those smoothie places? That's like you can get your protein there, right? Those things are delicious. Yeah, like um, Smoothie King or whatever. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they put enough protein in it. No, some of that stuff. Um, I I just get like the I get the peanut butter chocolate whey protein, and uh, that that's what I use. So it's, that, that like, sounds good. Yes, yeah. It, it, you know, it has a weird aftertaste when you first start drinking it, uh-huh. but after a while, it's just like it's like a dessert to me now. Oh yeah, I like it. Good shit. Yeah, I tried to have it a couple days ago. My milk was said it said it expired January fifth, which is uh tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Drank that shit. It, the shit was fucking sour oh. yesterday. I was like, why do you put the fucking fifth on there if the shit's gonna go fucking sour? That's nasty. I was pissed <laughs> off. Jake, you work in the fucking uh dairy and shit yeah what the fuck's up with that uh, <laughs> the fifth yeah it was uh, set for the fifth and it's and i i uh usually i can even like drink it like the day of and, and it was still, still it was still bad it was actually bad you could tell it was bad it was bad uh, it, like uh like i poured it in drank it i was like oh my oh, god that's a- and then i smelled it and i was like oh fuck this shit's sour i'll tell you something interesting um fda says all the stuff is supposed to be good for 10 days after its date so anytime you encounter something like that, yeah. it's a refrigeration problem between the transportation of the product by either the store or the you know the company bringing okay. the product there. 
So that made it go bad quicker. Yeah, they had it out of the cold mm. for a period of time or something. They gotcha. they did they fucked it up temperature wise somehow. Gotcha. Because that shit should should have been good. Yeah. We're talking about milk now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, Christ. I come here not to talk about milk, yeah. yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, typically, you know, the fucked up thing is I think I used that milk the day before oh. to make tomato soup. Okay. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I was well, like, yeah. you'd know it by now. Yeah. Yeah. If you buy milk and, like, and it says the 5th, it should still be good until the 15th. You just can't sell it past the 5th. Yeah, the statements by Jake are not that of the FDA. Yeah, not that of the FDA. <laughs> yeah, but you can. Yeah. Drink that shit. All right, we had the intro from our guy that's done some, like, you know, bumpers for us in the past and shit like that. Nice. You know, like, when I went, I asked him to say horse shit. Yeah. Instead, uh-huh. and he was like, I don't curse in any of my, you know, you know, audio stuff. Hmm. Oh, well, welcome to pop culture left. I know, <laughs> but I was like, I wanted him to say, you know, when did this turn into five hours of horse shit? And mm-hmm. he like messaged me back and said, I won't use the word shit. And I was just like, God damn it. You know, like, uh, there, I kept thinking like, there's a price for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wanted to be at that point. You're like the million dollar man. That's Ted exactly what I wanted to say. That's exactly what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to like, start like, I, what's his <laughs> price? Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. Yeah. If I was Ted DiBiase, that's exactly what I would have done. Like, what's it going to take for you to fucking say shit? <laughs> Everybody's got a fucking price. Yeah. Make them turn. But I ain't got no money. Yeah. <laughs> so. So he says what he says. He says manure. <laughs> so he said he'll say crap or manure, and I was like, all right, say manure. Yeah. A word's uh, a word, guy. I should have been like, you know what? That's a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, say manure. He said manure. So whatever. Yeah, well, at least we're clarifying it. You're listening to horse shit. Not, yeah, not manure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, know, we want our audience to know that you are, in fact, listening to shit. Yeah. <laughs> correction, asterisk correction. It's mm-hmm. shit you're listening to. Yes. It's giving more credit than it's due. <laughs> um, yeah. This uh, we're going to be doing our Tupperware's award show, and we're going to be giving out tuppies for like the best and the worst and all that bullshit. But yeah. Jake, we were talking like we were talking in a text message the other day, uh-huh. and and we, I was telling you like you uh, oh uh, I had like rented a movie and I went and saw a movie and I'm thinking to myself like most people when they message each other they could talk about like did you like it was it good yeah we can't even fucking do that dude yeah every time you text me something like that it's always like eh. we know how to respond yeah. But we can't, you know, that's a fucked up thing. It's like everything on this show, like, I don't know, like, what Jake thinks of a certain movie before we get on this show. It's like most, like, you know, friend relationships, you can just text them and be like, yeah, I saw such and such movie, X-Men Days of Future Past. It was fucking good, dude. I fucking loved it. Yeah. I can't do that with Jake. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> and like, like, we have people on the page ask us all the time, oh, so did you see this? And like, maybe they're a new listener. They don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't reveal that until we do the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of calmed down. You're right about that. Yeah. Our listener have, have caught on to mm-hmm. that because back yeah. in the day like six months ago mm-hmm. you'd always get a post hey what'd you guys think about this what'd you think about that yeah you yeah. have to wait for the show it's more or less some of my friends that are listeners too that'll ask me something and i'll be like i can't say yeah, <laughs> yeah. so tra- then, then they're like really like you can't tell me i'm, I'm like yeah really i can't tell you yeah and I, I don't even tell random people i walk out of the movie theater somebody asked me like what'd you think of that movie you, you're I, i'm going in to see it i can't tell you 
<laughs> yeah, I, no, I'm kidding. I would, I would tell just a random. I person. do the same thing on my Facebook too, though. Like when big stuff happens or I see a movie, like before Pop Culture Leftovers, I would. That's where I would like say, "Hey, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, wow, Days of Future Past was great." But now, mm-hmm. now I don't even. Oh, do I that. know. Yeah, you got to keep your mouth. You got to you got to bite your tongue. Yeah. yeah, and I watch other people post theirs too, and they like you know tag themselves at whatever theater, and they'll give like a loved it or whatever, and I'm like. Really? You're going to just let it out like that? And I'm like, you're not going to say anything else? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's like, I think that makes for the best podcast, though, is like when you don't talk about it. And it's just like, boom. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Uh You know, if you guys all talk about it before that, you might miss some moments. And this might be for somebody that's thinking about doing a podcast. You might miss some moments on the podcast where you're, you're, you're making some good points about it before you even hit record. Yep. So think about that if you're going to be making a podcast. Because I get a lot of emails from listeners that are wanting to to do podcasts and stuff like that. So and the reviews, like especially like if you're going to toss it and I'm going to taste it or vice versa, yeah. like that's so much better if you don't discuss that. Yeah, I don't want your rating to. Im- uh, is right. that what you're saying? Yeah. Like to well, affect mine. Well, yeah. That and just, you know, the chemistry of the conversation of, you yeah. know, finding out the other person hated something you love oh, or, yeah. or yeah. vice versa. Oh, God. It's that whole process of you guys trying to explain it to each other and why you care so much. Oh, yeah. It like, was awesome. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, I loved a fucking movie. And uh, as usual, Jake hates it, you know, and it, and it's like uh, I've been like, you know, for like three, four days chomping at the bit to talk about this fucking movie that I love. Right. Like, seriously, like if this movie was like a, a, a human being, a woman, I would bed this movie <laughs> after I've seen it. And then Jake's just like, fuck that, dude. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not touching that with a five foot pole. Fuck right. that movie. And I mean, it, it really comes out, you know, natural on the podcast. Yeah, it uh-huh. makes Emotions. so much better yeah, moments. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, um, yeah, was, this is something I was thinking about. Um, you know, I mean, I got a couple stories. We're not doing good pop, bad pop. We're not doing our regular thing. It's it's all Tupperwares. But there was a couple things because we're getting farther away from Christmas, and I don't want to get too far away from it to where it doesn't make sense. Um, there was a couple really cool Christmas related stories that I read. Um, the first one is Bill Gates, the co-founder of Microsoft. He participated, check this out, in a Reddit secret Santa gift exchange. Wow. Really? Yeah. And uh, one lucky girl whose wish it was to have a Loki helmet was granted when Gates turned out to be her secret Santa. Oh, man. I wish Bill Gates would be my secret no, Santa. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you want from Bill Gates? I was just trying to think of that. Yeah. I'd want a Han and Carbonite prop, like the real one. Yeah? You know how you can get those? Like yeah. the straight up. I was thinking it. you'd want the Star Wars pinball machine. Oh, man. That's a good one, too. Yeah. I didn't think quick enough. <laughs> Both of those are really good. Yeah. Fuck, man. I wish I had some like nerdy dream like that. First thing I think of when I think of that kind of money, I'm thinking car. Like, give me a car. <laughs> I want a I want a bat cave. Really? Yeah. I want a fucking bat cave. Yeah. Build it's me a fucking, fucking bat cave. It's Christmas. You gotta get a, a toy. Like a, you know, a car, if you win a game show, you buy a car. Yeah. If it's, a, if it's yeah. an extravagant Christmas gift. Well, get. unless Frank is like uh like if this is gonna be like the first in like you collecting a car and just collecting cars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, but yeah. I, I mean, can't you know, but I I, I, that would be it for me. He would give me that car. I'd be like, okay, here's my collection. <laughs> Thank you for the Aston Martin. It's beautiful. And that's, well, that's no. it. The, the collection ends there. No, it, it'd be something cool. Like, it'd be either, like, the Knight Rider car tricked out or, like, oh, the nice. General Lee. Nice. Oh, nice. That would be nice. Yeah. Batmo- Batmobile. 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 Ecto. 
Yeah. Oh, that's on. sweet, man. Did you guys ever cool. see like the episode of the Drew Carey show um, where uh, he won the Batmobile? <laughs> yes, yes. No. And, there, and it came with like a list of fucking rules. And one of the rules is <laughs> you can't have sex in the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Batmobile's a panty dropper. You know what I mean? So, like, they they worked that into, like, the contract. Sure. Yeah. Didn't he end up having sex in the yeah, Batmobile yeah, and then oh losing it? Yeah, he lost the Batmobile. Spoilers for a fucking 20-year-old Fuck, show. Right? But that was a pretty funny show back in the I day. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Not yeah. a big sitcom guy, but I always liked that. Yeah. Great supporting cast. I like how the sitcoms evolve, though, from, like, the regular, like, uh, just one camera. Yeah. Uh, no, excuse me, like one, two, three, like three or four cameras where you get different angles to so just like one camera that follows them around mm-hmm. and shit like that. I like yeah. how sitcoms have evolved. Yeah, you get great shit like yeah. parks and, yeah. and yeah. community and the yeah. stuff like going on. I just watch like shows like King of Queens and it's just so dated oh, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Just shit like that, those kind of sitcoms. Yeah. I like these mockumentary uh, shows like The Office and Parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where they have like the little confessional thing. So what about this Loki helmet? Oh yeah, oh, shit. Yeah. We're talking about this fucking Loki helmet. <laughs> how, how much money did Bill Gates spend on this motherfucker? Well, I mean, basically, uh, he gives her this. Uh, her name was on Reddit. Khalid C A L I D seven took to Reddit and she posted pics of her helmet. And uh, I'm going to post those on our Facebook page. She had some really nice things to say. She says, I cannot believe it. I am literally shaking right now. I am in shock. Someone get me a blanket. <laughs> the amazing human being, Bill Gates, sent me a Loki helmet, which I have been dying to own ever since the first Thor movie came out. He read my pie-in-the-sky wish that I filled out in my questionnaire and, f- and fulfilled it. I also got an amazing coffee table book of gorgeous pictures of Africa, somewhere I desperately want to go. It's on my bucket list, with an inspiration and a giant microbes polio virus stuffed animal. Whoa. All that's from Bill Gates? I guess so. He's a coffee table book kind of giver. She did say, though, that the the helmet actually arrived with the horns cracked, but I'm pretty sure I can find a way to fix it. Um, And the, the helmet is straight out of the... Avengers movie. Wow. It's an exact replica and it looks gorgeous. Like the one Shit. that appears on him when he delivers the speech to the people. Yes. Is oh, with the it's two that giant one. horns. Yeah, when yeah. uh when uh Robert Downey Jr. calls him reindeer game. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's an amazing helmet. Um she doesn't look as cool as Tom Hiddleston when she wears it. Of, cor- <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Few do. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she's not got the whole garb on and everything too. It's just like uh right. you know. Do you have a picture right there? Can I see? Uh, let me pause. I'll show you guys. All right. Yeah, so you guys got a chance to see the helmet. Pretty yeah. badass. It is yeah, badass. It's bitching. Where do you go to get said helmet? Oh, I, when you're Bill Gates, yeah. where don't you go? You just have right? it made. You your, got, he just sends forge. out a fucking tweet. Hey, I need somebody uh, that can make props to make me. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're going to be jumping all over that stuff. I bet right. he went to like some kind of like Hollywood prop you know, maker, yeah. something sure. like that. He probably has people kind of doing that stuff for him, too. His army of dwarves like, well, forged no, it. Like making no, making I, a call like somebody saying, hi, I'm yeah. calling on behalf of Bill Gates. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's got people. Yeah. Shit, they probably went to fucking Asgard and got it, <laughs> for all we know. God damn it. Frank, every episode, Frank bumps the table. That was an earthquake. He's done it twice before we record. I said, get it all out of your system. Frank, Sorry. what is going on over there? <laughs> Just lose track of where my knees are at in the frame of the table. It's not like you're Andre the Giant over there. I <laughs> know. You know? God. Sorry. I shift around a lot. <laughs> He's a shifty guy. <laughs> 
Here's another awesome Christmas-related story that I wanted to share. It's a news story, so I'm just going to go ahead and play the audio. Eventually. (laughs) I'll call it a superhero surprise. Captain America himself, Chris Evans, thrilling a young fan who could not be more deserving of a little happiness. Nine-year-old Kenny is obsessed with Captain America, the big-screen superhero played by Sudbury native Chris Evans. Let's be honest, who isn't? Kenny is trying, though, to beat his own foe, a brain tumor. And as Paul Burton shows us, his big-screen hero wanted to meet him and cheer him on. Christopher Haven's giving us an apartment and a new home. Nine-year-old Kenny Bodding has a brain tumor, and for the past three weeks, he's been staying at Christopher's Haven, a place that provides a home away from home for kids battling cancer. Kenny's been staying here with his sister and mother as he undergoes treatment next door at Mass General Hospital. This is a home. This is a community, and you build your, you bring your whole family. And today, Kenny received the surprise of a lifetime. Captain America's here. When his favorite action movie star, Captain America's Chris Evans, visited him, and Kenny's eyes lit up the room. Which one's Kenny? Me. Hi, buddy. How are you, man? I'm Chris. Hi. Good to meet you. Kenny took pictures, got autographs and gifts from Evans. What do you think about this, buddy? And you got to tie Captain America up. (laughs) Yes. All right, Kenny, you lead the way, buddy. To top it off, Kenny took Evans on a tour of Christopher's Haven, starting with his own bedroom. I made a fort. I want to make a fort. (laughs) Just me and the kids are making a fort. Evans is in town for a special event at Fenway Park this weekend to help raise money for Christopher's Haven. It's their strength that gives people like me strength. There's any way you can kind of bring a smile or just kind of give positive words of reinforcement and encouragement, it's worth it. So while he may have left his shield back in Hollywood, Christopher's Haven and Team Kenny are very close to Captain America's heart. Thanks, buddy. Good to meet you, dude. Awesome. We want to make the kids feel like little stars themselves. But it was so generous of Chris to come and spend time with us and to see my son tie up, you know, Captain America. It's amazing. And Kenny could not stop smiling. More than, more than happy. Really just to say thank you. Thanks for coming. These kids are the true superheroes. Captain America! In Boston, I'm Paul Burton, WBZ News. Yeah, so, uh... Chris Evans showed up. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's super fucking cool. Yeah, for this kid. I mean, kid's got a brain tumor, and he shows up, and, you know, just uh, his hero's Captain America, and that's what he wanted. And, I mean, what a what a Christmas wish. What an amazing Christmas wish. And it's not like for a TV show. You know, and I know I, lo- I know a lot of celebrities have, like, uh, their own TV shows where they, like, make dreams come true or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, uh, what is it, Extreme Home Makeovers. Yeah. It, was, it was a fun show when it started, and they did a lot of stuff for these people, you know, building them homes and stuff like that. But the overall thing is, like, to promote the show and promote the products that you're, they're using. And, uh, you know, it brings awareness to, like, certain, like, uh, disabilities that people might have and or, like, you know, things like that. But, like, this, he just did on his own time, and I think it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. great that he's making the most out of being Captain America. Yeah. I mean, that's a big mantle to fill. Yeah. And to do these kind of things is great. He sounded really genuine in that yeah. in that clip. Like, right. when he was seeing the fort and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was having a great time. <laughs> yeah. You could tell it. You know, he didn't look uncomfortable or yeah. anything. Right. You know, does this make you think, like, you know, maybe, like, something like this can just, like, make him realize, like, what an impact he has on people and, like, why he should be Captain America. There, there's not, you know, do your Snowpiercer stuff. Do your directorial stuff. But always come back to Captain America. You know, be a Hugh Jackman and, and embrace the role. And I think he's embraced it a lot more than when he first started to. I mean, he, he didn't really care for the Captain America at all. Right. After Winter Soldier came out, Avengers came out. Yes. Winter Soldier came out. I mean... 
he's really embraced it. So I want to see him stick around as Captain America as long as possible. Oh, me too. Yeah, agreed. That'd be so, awesome. Just thought it was a great story, and I wanted to share it with the Leftover Army. It was a great clip. Yeah. Uh, we did get an email, and it, we're not going to read emails this week. We're going to save them. So we're going to have probably a shit ton of fucking emails next week. <laughs> shit ton. Trust me, i got a bunch of them. But here's an email that's related to the Tupperware, and uh, it's uh, from our listener from Spain, Xavier Archeros Cano. And uh, he wants to give his picks for some of these, you know, categories. So I'm going to go over that here real quick. Nice. He says, hey, Leftovers, I don't know how often your other fans send you guys emails, but today I have a fucking family lunch to celebrate the new year. And although it's a few hours away and I'm already bored to death, so what the hell? I'm going to give you my Tupperware's choices for 2014 Best Movie in Actor and Actress. Best Movie of 2014 uh, he had, he listed his, you know, choices. Guardians of the Galaxy, Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, Nightcrawler, The Babadook, and Captain America the Winter Soldier. His winner was Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, best performance of 2014, Tom Hardy for Locke. Great movie, by the way. Jake Gyllenhaal with Nightcrawler, Matthew McConaughey, Interstellar, Sarah Snook for Predestination, and, uh, Ralph Fiennes for Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, the winner was Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, well, I have to admit, I haven't seen yet whether Whiplash, Whiplash is the new Miles Teller drum movie. Okay. Drummer movie. Uh, Foxcatcher and Birdman because they'll be put on the cinemas during this month. So I could change my mind later. Also haven't seen yet The Imitation Game. That's the new Benedict Cumberbatch film. Mm. Uh, he says, I'm going to watch it on Monday. Well, I think that's all for today. You'll be reading more from me. And tell Jake that where I'm living now, Melorsa, is the same island where Paul Rudd's character of Parks and Recreation goes to vacation instead of campaigning for Pawnee. <laughs> God, I love that show. By the way, I'm at Shaverth on Twitter. Brian, Jake, Frank, keep the podcast funny as always. So thank you for the email, Xavier. So – Xavier, if you're a big Parks fan, with the Paul Rudd's Bobby Newport Jr., wasn't there a different Bobby Newport Jr. in the first couple seasons, and then he kind of became Paul Rudd later on? Or did he have two kids? Or help me out there, out there, Xavier, if you know what's up with that, or anyone out there. Yeah. Yeah, tweet you. Yeah. At, what's, at, your, what's your Twitter? At Two Sheds, the number two and sheds with two Ds. So it's some confusing shit. <laughs> I always just remember it by the double Ds. The double Ds. Oh, my God. Do you remember Frank's old Twitter handle? Oh, fuck. What the fuck was that thing? That yeah. was like uh, trying to understand Ikea instructions. I was trying to do too many different things at once. <laughs> what, what was it? What was your old Twitter handle? Uh, it's kind of similar to my There's like an underscore in there. There was like an, an at yeah. symbol. Yeah, and I tried to use some leet speak. In there, so numbers instead of letters. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a train wreck. But, what, what's uh, your new one, Frank? It's at Quagmire, spelled K W A G M Y R E. It's the same as my gamer tag on both uh, PS4 and uh, Xbox. All right. Uh, I wanted to make another announcement here before we jump into the Tupperwares. Our buddy Ryan Drost uh, from the Star Joe's podcast is uh, he's right now. He is working on their five-year anniversary show, which nice. should hopefully drop tomorrow. Because tomorrow, Monday, the 5th, is their five-year anniversary. Five years. Five years of podcasting. Yes. Nice. Go Star Joes. And uh, 
Wanted to congratulate Ryan on five years of excellent podcasts. I just finished his latest episode. They gave us a shout out. Yeah, Chuck too. Congratulations. Please. Well, yeah, Chuck. Chuck hasn't been doing as many episodes as I like. But they've got uh, uh, Robert Atkinson in there, and oh. he's been doing really good for him. So I hope Chuck can uh, join him more in the future. But, um, you know, the, he's going to be putting together some of the funniest and best moments of the past five years. I talked to him. I was like, dude, I go, that's daunting. I go, wow. uh, for me to go back into, like, the archive and put together, like, you know, all these files and clips of all of our stuff, it would take me forever. He's like, yeah, I've been working on this for three weeks. Wow. I'm like, dude, you've, you're, you're really going balls out on this. <laughs> I, and I wanted to congratulate him too, uh, for, uh, the, the, he goes through his service as Podbean for his file hosting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Podbean had them listed in the top 10 downloads for hobbies and games. Wow. Yeah. Of uh, all time. In there for this year. Oh, for this year. For this oh, year. Wow. So listed in number uh, in the top ten. And he thinks from what he can what he can figure out is they were number five. So that is a huge accomplishment. So you know, congratulations to Ryan Drost and the Star Joe's guys. You guys are doing a bang up job. So and uh yeah, thank, thanks. I want to thank him for joining us on episode seventy. Yeah, we need to get him on again. I, we need to argue more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to have a Man of Steel show. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, guys. It's time now for the awards. The Tupperware. And I want to thank you guys, everybody. We all dressed up in tuxedos. Oh, I love my tux. I Fra- know. Like, Frank's got the tuxedo shirt on. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I rented this shit, yeah. <laughs> so, so I got to be I. real careful. Yeah, <laughs> they never get my sleeves right, though. They're always longer. These pit stains are authentic. I feel like I'm in a fucking like Harry Potter robe and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's you know, you guys look great. Everybody's looking great for the awards show. What about the red carpet ceremony? Oh, it was super fun. <laughs> a lot of stars showed up. My eyes still hurt from all the uh, flash photography. Flash photography. <laughs> oh, uh, Tara Reid's nipple fell out. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Chris Rock was there. Oh, wow. Adam Sandler was there. Yeah. Like, tons of huge stars. Bradley Pat- Cooper. Bradley Cooper was there. He's like, Brian, how many roles are you going to cast me in, dude? Like, <laughs> I'm glad you like me. But Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, Jeremy Renner was there. Pat Oswalt. He gave you real shitty looks. I noticed yeah, that. Yeah, Renner. Renner. Oh God, yes. he, he was giving you oh, some real dirt. Oh, looks. And it, it, it happened like at the exact same moment that I'm talking with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> he was looking over, just giving you the fucking stink eye. Uh-huh. And yeah. you guys might have missed it. I think Jennifer Lawrence's people handed me and David Isaac restraining orders. Uh, uh, oh wow! I so. thought that was Maisie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that was when I got hers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That was weeks ago. I was wondering why you weren't talking to her with us, Frank. I mean, you were just kind of standing way yeah. over there behind yeah. the I, I, Yeah, I had to kind of make sure I was How old is she? Away. Jennifer uh, Lawrence? No, Maisie. I'm pretty sure she's 18 or Why more. were you giving her, like, little... Why were you giving her, like, drinks out of your flask? <laughs> that was a little messed up, Frank. <laughs> drinks out of his flask? Yeah. Well, I had She's to make, 18. She's uh, not even legal to drink yet. I had to make sure it was out of the, the flask and not the decanter because that shit would have probably killed her. Yeah. Frank thought she was her character because in Westeros, <laughs> there, there is no legal drinking age. Ah. Ah, good point, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> nice tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, so it's uh, time for the uh, award show. It's time to celebrate the best of the best, and in some cases, the worst of the worst. Uh, we do have a rating system here on Pop Culture Leftovers. We're going to use it a little bit, I'm sure. We'll talk, this. we'll talk about, talk about it. it. You know, but if it is your first time listening, I want you to be familiar with the rating system, even though most of these are, you know, the best of the best. And this will give you an, basically give you an idea of why we're calling it the Tupperwares. So here's our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so that is our rating system. Toss it, taste it, Tupperware. It may come up a little bit, but yeah. most of these are going to be the best of the best. These are pretty much all Tupperwares in each category for the most of us. We're going to bring up some shitty ones. Hey, you know what we call like the... um the awards that we're going to be giving these, you know, the tuppies. The tuppies. But, like, what are the what are the worst ones going to be called? Hmm. What's a good name for that one? Oh, that's a good call. Is that something uh, we should ask the Army? That's a good call, unless we can think of something on the fly here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. What's the generic Tupperware called? What's, uh, like, an off-brand? Uh, uh oh yeah, generic Tupperware. Yeah. Like I have that. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, let me let me let me dig through my catalog of generic Tupperware names that I know already off the top of my head. There's Rubbermaid and how about the Tossies? The Tossies. That the, the yeah. Tuppies and we'll the Tossies. Go, we'll go for that unless anybody can think of something any better. Yeah, but that I like it so far. It's the best one I've heard. It's the only one I've heard. Right. So it instantly gonna... makes me think of trash. So <laughs> that oh. or somebody throwing up. How about the Franks? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, Frank. That's all right. You're right. All right, guys. So <laughs> do you guys want me to announce the first category? Yeah, the first category. First category that we're going to go with is Frank's category. It's the video game of the year. Woohoo! All right, guys. Uh, we're going to be going over the best video games of the year. Video Game of the Year. Welcome to Video Land. Wake up, Kid Icarus. Welcome to Castlevania. It's Congo Land. All right, video game of the year. I don't know who wants to start this one out. I mean, Jake, do you have a video game of the year? Uh, I want to talk about the intro a little bit. Captain N. Yeah, Captain N. Mega high. Uh (laughs) Mega high. Love that shit. As he's got, like, what's that thing? (laughs) A tracheotomy. Tracheotomy. (laughs) Apparently Mega Man enjoyed his Marlboros a little too much. Mega high. Mega high. Oh, shit. Oh, that was awesome. That was cool. Gosh. All right, so video game of the year. Jake, do you have one video game of the year we're doing runner-ups first that's runner-ups the and then your then yeah your ultimate video game of the year well my runner-up for this year is going to be mario kart 8 um love the shit out of some mario kart you know it's not like there's any ever groundbreaking things that happen throughout the series but they you know the classic gameplay is still there 
Um, first time we've had HD Mario Kart. Online play is super fun. You can instantly be racing with 12 people from around the world, and it's the most competitive Mario Kart you'll ever, you'll ever play in your life. You know, it's crazy. You're in first place, and then you're in fucking 10th place within the amount of, like, five seconds, and you want to throw your controller against the wall. So, you know, anything that can elicit that kind of insta-emotion is just a great game. So, yeah, easily my, easily my runner-up. Almost my winner. And what would be, we're just going to have you go with your winner. We'll just go with my winner? Yep, yep, that's how we'll do it. Runner-up and then your winner. And my winner is um, probably pretty obvious to anyone that's been listening to this for the last few episodes, but Super Smash Brothers. You Nintendo whore. I am a Nintendo <laughs> whore. Just like, that's why I got so excited about that Captain In shit. Um, I, don't, I don't own an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4. I'm, for, I've said it on previous episodes, but first-person shooters give me, like, fucking vertigo. I, like, want to puke after playing one for, like, 10, 15 minutes. Like, ugh, I, I, I just can't do it. So I'm just a Nintendo fanboy. You know, when they made Metroid a first-person shooter, I was like, no! But, yeah, Super Smash Brothers. Um, I hated that Metroid game because it didn't use Halo controls. Oh, uh, Metroid Prime. Or <laughs> oh, God, I couldn't play it. It was the one for, like, the fucking GameCube or some yeah. shit. Yeah, that was Dude, the one I, I didn't have. I I couldn't play it. No, it was that or the Wii. I can't remember. Or was it GameCube? I, I think it, it might have been GameCube. Yeah, dude, I couldn't play it because like, so, I was so used to Halo controls by yeah. that time, mm-hmm. and it was totally different than Halo controls, and I was just like, I can't play this fucking game. Yeah, I love yeah. it, but I can't fucking play it. Yeah, I tried to play it so bad because I love Metroid so much, yeah. and I was like, fuck, I still can't play first-person shooters. Right. Yeah. And so. I've played Smash with you. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's the first time in a long time I've done four-player in the same room, you know, multiplayer or anything. Yeah, and we've got a lot of controllers now, um, thanks to Frank's Gift, and Brian just gave me a GameCube controller today, so yeah. I think we're up to eight now. So nice. now we can get all eight people playing and Smash And if one Brothers. shit's on you, dude, I got a spare at the place, nice. so let me know, man. It's one of the things I like about Smash is that it's not like Tekken or Killer Instinct where you got to know all these crazy button combinations. It's mostly there's an attack button and you... It'll do something different depending on which direction you're pushing. Yes. Uh, and it, it's as simple as that to get into, but I've seen videos of people taking this shit so serious that they're coming up with like strategies with like neutral zones and where to be when and things like that. It, it's crazy how easy it is to get into, but also how deep it is, too. Yeah, and one thing for this game is it's presentation, presentation, presentation. I mean, the game is a virtual Nintendo museum. Between all the different stages from all the different games and all the different characters and all the, all the different items. At one point, you can even, the Galaga thing comes out and will suck players up. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. And it's I like, seen that one. from all different, you know, it, the whole thing is just like a big Nintendo fanboy's wet dream, you know? It's, <laughs> did, did Nintendo buy the rights to Galaga? No, um, Namco allowed their properties to be used for the Smash Brothers. Pac-Man's a playable character. Okay. They allowed a bunch of different images. So Galaga was Namco. Galaga, it was and still is a Namco. Okay, okay. A Namco game. Gotcha. Originally, too. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, I, was, I don't know why I was thinking of Midway for fucking Galaga. So, yeah. Gotcha. Um, it's Smash Brothers, easily my winner. Frank, I'm excited to hear what your Tupperware yeah, is. Yeah, this is Frank's time to shine. Right, okay. Um, so, starting with my runner-up, uh, I'm going to say Destiny. Uh, and it's across pretty much all platforms, primarily either PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. The experience is pretty much the same. Uh, I have played it on the 360, but 
it's pretty hard on the eyes and the the play gameplay is a little slower so with the next gen consoles it would have to be um the game's real deep a lot of people are leaning on the fact that it has somewhat weak story but they forget that like this expansion that just came out in december it's the first of many they intend to come out with expansions yearly for this or bi-yearly like what activision comes out with call of duty instead of uh, you know, bringing out a new game, they're just going to improve upon and change and add to the old one. So uh, it, it's made me a lot of online friends, and I've not been a, a great big personality like online, uh, but uh, the show's given me an outlet, and I, I've hooked up with some really great people, including uh, Anderson Aruda last night. Um, so yeah, my runner-up is Destiny. Yeah, the game's so nice, you bought it twice. <laughs> three times. <laughs> the, the game's so nice, you bought it thrice. <laughs> next, Hell yeah. next time we should we should say that in unison, Jake. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, now you better have bought this winner fucking four or five times, right? Say what now? Oh no, no, no! Which was all that was necessary. Frank just purchased it on Amazon again on his phone just now. <laughs> Um, it, it, this kind of goes along with what you were saying, Jake, about how um, you know you, you don't own an Xbox One or a PlayStation Four, so you don't have access to a lot of those things. I, I do have both of those, and it, it says something that my game of the year is Mario Kart Eight. Nice. Um, I, I played Smash some when it very first came out on the GameCube, but that was at a friend's house. I didn't have the GameCube. Uh, I've only really started playing that one recently, but Mario Kart I've played on the Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Uh, I've played some on my son's DS. And this one, with it not only being in HD, it's 60 frames a second. It, it's beautiful. That's it's gorgeous. It's smooth. Um, and like you said, you can easily go from first to last like in just a couple of moves. Um, it, it's intense, and some of the best... In you know person in person multiplayer I've played, uh, played with my cousin and that took us back to being you know kids again and we haven't had that many games lately so I, I just I'm definitely a big big revival for Nintendo this year and Mario Kart 8's my game of the year. You know what's crazy, Brian? In Mario Kart 8, there's this item called the Eight, mm-hmm. and when you get it, all eight items circle around your character, uh-huh. like the star, the red shell, the green shell, right. the, fucking everything. It's fucking mayhem. You it- just like. And that's nuts, too, because if somebody hits you, yes. like, you'll drop some of them. Yeah, they'll all go flying everywhere, yeah. then the other players can pick them up yeah. and everything. Uh, and it's funny to see how people play that different. Some people try to hit, you know, right in time with whatever they want to use. I just, like, rapid fire through the shit and use it all at once. Oh, me too. I just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. That's it, cool. It, it's, like, the most fun. It's a cartnado. It is a cartnado. Yeah. Yeah, it is just the most out and out fun, like holy shit moments in like the new Rainbow Road. Oh my god, the visuals! And you get motorcycles for the first time in Mario Kart, and they're yeah. badass. You get Mario on a fucking like motorcycle, right. and ATV, and dirt bike, and all that stuff. And, yeah, oh, it's so much fun. The guy I actually play as is the Metal Mario on the Harley looking thing. Yeah. So because why? Okay, it's 2015. Why not hoverboards on the next one? They, Actually, they basically are. are hoverboards in it. The, the wheels turn up just like the Back to the Future cars, yeah. uh-huh. and you're like hovering on parts of it. And there's oh, cool. parts where you're underwater and your shit turns into propellers and stuff, and then each of them have like a uh, a hang glider thing. You hit a jump or whatever, if it's big, it'll, that'll come out, and yeah. you can kind of like ride that and go faster or slower, drift down. I got a question for you guys real quick. Yeah. So, 
basically it's like you guys gave you like your best games of the year and uh i'm not arguing them because i haven't fucking played them but it seems like you know with like these nintendo games is the only thing that's keeping nintendo alive really is the mario stuff i mean is that why people buy these systems is for the is the other games are they worth even fucking playing i mean i know there's like the disney infinity shit or whatever the fuck but I mean, is anybody playing anything else other than these Mario games, or is like that the whole reason to buy these systems? It's the whole reason to buy the system. I mean, it's it's the Nintendo developers themselves, like right. the Mario games, the Zelda games, the big Nintendo in-house games. Right, right. Like usually, any other game is going to be better on the other systems. Yeah. But you're only going to get those Nintendo in-house games on a Nintendo platform. Yeah. And a lot of people, is it know, worth it then? I can't get away. I I I'd buy it again. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's fun. And they have some third-party games out on it, but a lot of them just avoid it because they don't want to have to try to go through the process of trying to scale the games down to fit on the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a credit to the developers in-house in Nintendo that they can do the incredible visuals. Uh, it, it shows that it doesn't matter if it's, you know, the hardware's a little bit weaker. If you play to its strengths and you have something that's just fun to play, it can look pretty, but it doesn't have to, like, blow your mind. Everybody's going on these new consoles so in-depth on the graphics trying to make it look realistic that I think a lot of what is fun for me going back to the Nintendo titles is the really pretty cartoony visuals. They're very colorful, and I like them. It's fun. It's not like a downer. Yeah, the gameplay is just so solid, too. Like, the Mm -hmm. actual controller and the hit detection, and Nintendo just delivers such solid gameplay. Are you saying that some of, like, the the video games that are out there, Frank, as far as, like, on the other systems, because it isn't, like, this cartoon bubbly stuff, it is a downer? Uh, Well, some of that is just with the imagery. Like, I mean, with Destiny, for an example, it's after an apocalypse Mm -hmm. where humanity is on the brink. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and that's that's definitely a downer. Right. Well, that's where most of (laughs) never heard of a fun apocalypse. Right. Well, that's where most of these video games are at now. I mean, there's got to be serious content because there's a major thing, and so it's just nice to get away from that and do something a little bit more fun. Yeah, you get some cartoony stuff on those big consoles, but most of that is with your like fifteen dollar arcade titles that are download only, which those are good too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, all these huge AAA ones, they're all real serious. They're all real high res. And- so basically, Nintendo is like masturbating when everybody's out of the house, and then like these other systems are like somebody walking in on you. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I, it, I really think, I mean, it, I don't. I don't know if this is going to be a popular opinion or not. Nintendo certainly doesn't need to stop producing consoles because there's certainly enough people to purchase them. Yeah, you think that they'd be better served on other systems? It's a, from a software perspective. Like Sega? Yeah. Right. Part uh, of me wants that, part of me doesn't. Yeah. Because I mean, like nobody can do it like Nintendo. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I would never want them to go away for good. I mean, their in-house properties are awesome, and the quality yeah. control is intense. Um, the um, Yeah, these newer consoles, I mean, you don't get a lot of super fun tales, super fun stories. Everything's always about killing, death, shooting, what have you. I mean, and, and that's fun to do, but... I mean, anymore, I mean, when I come home from work, that's stress enough. And some of these other hardcore series games, those are pretty stressful, too. And I think Frank Frank's talking again about the emotional level of it. <laughs> I think even on a technical level, even though the other systems, you know, are better hardware, yeah. because of that, the games are a little bit buggier. Like, Nintendo, it may be a step down in, like, 
how many bits it is or you know how strong right. the processor is but the games are far less buggier you're not seeing walls turn invisible you're not yeah. seeing your character fucking disappear all the time the games are just solid masterpieces oh shit i stepped into this corner now my character can't move and now i'm just like spinning around like a jackass right. exactly and you're gonna see that shit all over the fucking place still right. to this day on yep. all these big xbox playstation games yeah. and on the nintendo big releases they are works of fucking art they're masterpieces on the technical level not even just on the you know one's happy and fun and post-apocalyptic not level. to piss right. anybody off yeah. but it's kind of like comparing like an imac pro a macbook pro to like just like a regular piece of shit hewlett packard pc right. yeah. yeah you know I me mean? you're paying for the quality you know what i mean yeah yeah Sometimes. instead of having to piece it together or wait yeah. until they fix it it just comes great right out of the right, box right because yeah you heard me bitching just even two weeks ago about how i couldn't play shit because uh PlayStation Network and Xbox Live were down for me. Yeah. But guess what I could get right onto? My fucking Nintendo. Yeah, and you never... How many bugs have you seen happen while playing Mario Kart or Smash Brothers exactly. or any of the other Nintendo? Like, I don't think I've ever seen a fucking bug happen in those games. Yeah. Right. I can't... I bet every time you play Destiny, you see a glitch. I think you guys have every, built... Every <clears throat> session. Every session. I think you guys have built a solid case as to why Nintendo should keep it Nintendo and not rely on these other systems. Yeah, right. exactly. And I think that even more than that, they gain a lot from designing their own hardware. Hardware, like the Wiimotes and the, the Wii screen and everything. They, they play up to their strengths. They right. make a goofy concept and then they try to play up to it's it. It's exactly like you were saying with Apple. When it's all proprietary, they yeah. can control every aspect of it. All right, guys. So their bread and butter is Mario, you know, Samus from Metroid and Link from Zelda, mm-hmm. right. Star Fox, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Why are they not – Is am I, am I just so out of the loop – are they not coming up with any new characters? Well, they did. They have Pokemon too, right? And that's yeah, huge for them. They just recently did. But like, it's not Pikmin. really. A new, it's not really a new character. Yeah, though. you know what I mean. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, you can have a Kirby game or whatever the fuck. But are they coming out with anything like new, like new characters? You know what I mean? They're trying. Frank brought up a good one, the Pikmin, and I know that that's GameCube, so still not the newest. Right. But you know, still. Well, they got a Pikmin three than, on the Wii U. Yeah, newer than Mario. I think they're yeah. still trying to figure out new stuff. That's still happening. Yeah. And really, I mean, honestly, when they can come out with fabulous games like Mario Kart Eight and uh, Smash, why should they worry about it too much? They have this stable of characters. It's kind of like Disney. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and same thing with like Pixar. Like, yeah. But I, I feel like you know, there's only so many toy, toy Story movies you can make. Only so many Nemo movies you can make. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you've got this. You've got great visionaries when the company first comes out. I want to see them bring in some new blood and some new characters to maybe like flesh out the system maybe a little bit more. So like maybe Jake doesn't feel like oh I got to spend 250 bones to get this system. Right. And all I'm really gonna be playing is this mario kart and super smash brothers and maybe a zelda game here and there Mm -hmm. you know what i mean just kind of like you know what i mean turn this into a fucking empire of games where people are like oh man i can't wait for this next uh you know whatever the fuck character that they got coming out with this new character that this this game has totally revolutionized the system part of the problem with that is is having something that stands out overall above everything else yeah um there was a period there where you would get one or two real good triple a titles a year yeah now like 2014 my wallet couldn't keep up with everything that was coming out that is like ultra good triple A. Yeah, but you've got every fucking system out of the sun, Chief. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, don't don't buy Destiny four fucking times. Well, no. Yeah. 
Well, even still, I mean, that, that was, uh, I mean, I can't, there was five in November alone. Um, and any of these, you know, say three or four years past would have possibly been a game of the year, like Dragon Age Inquisition or, uh, what Shadow of Mordor is for mm-hmm. some people. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we, they had all this, the, just this first year of these new consoles. And then they're talking about this next year being even bigger. Yeah. It's, it's so much so fast and it, it's almost a little bit like the video game crash in, uh, the eighties, the early eighties. Yeah. Because the market was so flooded with stuff that it couldn't sustain itself. And I'm a little worried that it's starting to head that way again. Yeah. Because everything is so much and it could possibly consume itself. But I mean, all the media, everything, everywhere. It'd be really hard to try to come up with something that's new to stand out above all the rest, but it might have to pass that the others crash and burn first. Yeah, Nintendo just doesn't have enough developers. That's always been their problem. It's quantity over quality. And even if they were to, it's almost like the Marvel movie situation. Like even if they did have all kinds of other ideas, you're still only getting three masterpieces a year. Yeah. And that's the most you're getting. Yeah. So it's like there's only room for the Mario, the Zelda, and the whatever because they can only get three to four of these fuckers out a year. You know what, though? I mean, there's only so much of my time that I can play shit. I mean, if it's going to be a masterpiece, I'd rather have the fucking masterpiece. You guys are saying that overall the replayability on these games is enough to keep you satisfied uh, in the long run. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And in today's day and age on a modern Nintendo system like the Wii U that's out now, you can also buy all the other Nintendo masterpieces from all the other past systems, you know, for five to 10 bucks you can play any all these other super nintendo games or sure. whatever the fuck so sure you get a lot out of that too yeah like yeah. a nintendo store yeah they just released uh duck hunt yeah exactly right, yeah, i've heard um, people bitching about that because the noise that comes out of the wiimote uh-huh. isn't a perfect replica of the noise that the old zapper didn't make the light guy and everyone's getting all geeked out about it this, what that's the, not the noise oh shit some of that was the little springy mechanism in there that goes ka-ching yeah fuck yeah <laughs> No, those are great picks, guys. Really yeah. good stuff this year. Really good okay. stuff this w- year. Worst game of the year? Yes. Candy Crush Saga. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played one second of I've it. I've never played one second of it either, but because I've gotten, in the year 2014, probably no exaggeration, over 200 game invites from different social media and platforms. Oh, then geez. Wow. That warrants me making it worst game of the year. Yeah. My, so. I, if I had to pick a worst game, I'd say Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. That's the new one. Yeah. Uh, if you even remotely close to like that, play Titanfall on Xbox One. It's ten times better, and it's the exact same game. I, the reason why I'm shitting on it so bad is it's the same bullshit people seen 30 times over with some crap thrown in. It's nothing new. Hey, Jake, I got a question for you, man. Tell me. What if Candy Crush Saga was, if they changed it up and they made it a little bit edgier, and it was called Nose Candy Crush Saga? <laughs> <laughs> and you could play as, like, uh, Lindsay Lohan or Amy Winehouse or something like that. Would you, would, you, would you then maybe play it? I would look at it for five minutes. Okay. But yeah, I, I just, still can't see myself being addicted to it. Gotcha. Would you be like doing picture, like putting puzzles together with pictures of them doing blow off a hooker's yeah. ass? <laughs> oh, no. And, <laughs> <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Do you guys remember um, the old, uh, like you could get onto like bulletin boards back in the day, back mm-hmm. when like the old modems? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. those? Like, like MUDs? They, what do they call them? MUDs. Like ro- the old role-playing games, like text role-playing yeah, games? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, okay, basically if you're a kid and, and you don't, and you haven't, 
been around like in the 90s and stuff like there's these bulletin boards that you could log on you could dial a number and would connect you to like a server and like you could play these games and they were all like words on the screen and it's like a role-playing game yes. that you could play oh wow. and you could compete against other people i used to play this one called usurper mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a rpg you would like pick like a warrior or whatever and you go out in the forest and like you'd hit stuff it's kind of like final fantasy just with words exactly yeah well they had this one game and it was called barney it was called like Barney Stoned or something like that. Okay. And you were uh, trying to get Barney, the purple dinosaur, fucked up off a drug. <laughs> dude, this game, dude, it was brilliant. It was fucking brilliant. But see, the trick of this game was it's like you tried to get a high score that day. You could only play it once on this one board I went on. It was so much fun. I wish they would have let you play it more. Yeah. But you could only play it one time. And the goal of the game was you would try to get Barney and like Baby Bop and the kids <laughs> fucked up. You try to get them fucked up, but you didn't want to kill them. Once you kill them, <laughs> once you kill them, the fucking game's over. Oh shit! So it's like you'd offer, like you try to do it in stages. You offer like Barney a beer or a joint, and like get him fucked up, and then try to get him on the harder shit. You know, like I me. Mean, so it's like he's doing lines of coke and stuff like that. He's doing fucking, you know, like crack, and like as soon as you keep giving him too much crack and shit. He ODs, he dies, game over. But oh my god, that game was so much fucking fun. Well, there you go. There's your there's your Tupperware game of the year. <laughs> it's not. It's the yeah game of twenty years ago. Retro Tupperware. Retro Tupperware. When I was Barney Stone. <laughs> when I was in high school, we would sit there and we would uh, rewrite the lyrics to Barney. It was like. I love you, you love me, Barney Gates. Don't me. stop it, stop it. No, we're not gonna be talking about AIDS. <laughs> Good call there. God, shut the fuck up, Frank. Okay. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. I know that fucking song. And if they wanna Google it, they can. You unpolitically correct oh, son fuck. of a bitch. I'm sorry. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Wow. Oh, hey. Jake, we got to reel this motherfucker in sometime. I was like a deer in headlights during that. I was like, what? Shut the fuck. No. No. I'm I'm cutting you off. Sorry. Jeez. There was, uh, no, this, I forgot about this. Yes. Oh my god, it's just like every once in a while you forget Frank is on the fucking show. No, and then no. he says shit like that and it's like, oh, that's classic Frank. <laughs> no fucking filter with this guy. No, there was um uh, this year though. No, you're like Twitch. a you're like a 70-year-old man. I bet he knows some <laughs> that goes around making racial statements and it's like you can't do that, Grandpa. Stop it. I bet he knows some variations of the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> yeah. You know, I really I, I really don't, but yeah. Oh man, I'm sorry. Oh man, I love to see you as like a fifth grade student. Fuck. Yeah. Hey, um, what did you learn this weekend? Or what did you learn over your <laughs> summer break? Frank, uh, I don't know. Yeah. There once was a woman from Venus. Yeah. There was from body was shaped <laughs> like a penis. Yep. Oh. Something about Nantucket. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And then there was a caveman named Roy. Stop it. Stop. I don't even, stop. I don't even know Uh-oh. the caveman Roy or what goes on with that. But I don't want to know because you scare me, Frank. Sorry. This is like you with those sexually transmitted disease things I, like the blue waffle and shit. I yeah. kind of want to know about the caveman Roy thing. What's going on? <laughs> let's pause. Let's, totally let's, know the let's do it. Let's te- text me after the text show. Text me after okay. the show. We'll do one more and then we're going to take a little quick break here. But uh, Jake, this one is for you. You, this one is for you. Nobody else has one. I we did a special Tupperware Awards just for Jake. And uh, Jake, what is this one? 
It is the uh, best manga of the year. All right, so we're going to move on to best manga of the year. Manga comic of the year. J-pop America, fun time now. All right, Jake, talk to us, man. Yes, I am going to give Manga of the Year to a book called Seraph of the End, Vampire Reign. What's that first word? Seraph. Am I saying that right? I, I, when I read it, I always wonder. Seraph. Is it S-A-R-A-P-H? No, it's S-E-R-A-P-H. Seraph. Seraph of the End, Vampire Reign. And such a great book. You know, normally the vampire stuff, I just can't do it. Like, I just don't really get into all the vampire lore. It's normally just too, like... I don't know how to describe it, like Anne Ricey, Twilighty, oh, like uh, the vampires. It's like the romantic vampire crap, you know, and I, it just drives me away. But this is really cool. It's like a post-apocalyptic kind of thing. Basically, there's these kids in this orphanage, and the next thing they know, they're all being hunted down by these vampires. The whole world is just turned, almost like The Walking Dead, but with oh, vampires. Wow. Uh-huh. And it's just these kids, you know, all trying to survive in this post-apocalyptic world. They don't want to get into spoilers, but you find out, like, they're given a reason why everything happened. And then kind of everything gets shooken up from there. Right. Like, maybe they're not being told the whole truth, kind of a half-truth about what goes on. And then Hmm. kind of halfway through the series, you kind of realize. Now, if you want to read this, you can read it. um, It's a Viz book. Um, Barnes and Nobles carries all the Viz books. Um, they do a, they republish a bunch of different manga in America. You know, they translate it and everything. Um, they have an app. You can get the Viz app and download all their stuff. Um, there's three books so far. Um, each book has like about 200 pages. And uh, I'll flip through this for a second just to show you guys. It's really got really great art. I mean, very traditional of the kind of stuff you see, but really solid. And um, it's really mature, like the situations they get into. And when I say mature, I don't mean like overtly violent or sexual. Or like ju- Frank giving uh, one of his, uh, <laughs> what, what do they call those things? Li- limericks. Limericks, yeah. But, Fra- <laughs> Frank Limerick. But really quickly, God. really quickly early on, like you really feel the stakes. Like it has real stakes. It's not one of these that like is real jokey and lots of jokes. Like right. you really like fear for the characters' lives and really high stakes danger stuff going on. Yeah. So great book. Did you have a runner-up? Um, yeah, another book I'm really into is um, Blue Exorcist. I'll give it the runner-up. It was between it and um, this other book I read called Food Wars, which is kind of a silly, a silly yeah. book. It's like a cooking competition manga that hmm. I, I really like a lot. I think you've mentioned that on the show before. Yeah, yeah. but Blue Exorcist is super great. There's actually a cartoon. I think they were... Um, I saw the cartoon on Cartoon Network's thing that they have. Is it still Toonami, I think it's called even? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And um, so I saw an episode of the cartoon, thought it was neat, and checked out the book. And it's basically like this kid is the son of Satan. But oh, he, wow. do- he doesn't know that until he's like 18, 19. But like right. all this crazy shit has been happening his whole life, like little random stuff. And it's finally explained to him what he, what he is and everything. And he, hmm. he's not a bad guy by any means. Yeah. And he, but he has to like always shake this struggle of who he is and everything. And it's, it's a, 
it's a lot more played for laughs and serious, but it, it's really good. Like it, even though there's lots of laughs, when it turns up the drama, it turns up the drama. It does a good job of using the laughs. Sometimes kind of- that humor shit can kind of like uh, help you connect with the character, so that when they when the shit does hit the fan, it's like you're totally invested. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you, they get you laughing, and then they like pull the hook on you, and you're like, oh, <gasps> right. <laughs> right? We were having such a fun time, and then, and then. right. But yeah, and it's like having a picnic in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> you know, what the fuck? Mm, oh, these tuna sandwiches are great. What the fuck? Why is this guy eating my neck? <laughs> and it is also just like the um the other book I mentioned. It's also a Viz book. Uh-huh. You can get it on the Viz app too. Viz right now is having a sale until January fifteenth. Okay. So if you listen to this any with any kind of recency. Um, all books are anywhere from 70% off. Some are $2 off. Some are $5 off. And it's every book in the catalog. Wow. So it's a great time to dip your toes in and, like, check out a manga. Like, just look at all they have to offer and grab a book and nice. just see what you think about it. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So, hey, guys, uh, what we're going to do, take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we're going to do uh, some comic book stuff. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. All right, hey guys, we're back. Uh, we're gonna be going on to, uh, comic books now. We're gonna be going over, first one's gonna be comic book artist of the year. And, uh, Frank, do you have any? Do you have a comic book artist of the year? No, unfortunately not. All the comics that I read this year were from years past because I'm trying to get into comics. Yeah. So, uh, there's a good chance that next year I'll be able to contribute, but I, I don't have any knowledge of anything that came out this year. Okay. And then, forgive me for this bumper. This is one I used last year, and so maybe it's not uh, the most timely bumper I should be using this year, but I said I'm lazy, and I said fuck it. So <laughs> here it is, comic book artist of the year. Comic book artist of the year. Picture pages, picture pages, time to get your picture pages, time to get your crayons and your pencils. Picture pages, picture pages, open up your picture pages, time to watch the Cosby do a picture page with you. <laughs> now I know why yeah. the apology happened. Right, yeah. yeah, so sorry about that. I couldn't everybody. figure that out till the very end. Right. <laughs> Did you see the uh, Anthony Crispino bit on uh, Bill Cosby? No. He, he said he heard Bill Cosby was a rap artist. <laughs> if you know the, the he gets the news wrong. Uh-huh. That's the bit. Oh, he's nice. like, so I heard Bill Cosby is a rap artist. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, pretty funny bit. Um, yeah, let's move away from that. Maybe I, that's probably not the best. Maybe I should change that one for next year. No, keep it. I love picture pages. You got the B pin that makes all the funky noises, right? Remember that shit? Yeah, I'll yeah. try to find other, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, rumored sex offenders <laughs> that I can throw in for next year. So do you have like a Jello pudding pop commercial as a bumper for one of these fucking things too? Yeah, <laughs> everything. Oh no! Hey, hey, hey! hey. Oh, 
the Cosby Show theme song too for one. God damn, Bill Cosby! You and your you and your sweater ruined all our bumpers, dude. And Fuck. you know, I don't know, man. I I actually went and saw Bo- uh, Bill Cosby do stand up like two years ago. Yeah, I dropped coin to see the dude. You know, I was a big fan. So you were you were paying for date rape drugs. <laughs> well, see, I don't, is it still alleged just, or is it? It's like a, it's still alleged, but I mean, the time has elapsed. He can't be convicted of anything, and I don't know. But all these stories are coming out. But you know, like, who the fuck are these sources? You know what I mean? Some of them aren't credible and shit. Fucking uh, what's her name? Kathy Lee Giffords <laughs> tried to make out with her. You know, but like. Uh, She's always fucked up off wine and shit. She, you know what I mean. And then Janice Dickinson. Are you yeah. gonna believe Janice Dickinson? Oh she just God. wants to get her name in the spotlight anymore, right? Or why? Why would this come out now if there was any credibility to it? Okay, the thing is, we're like, think about it this way, though. I mean, he was the hottest. He was like the the, the, the TV dad. Yeah. And for one person to come out and say that this happened back in his prime when he was the top of the world. I mean, people have just been blowing it off. But now with all these people coming out, it adds more credibility to it. You know what I mean? But back in the day, if you're like the lone person saying that this happened, people are going to be like, what the fuck you? This is Bill fucking Cosby. Fuck (laughs) you. But but they did the same thing with Michael Jackson. I mean, everything came out of the woodwork saying, oh, yeah, he touched me too. Wow. It's just, well, I'm not sure. So uh, who drew your favorite comic books? (laughs) Yeah. No shit. Wow. <laughs> Gosh. For the record, I do not support date rape or anything like that. Well, nobody assumed that. <laughs> I think, I I think Frank slipped me something in my drink I'm drinking right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking uh, of wine. Comic book artist of the year. Uh, who want, You want to go first? You want yeah, to- I actually want to make my uh, New Year's resolution right now. Yeah. I My resolution is to read more fucking comic books this year. Okay. I really let myself down last year, and I, I really slacked. I have nominations and runner-ups in most cases except for writer, but I feel like the best comics out there – I am probably not reading right now that I'm I'm dropping the ball and I need to start reading some fucking comic books. Yep, that's a good that's a good resolution, man. So, but anyway, we're doing best penciler, right? Yep. And, best comic book or best artist, artist I best guess. Artist. It could be Alex Ross and he's not yeah. a penciler. Right. We're not I mean, I hey, if if one of yours is like a fucking, you know, colorist, that's fine. Uh, he mean, can be a fucking inker. Yeah, I can be an inker. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I my runner-up, are we going to do runner-ups around the table? Runner-ups, yes, sir. Uh, my runner-up is Nick Bradshaw. Um, he is a Marvel go-to guy. Um, love this guy. You know, one of my biggest problems with Marvel right now is they do this crap, and we've talked about it on the show before, where you get an artist on, he does six books, and then you got someone new on. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times Nick's Brad- Nick Bradshaw is the guy that comes in and is that new guy. And um, he he usually comes on and stays on. He'll do a dozen or more books, and his stuff is just so great. He did work on um, not this year, but um, Wolverine and the X Men, and then currently this year he was kind of the go to guy after Steve McNiven left Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Nick Bradshaw's doing the Guardians of the Galaxy. So he can work. come in there and keep up with the books and still put out a quality put out quality work. Yes, and you know what? In my opinion, in my personal taste, I prefer the Nick Bradshaw. In both Guardians of the Galaxy, I prefer it to the Steve McNiven. In Wolverine and the X-Men, I preferred it to the Chris Bocciolo. Wow. I found it kind of a little bit of a confusing mess, and it's super fun. His Wolverine is really great, 
and he just has a great grasp on these characters. How does he draw Wolverine? Is it the shorter Wolverine? It's the shorter Wolverine. Nice. Nick Bradshaw has kind of a, I don't want to say cartoony style. It's it's way it's weird that he comes in and fills after McNiven because McNiven yeah. kind of draws you know a little like not like Hitch but more like realistically yeah he kind of reminds me of a Chung or an Alred or a like that kind of artist yeah. that you know really has a style to yeah. it like you can once you recognize Nick Bradshaw stuff you can really like know it's him right away when you yeah. see his stuff yeah. it really pops. Nice, good choice. Thank you. Who, who you. Oh, Frank, does, who's your runner-up, Brian? You I'm the, the table bumper, God. too. It's between the two of these guys. <laughs> I sit here Indian style. <laughs> My God, between the two. You guys are... Oh, so, man, I bump it again. Again? <laughs> what the hell? To be fair, like, it's made of, like, plexiglass or something, so every little thing you yeah, hear... Yeah, but it's not moving towards you. To be fair, it's sitting, it's sitting stationary. <laughs> it's you fuckers that are moving into it, giving these pelvic thrusts. You're getting into animated, the, man. Yeah. We're into it. I know. I love me some Nick Bradshaw. <laughs> I'm into it too, but I'm not straddling the goddamn table to get the point across. Uh, I'm fucking with you guys. You're no, you're fine. It doesn't bother <laughs> me. <laughs> oh my god! This boom, boom. <laughs> my nomination is Nick Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> if if a plexiglass table has to get sexually assaulted like, during this, that's fine by me. <laughs> you guys are like Judge Wapner with a yeah. gavel banging on this fucking table every yeah. five seconds. I'm gonna start raging things this way i give this movie <laughs> uh, uh, bailiff restrain that man immediately oh shit wow <laughs> Knock, knocking glasses over and shit uh, you know you ever think about like remember watching people's court and shit with, with wapner yeah i right? loved it and uh, rusty the bailiff yeah. yeah you ever think like you know after so many years rusty becomes like this fucking bitter old man and he like comes home <laughs> and he's always bitching about yeah fucking wapner i he wants me to grab the photographs and all the fucking documentation <laughs> from the table i gotta walk over to the plaintiff then i gotta grab the documents and put them up to him Get your own shit. You know, you ever think it got to that point where he you got loved this, it? He, you think he, he lived for loved it? Loved every day of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Honestly, I think if he wasn't a fucking bail, if he would have been like a janitor or something, right? You know? He had the easiest job, really. Oh, Rusty. definitely. Yeah, Ru- he's got the name of a fucking dog, and all he does <laughs> is fetch documents for Judge Wapner. My what favorite is- part of that show was the end when they would walk out, and then they would take too long questioning the people, so the right. other people would come out too soon. Yeah, and they'd be getting into fights right outside the door. <laughs> oh. I I love that. Yeah. That was, sometimes the credits would be rolling and they'd be yelling at each other. Yeah. Uh, what, when when did the change take over where that TMZ guy started doing the shit at the end with the uh, people outside? Oh, instead of Doug Llewellyn? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Doug Llewellyn. Yeah, did you Doug ever see Llewellyn Doug Llewellyn too. when he was on Conan? Like one of Conan's first seasons? Yeah. For and he sure. was sitting on the park bench outside? Yeah. That shit was funny, dude. I need to find that. <laughs> I bet you can. Yeah. The fuck we're talking about people's court. You know that there's a Beastie Boys song that always reminds me of the people's court theme. It's a funky boss. It's got that beginning. You know that was like not even recorded like in a real like judge like a real courthouse. It was all it was a set, dude. Oh, the whole thing was a fucking set. It was he a judge for real though? Yeah, he's a real judge. I didn't know about like the first one. 
Like, what is up with the fucking trend these days? Now you got fuck, all sorts of fucking. Did judges. they really have to pay out though? But I thought like part of the deal for like them to be on the show was like the show took care of like you owe like a thousand dollars in property damage. The show was the one that took care of it. Yeah, the That's, show like helped you out. Yeah, the show like helped oh. you out. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. you got paid yeah. too on top of it. Huh. Oh wow! Like be, for an appearance? Yeah. To be on the show to take your case to people's court. Did some of you these? You like agreed there? I go bumping the table. You hit again. the table again. Maybe Christ, it's my new gotcha. <laughs> Maybe not like the like the old <laughs> shit with water. <laughs> that should be your New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the comic books. Don't hit yeah. the table anymore. <laughs> no more. No more pelvic thrusting. It's not my. It's my <laughs> knee. It's not my. I know. What are you doing? Are you thumper over there? I am fucking thumper. It's like the ice. The snow hit today, and I'm just going fucking crazy. It's <laughs> Did you watch Bambi? Last night, what's time, going on? Yeah. Holy fuck! Uh, not like back with like Wapner. We're but still like, talking about people's court. Oh, do you remember how the, like the guy would whisper? Why was he whispering? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, the, the announcer. It's in, not a yeah. real. Fu- There's no other court going on in the other room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been off putting if he was like really loud. Like yeah. if they had Tracy Morgan doing it. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> have you guys ever watched like the stupid spinoffs, like Divorce Court and shit? Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Judge Alex bores the fuck out of me, yeah. though. Judge right. Alex. It's <laughs> a boring people. name. They go over their shit. I mean, sometimes, like especially like with the, like. On Jerry Springer, you could tell those motherfuckers go on there like on purpose, like yeah. knowing it's going to be a fucking circus. They should have like a parody called Judge Dread, and like, <laughs> holy shit! If he finds him guilty, <laughs> he just shoots him right there, and they drag <laughs> off the dead body. You know what I mean? That'd be <laughs> badass. Great. <laughs> oh, Save some taxes. Bam. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've watched a courtroom TV show like that in at least a decade. The Not f- on purpose. Yeah. The defendant is Frank Hammer. <laughs> he is being accused of giving really insensitive limericks <laughs> on a podcast. The dun dun dun. Your Honor, I plead that I'm innocent because if I'm not offended, nobody should be. <laughs> You're going to definitely have to go, stop, hammer time, at least once in the episode. <laughs> right, right at sen- sentencing, I'll wait for do you, do you, you didn't even give your fucking winner, did you? Did you give your runner-up? <laughs> no, no. You need to give your winner, oh, and we're then going I get like, mine. Oh, we're doing yeah. it like that. Okay. Yeah. Runner-up and then winner. My winner is Mike Alred. Um, nice choice, man. Yeah, Good yeah. choice. Um, Silver Surfer, big year for him. Um, I, he was wrapping something else up, too, before he got into Silver Surfer this year. Help was, me. Uh, well, Rap, um, fra- he did FF. Fraction's Fantastic Four book. Yes, the FF. Which, F, not, yeah, FF, not Fantastic Four. Not Fantastic Four, F, he did FF, F, yeah. With uh, Medusa and yeah. Ant-Man. The Future Foundation? Is that what, yeah. Future Foundation yeah. is what it stood for. Yeah, it was Ant-Man, Medusa, She-Hulk, and then the the Lindsay Lohan <laughs> chick that was the pop star that wore, like, the thing the, suit. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun stuff. Great stuff. But, yeah, Mike, Mike Alred, um, hard to give him best artist without mentioning his wife, um, Laura Alred. Yeah. I mean, her colors are just really, like, make his stuff just pop even more than it already does. Yeah. Um, they had a rough year. Um, I think was it them that had somebody break into their home and steal a lot of artwork. It was them. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. yeah. Think I, of it, man. I can understand out of out of all these guys. If I was gonna break into, if I was the kind of person that was breaking in and stealing artwork, I'd want to steal some Alred stuff too. And you're, <laughs> you're saying this with a hoodie on, you piece of shit. <laughs> <I> know, no. <laughs> 
Exactly. You'd probably record it too, you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Here I am taking a, uh, a silver surfer commission. <laughs> I'm the biggest piece of shit ever. Shatner says it's illegal. <laughs> exactly. So. so, yeah, that's who I'm giving it to. Easy choice for me on this one. Yeah. Nice job. Um, comic book artist of the year for myself, uh, the runner up, excuse me. Uh, last year, my runner up was, uh, Francesco Francavella. Mm, very nice. And then, uh, a lesser known was my winner. It was Andre Lima Arajo, who did, uh, Avengers AI. I just loved his, uh, mix. It kind of looked like a manga book. Very nice. I, um, just got, I'm three issues into AI yeah. that, I, that I can read Isn't on it Marvel. Great? It is great. It's fantastic. And it was like one of those books that like when it came out, it happened like right after Avengers Age of Ultron. And you know, a lot of those fucking spinoff books are bullshit, right? Yes, yes. This was not that. If you have Marvel Unlimited, definitely read Avengers AI. It is fantastic. Love the Doombot. The Doombot is great. <laughs> yeah, but, I uh, just got yeah. to that book. Uh, so great picks last year. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Again. So I didn't want to go with those again because honestly, uh, it would have been a tie for runner up. I would have thrown Francesco Francavella in there again. He's still killing it this year. He's doing great. He's doing great covers. Uh, you know, Afterlife with Archie. He didn't mm-hmm. do any Black Beetle, but I love Black Beetle. He's just very amazing. But runner up, I got to give it up, and, and she's got to win something from me because I love her. Fiona Staples. Oh, great. I so. I love Fiona Staples. She was on my list, on my short list. Yeah. I love Fiona Staples. Uh, anytime Fiona Staples comes out with a cover, I got to get the cover. I mean, she did an Action Comics cover I had to pick up. She did a Rat Queens cover I had to pick up. Uh, anytime she does a cover, I pick it up. But it's her work on Saga that uh, just makes her stand out. I mean, the covers are wonderful. She does all the covers, and she does all the interior art. Um, a lot of people think it's simplistic art, but I think it is a work of art. Um, uh, bold colors. And it's not just the fact that she does the, the art, the, that she just does a great job of like colors and things like that. The characters that she designs, it's amazing. The collaboration that she has with Brian K. Vaughn, the writer, he will just give her like, hey, I want you to do this character. Just gives her a couple things. Just gives her like, yeah, I want this character to have horns. I want this character to to be a uh, a, a walrus looking character, and what she'll do is she'll just take those small bits that he gives her, and she makes the most incredible creature designs ever. And uh, she's just so talented. One of these days, my dream is to have a Fiona Staples commission. You know, if she ever goes to like New York Comic Con, or she doesn't go to a lot of cons anymore, but when she does, I I don't know. I would pay upwards or whatever the fuck to get like a Marco and Alana commission, maybe uh, the Stock commission from oh, Saga. Nice. Uh, my favorite character from that series is the Will. He's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's like Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Feats. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, it sounds awful. Boba Fett meets, you know, Han Solo. It's like a combination of both characters in this space opera comic book. And she's just an amazing artist. Uh, Just Google Fiona Staples. She's she's absolutely phenomenal. She's going to be doing a new Archie series. Oh, wow. With Mark Wade. Oh, I just saw stuff about that. Yeah. 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 It's going to be the second Archie book that I'm going to pick up ongoing. I'm reading Afterlife with Archie and I'm loving it. Which is, we talked about this on a previous podcast, is going to be picked up for either an animated TV show or a TV show. 
But uh, this is another Archie book that I'm going to give at least two to three issues because I love both creators, Mark Wade and Fiona Staples. So Fiona Staples is my runner-up. Let me talk about Fiona for yeah, a second. Yeah, uh, please. Also a master storyteller. One of the things that uh, – it's one thing to be a good artist and to be able to draw great pictures, but it's another thing to have a cohesive story where panel to panel you're on the edge of your seat because yeah. of the decisions that the artist makes. And I know a little bit of this is Brian K. Vaughn, yeah. but I know they work closely together, yeah. Fiona Staples and Brian K. And, I mean, she's on another level. I think um, John Ramada Jr., love him or lump him, um, is a great at this too. I hate his artwork, but one thing I super appreciate about him is his ability to tell the story panel to panel to panel yeah. and the way he like showcases the things. And Fiona yeah. has this too. She's on the short list of one of the best panel to panel storytellers. I mean, yeah. just great. And it, Brian K. Vaughn is such a, like he's so outside the box and so like almost like Rick Remenders this way too. Like so high concept, yeah. That it takes a really talented artist to Jonathan take, Hickman. Yeah, Jonathan Hickman's a great example. Yeah. It takes a really talented artist to take a high concept writer like this, yeah. and have such beautiful, cohesive storytelling and artwork. You know who else is really good at the panel to panel stuff? Who's that? The artist that's doing Lazarus with Greg Rucka. His last name's Lark. Oh, oh Michael Lark. Michael Lark. Is, Michael Lark is fantastic. Oh, panel to panel, man. He did a lot of work on Brubaker's Daredevil run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah he's a great artist. Yeah. But I think she's on another level. I think um, Saga with a different artist wouldn't be Saga. Like, it wouldn't be as good. It wouldn't be as cohesive. I hate those three months off where we got to wait for her to, like, catch up on the artwork yeah. and stuff. Those three months of torture. But, man, it's it's a, it, it collected. Very rarely do you get a combination of a talented writer and a talented artist working together and get a book like Saga. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's without those three months that we get the crap that I was complaining about with Marvel yeah. where we have people having to jump off and yeah. jump on. It's like getting a great writer. Like, mm -hmm. like I like Kieran Gillen. I do. I, <clears throat> I, more so, I like 75% of his stuff. I'm in that boat. And Kieran Gillen, but then you got an artist like Greg Land. And it's like, God damn it, come on. I want to read this book because he's doing such a great job with it, but you got Greg Land on it with you. It's like, yeah. come on, fuck off with that Greg Land shit. Yeah. Who was it this year that had made headlines with the Spider-Woman cover? Oh, I forget the name of the artist, but they're not really a traditional comic book artist. Yeah. Right. I think they were known, in fact, for like sexually overt uh, artwork. That is correct, Frank. Right. Okay. I didn't know if that was someone who was a man. Frank always bringing it. Let us down the Frank yeah. road. <laughs> always, br always bringing it back down to sex, aren't you? Well, I was, I was actually kind of curious as to what your take was on that. Did you find it to be overly sexual, or was it just within the same vein as like I didn't see character? anything wrong with it. It didn't seem too terrible. I mean, it wasn't a great picture, but yeah, it wasn't. Right. Like, I don't know. It's a whole, that's a whole can of worms. Who's the artist doing the new Batgirl series? I don't know. It's pretty good, though. It's amazing. Love it. When uh, Dave was on, we, he had that issue. Yeah. I was flipping yeah. through it. I was Loved blown it. away by it. Uh, winner for Comic Book Artist of the Year. I didn't even read. I didn't even do the... Did Oh, I did the picture page. You did the buffer. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm the, not playing it again. I'm on, the, I'm on the edge of my seat for your pick. I'm going to give you a table bump drum roll. Okay. <laughs> All right. The winner is going to be Rock Up Church. 
Um, Rock Up Church for Rat Queens, absolutely phenomenal. One of my favorite books that has come out. Uh, you know, it came out last year, but the artwork this year, it's just, it's so consistent. It's so good. I, I love Rock Up Church. He, uh, was doing a Kickstarter book that I, uh, funded and, uh, they dropped him off the project. And my God, if I could have taken my money back and got my money back because they lost him, I would have. Uh, one of the main reasons I picked up that book. Um, but, uh, Rock Up Church just does a great job and he's really good at like facial expressions and things like that. He can show anger and, uh, you know, different emotions so well in his character's facial expressions. Um, I love Rock Up Church. Uh, all the characters that he creates are, are just wonderful. Uh, you know, Betty's great, and I just love all the the Rat Queens. They're just wonderful characters. Um, so I got to give it up to my man Rock Up Church. Just just a great job on uh, on Rat Queens this year. Now, if I remember you talking about Rat Queens before, uh, it, it's pretty offbeat. Is it kind of somewhat? Inten- humorous, unintentionally so. Very or? humorous. Uh, the writer on that's uh, Curtis Weeb. Gotcha. Curtis Weeb uh, doing Peter Panzerfaust, and uh, I don't know what else he's doing. Peter Panzerfaust is a great book, and but uh, he's doing this Rat Queens book, and this is another collaboration of great writer with great artist. Um, it's kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons meets uh, uh, I don't know just. Very rude and crass girls, you know what I mean? And they talk like they're in modern times. Okay. And, uh, you know, Betty's like a little, like, uh, elf, but, uh, you know, she's a lesbian. And uh, it makes for some interesting characters. Um, And uh, I I love this book. It's absolutely fantastic. So I got to give it up to to Rock Up Church. Where did did this guy come from? What did he do before Rat Queens? (laughs) I don't know. I was trying to, I was looking at Google Images of his stuff, and it's all Rat Queens stuff. Yeah, he's done some covers. He did like a cover for Drumheller, like a variant cover and things like that. But Rat Queens is his main book, and and, uh, I, I really like this guy a lot. Really like him a lot. He's really good. And so Just Rat Queens is one of those books that's always at the top of my pile every month to read. Lots of pictures of this guy at cons. If we hit the con circuit, pretty good chance we're going to meet this guy. Well, he, uh, when I had Facebook, he was one of my Facebook friends. Oh, nice. Wow. So, yeah, because we did, uh, Dave did that review uh, for Rat Queens. When Curtis actually sent us the issue digitally before it came out so we could uh, review it. And uh, they actually, uh, I think it was on uh, one of Image websites, uh, they have our, a link to our review there oh, for wow. Rat Queens. So cool. very cool. But yeah, love Rat Queens, love Rock, Rock Up Church and his art. So he's my winner for uh, Comic Book Artist of the Year. Yeah, nice. Those are great picks. From what I was seeing you were looking at there, Jake, it kind of looked with the, like the shadowing and stuff on the eyes and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the drawings from Final Fantasy VIII from the stri- uh, like the character guy that came with it. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. Yeah. You guys want to move on to Comic Book Writer of the Year? Let's do it. All right. Comic Book Writer of the Year. Comic Writer of the Year. You are the All right, comic book writer of the year, uh, runner-up if you have it, and then your winner. Oh, sorry, I was waiting. You, I, I thought you were going to hit the table again. It's just me and you, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I do not have a runner-up on this one. That's fine. Um, I'm very – I just didn't read enough shit in 2014. Um, but 
it's pretty much by default, and I feel bad for it being by default because there's a pretty good chance that it may have been for real. I know who it's going to be. I bet you do. Go ahead and tell me. I'll let you. Dan Slott. Of course it's Dan Slott. Yeah. All right. Great choice, though. And um, you know what? I'd feel bad about this choice if it was just, oh, Dan Slott doing the Spider-Man thing, blah, blah, blah. But it's more than that. Um, Yeah. It's that Silver Surfer book. He took that, on Silver Surfer. Exactly. Stan Lee's favorite character, as yeah. you uh, informed yeah. us yeah. a few episodes ago. Um, and it's a collaboration with who? Mike Alred, my my favorite artist exactly. of the year. It's a beautiful book. So, yeah, and you, this is all going to come together, spoiler, a little bit later in this uh, comic book section. Yeah. But, yeah, Dan Slott. I got to give it to him. Superior Spider-Man, Fuck the Naysayers, great book. Um had its run now we're back to amazing fuck the naysayers i'm all for that dude it was a great book and i think the naysayers were people that didn't read it exactly you're always going to get people that piss on everything when you change things you know yeah are we up to uh date on that with uh marvel unlimited Uh, marvel unlimited yeah you can um if you haven't read any spider-man you should start with amazing um it's like six ninety eight or six ninety eight is where I was gonna take you. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Start with amazing six ninety eight, and then uh, you know seven hundred, and then it'll take you after seven hundred. It'll take you into Superior Spider Man. Okay. Yeah, seven hundred wow. is the last issue, and then yes. you read Superior Spider Man. I've heard you guys' response on several questions about where do I start with this and that, and I've never seen you guys agree like instantly on a specific issue. Yeah, six ninety eight is the way to go. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you want to read Slot's whole run, you got to go way back further than that. Yeah. But if you want to quickly get on the Superior Spider Man train, you need to start right there, six ninety eight. Right. Man, it's a I, great I, choice. I'm not trying to throw out a bone to Marvel Unlimited for real, but like, I think it's awesome because it's something I paid for months ago that I can just go right into like when we get done. Oh yeah, Marvel Unlimited's great. They should totally be giving us fucking some. Money. I want, I want DC Unlimited so bad. These, I know they're yeah. such stingy bastards. I am not giving them four to five dollars a book. Yeah. And even old catalog stuff. It's like, oh, it's 99 cents each. But it's like, yeah. I want to read like With 50. the comicsology stuff where yeah. they have their 99 cent sales. Yeah, they need a fucking, they need DC Unlimited. Do they even have a proprietary app at all? No. They, they do, but they it's, do? it's linked to comic Comics. Oh, gotcha. okay. I was going to say, I, could, I just recently looked and I couldn't find what it. What do you think about Dark Horse doing their own app? I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool because all the stuff that's in there is kind of of the same vein. Yeah. A lot of that BPRD stuff kind of like is all in the same universe, like with the Hellboy. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And well, I like it because like I got into it because of the Buffy and I get to see this other shit that I hadn't really heard a whole lot about before. Yeah. Um, my uh, runner-up for Comic Writer of the Year, this is a little out of the box, but it's one of the books that was always at the top of my pile, and I want to make awareness for this book because I really loved it. Um, it doesn't have like the best art, but it's, I loved it. I loved this book. It's uh, uh, this uh, writer, uh, Jonathan Luna, for his work on Alex and Ada. Nice. Um, Jonathan Luna, I've been, always been a big fan of both the Luna brothers, um, but uh, this Alex and Ada book, I it's it's a i think it's like a 12 issue series i think they're on issue 11 right now um i don't know that's what they had planned for is 12 issues i don't know if he's going to keep going with it i hope he does it's a great story um it's it's so good it, it's about basically a guy who got out of a a, a a bad relationship where you know uh he was ready to move onto that next step and get married and and she she wasn't ready for that and they broke up and so 
his uh, grandmother felt bad for him. It's set in the future, in a uh, not-so-distant future, I guess. And the technology's evolved quite a bit. They have artificial intelligence, and they've got robots. And these robots look just like human beings. And um, you can you can purchase them. They're very expensive. And his grandmother ends up buying him one of the newest models. And her name is Ada. Uh, he, he got to name her. And uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, when they first get there, they're kind of just like almost like uh, like servants, really. And uh, they'll do anything for you. They'll you know make your coffee in the morning, and you can even if you want to have sex with them, you can. Um, and they eat like humans. They need energy and things like that. And um, it's all it reminded me of the movie Her in a way, just a little bit more advanced, like uh, that operating system and being able to talk to him and have emotions and things like that. Yeah, this sounds great. Um, it reminds me of um, the Measure of Man, my favorite next gen episode. Yeah, where it's like, is data sentient? Right. Like yeah. how how much credo can you give these AI devices yeah. as sentient right. beings? There's um, basically a virtual kind of world that you can walk into, and and it's uh, they walk into this virtual world, and it's for people that want to unlock them and make them sentient. And uh, what happens is making them sentient is illegal. There's been some robots that have had glitches in the past that have freaked out and uh, basically attacked people. And so uh, if you unlock your robot you can face prison time. Um, and uh, I don't want to give away too much, but it does go down that road with these characters, and it makes this very, very, very interesting. And it asks the questions of, you know, like, uh, what is love? Can, can you love something? You know, uh, can you love a robot? You right. know what I mean? It's, it's very cool, and uh, I love this book. Um, Sounds great. Now, is it yeah. 12 issues and you're done? That's what that, that that's what it started out being. Twelve issues. I, I just finished issue eleven, mm. and it feels like there's a lot more story to be told. So I don't know if Jonathan's going to keep going with this one. Like I know Five Ghosts started off as a six issue miniseries and got great reviews, and so they continued to go with issue seven, and they're they're on like issue fifteen now. So I hope that uh, Alex and Ada can go for a longer run. I want him to be able to tell his story past twelve issues if that's his plan. Okay, right. So, uh, runner-up, Jonathan Luna. Great book. Love it, man. My winner for Comic Writer of the Year is Ed Brubaker. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm really loving what he's doing with two books that I'm reading. Velvet. Uh, it's about a female spy. She's an old, older female spy. I'm not talking like she's, like, fucking, like, you know, 70 and shit. But, you know, she's up there in years, you know. And uh, But she still is very sexy and can kick ass. And uh, I love it. It's like a female James Bond, and and yeah. uh, it, right up Brubaker's alley, right up his alley. Uh, the second book that he's just knocking out of the park. It's a very uh, pulp noir book set in like uh, you know old Hollywood. Uh, a lot of mystery and uh, intrigue, and like uh, it's a murder mystery and interesting characters. Like all the players in this book are very interesting. And it revolves around the death of a Hollywood actress and Hollywood trying to cover up her death. And, you know, people that know the truth, it's just not sitting well with them. And uh, a lot of secrets are starting to come out. They're on issue number three or four. It's called The Fade Out. Hmm. And uh, the first uh, first issue was, I think, 350 and it's a double sized issue. Uh, the artwork's fantastic, but Ed Brubaker is just killing it this year for me. I'm loving everything that he's doing. 
the fade out, you say it's called? Yes. That sounds like kind of like a Black Dahlia type of thing. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, that very sounds it. So. That sounds right up his alley, too. Right. Like real crime noir. Yeah. That sounds good. Who's like, who's the perspective character in that? Uh, I, I don't know their names off the top of my it, but head. But is there mold? Is it like one perspective character? One perspective character, and then he's got like his sidekick. And okay. The sidekick is like one of those guys, like he's got a drinking problem, so you got to try to keep this guy in check. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you guys don't know anything about that. His you? name's Frank, ironically. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no. But- so, so is Brubaker completely gone from Marvel now? Uh, yeah, his last run was on uh, that final Winter Soldier book, which okay. was really good. It was. Um, but uh, he's doing uh, Fatal, which is another book, which uh-huh. I need to start reading that in trade because I'm just I'm loving everything he's doing for Image. Hmm. When you say trade, what do you mean? A collection yep. of like six books. six books. It doesn't have to be six. It could be fucking three, I guess. Okay. But a collection of, of books, a trade paperback. Okay. And is it possible to, like, find these together on, like, Comixology? Yeah. You can purchase trades there. Okay. They have trades. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. On Marvel Unlimited, you don't really need them because just all the individual issues are Typically, there. it's, right. like, one story arc. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. I get you. Yeah, sometimes it is, especially with Marvel. Marvel trades the shit out of everything. Yeah. It's, like, every four to six issues, they trade a story. Yeah. Gotcha. And then you can buy it in the store that way. Right. Okay. A lot of people read by trades because it's cheaper that way. Yeah. Okay. I, I really need to make a fucking trip to the comic shop in Peoria that Acme. Yeah. yeah I don't know if they have the best selection. Yeah, yeah, your best options. option is to do it Amazon. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Prices are better, too. It sucks, though, that, that we don't like have like a local place that we can really go. Barnes & Noble's has pretty good uh, trade paperback selection. Really? Okay. They do. Yeah, um, yeah, I miss going to the local comic shop. When I worked in Springfield, I'd go to Comic Service there. They were fantastic. And then I went to, uh, I can't remember, oh, I can't remember, uh, G, G Mart in Champaign was awesome. So any of our listeners that might be near those places, those are great places to go to. Let's move on to ongoing comic book of the year. Best ongoing comic. fucking love that drop <laughs> yeah that's good i put man. a lot of work into these guys the never ended podcast we're on the same way I, you beat me to it <laughs> we are the never ended podcast that's some good shit <laughs> all right guys so um falco <laughs> oh my god atreyu falco looked like my lhasa opsa dog growing up oh really yeah yeah <laughs> I, I loved falco when i was a kid uh, hey. Okay, ongoing comic book of the year. Jake, do you have a runner-up? I do have a runner-up. Nice. You know what? I didn't read it this year, but if it exists, it's either the best comic of the year or the runner-up, and that is Saga. Okay. Um, I'm painfully behind on Saga, Yeah. but issues of it came out in 2014, so it's I, I'm just going to assume it's either the second best or best comic <laughs> of the year. You wouldn't be... I haven't, read, I haven't read issue 24. It was the last one before their three-month hiatus, but 
It's it's still great. I feel it's like it's a pretty great. safe assumption that Saga yeah. didn't jump the shark since no. uh, since I last read an issue. Twists and turns, man. Uh, Twists and turns. I'm excited. You know what? I was looking. Um, they I think they just came out with the first oversized collection of Saga. They did. It was the first 16 issues, I, I believe. I think 18. 18. You could be wrong. I I don't know. Yeah. I really think I'm going to pick that up. Yeah, I think Amazon has it where it's like a fifty dollar book and you uh-huh. get it for like twenty seven bucks. It's got new artwork for the cover. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna buy that when we take a break. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good saga. Great, uh, great, great book. Yeah, I mean, I feel terrible. I'm got to catch up on the saga. Saga's great. I mean, it's uh, basically you've got two races. I've talked about it so many goddamn times. I don't know if I want to talk about it again. But Please two do. two different races, Landfall and Wreath, two different planets that are battling each other. One is like all like science and technology based, and they have wings that they can actually fly, and they're warriors, and they shoot with lasers and shit. <laughs> and then you've got Wreath. Uh, I can't remember which is which, but you've got the other planet, which is all pretty much magic based. And oh wow! They feel like they are kind of like you know behind, and these they've been battling each other for like years maybe hundreds of years and what ends up happening is like marco the main one of the main characters meets uh alana who is from uh the technology side she's got wings and everything like that he is a prisoner of war she ends up falling in love with him and uh basically they bust out and uh she busts him out of uh the pow camp they end up uh you know uh, getting married and having a baby wow. named Hazel. And Hazel is, um, she's a hybrid of the two and, and it's very cool. She's got horns like Marco, uh-huh. but little wings like Alana. It's kind of like Romeo and Juliet if they would have made it. And, uh, yeah. And, and, it's and, like a big Star Wars space opera. It is, it is, but it's, but it's also more, very much more adult. More mature. It's right. like more if mature. Star Wars were like rated R with a little wow. bit of a, Frank's sense of humor dashed in, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> and yeah. the narrator of this whole story is Hazel grown up. Okay. We don't know how old she is, but it's Hazel telling the story. And uh, it's really awesome. I love this book. Uh, it's my favorite comic book out there. Um, it was my winner last year of uh, Ongoing Comic Book of the Year. Um, it, it's, it's a phenomenal book. I, I love it. And uh, I can't say enough about it, man. Gotcha. Well, my winner for Ongoing Comic of the Year, and this is not going to come as a shock because um, it combines my winner of Writer of the Year and winner yeah. of the Artist of the Year, and it's the Silver Surfer relaunch book. Yeah. Um, Silver, two Marvel characters that I just waited and waited and waited, and one I'm still waiting for to have a good ongoing are Silver Surfer and Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. I knew it. I yeah. knew it. Yeah, I knew right? Because, I, I mean, it. if you're a comic fan, it's like, ah, every time, even the last few Doctor Strange minis, like ever since the Brian K. Vaughn Oath yeah. book, yeah. Marcos Martin on art on that, too. Yeah. We haven't gotten shit for shit for good Doctor Strange. Yeah. And with this movie coming out and everything, it's like about fucking time. Like, find us a good artist and a good writer and really deliver us some good Doctor Strange. Yeah. But anyway... Silver Surfer, at least unlike Doctor Strange, finally has that covered, and they've just got a magnificent ongoing going on. I know if Mike Alred is with a writer that's willing to keep on writing and writing and writing, Mike Alred is not going anywhere. He will stay on that project. And I am reading this digitally, and I mean, look at this book. This book just pops so much when you're reading it digitally. I know. It, the colors are just magnificent. I, I love Mike Allred. Oh, my gosh. And this book is so much fun. Um, so is FF. I mean, FF was a 
ton of fun. I mean, between the two fraction, between the two fraction books, you know, uh, and I'm not talking about Hawkeye. Hawkeye was fucking amazing, but I'm talking about you know the two Fantastic Four books that he was writing that were uh, basically happening in conjunction with one another. FF and Fantastic Four. It was FF that was better, and that was the Mike Allred art all the way. Oh, totally. And this whole thing really reminds me of like the good old Kirby days in Fantastic Four. Yeah. Where we're really just exploring some of the most ridiculous aspects of like space and some of the beings that exist in space and everything. Can I say this? Yeah. I mean, and he's got a companion with him. Yes. If you like Doctor Who, you're gonna love Silver Surfer with, uh, you know, Slot and Allred. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's fantastical and cosmic and, and it's, it's a great book. And with him having a companion, I can see a little bit of comparison to Doctor Who there. I believe it too because I'm, I'm Facebook friends with Slot. Yeah. And he is such a giant Doctor Who nerd. He's a Whovian. And, um, you know, he goes all, all these cons with all the Doctor Who's and, you know, yeah. gets to get pictures. He's posting pictures on his Twitter and Facebook of yeah. being with all the different Doctor Who people and awesome. everything. So, yeah, easily my best ongoing of the year. Awesome. Yeah, see, the only thing I know about the Silver Server is that shitty Fantastic Four movie. So, like, I should definitely go out of my way to find this. Yeah, if if you don't know anything about Silver Surfer, I would say you read Fantastic Four 47 through 51 and then jump right into this. Yeah. Okay, cool. You get to read some classic ass shit and then read some modern shit. I'll be honest, I didn't start reading the Fantastic uh, Silver Surfer until um, the Silver Surfer had its like reboot—not reboot, but the new title in the '90s. Back when the Fantastic Four had She-Hulk. Okay, that's when I started reading Silver Surfer. Yeah, I've always been a big fan. I I love when they had the Herald War. Do you remember all that? Yes. That was a lot of fun. Yes. Um. Yeah. Silver Surfer's always been one of my fave characters. About time he got his due and a good ongoing. Uh, I got my runner-up for uh, ongoing comic book of the year, and I don't even know if it's officially an ongoing comic book. Um, it's going to be Alex and Ada by Jonathan Luna. I'm not going nice. to talk about it anymore, but I love the book. And, and, and it started in 2013. It's still going now, so I'm going to assume it's an ongoing comic. There you go. Well, you've got me intrigued. I'm going to put it on the definite to-do list. You'll love it. I, I love this book. I absolutely love it. I think I can get the first issue for free on Comixology, actually. Check it out. Ooh, awesome. So. Yeah, the, the, it's, the hook is just getting to know the main character in the first one. I mean, Ada really isn't introduced until the second book. Okay. Okay. It's very cool. It's very cool. The book goes in stages. It's just like a movie. It has like, you know, different uh, arcs in it. You know what I mean? Different. Neat. It's so cool. It's like, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, my winner, uh, I'm going to sound like a fucking broken winner, uh, broken record. Uh, my winner, uh, winner is uh, Rat Queens. By- uh, you, you're making me feel so much better with your picks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, my picks are so janky. Like my best of outcome is just basically this plus that equals that. Right. <laughs> no, I'm reading a lot of great books, but a lot of some of the great books that I'm reading this year started towards the end of this year. Yeah. So I didn't feel like, okay, I can't give it to such and such book. I'm really enjoying Copperhead, but it's only got, it's only been out for like three months. And Birthright, I'm really liking that, but it's only been out for a couple months. And I couldn't go with Saga again. You know what I mean? And exactly. So. And great books are great books because of great people. Yeah. So it's no surprise that mm-hmm. it's both of them, you know? But I'm going with Rat, Rat Queens, Curtis Weeb and Rock Up Church. I talked about it. And uh, if you like Dungeons and Dragons with a little bit of uh, crassness in there, uh, it's fantastic. I, I love this book. Uh, there's different uh, there's different groups in this book that, that go out and hunt and, and kill. And 
and they're a lot of fun, and the characters are great. I, I just love this book. How far into the series are we? About uh, 12, 13 issues, I think. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't read the last two, but I'm loving the, I'm loving the series. Loving the series. So, yep, ongoing comic book of the year. Got to give it up. Uh, great choices, though. Silver Surfer. And Thank you. Rat Queens, yeah. Nick Bradshaw and um, Mike Alred. Yeah. But uh, we're going to take another quick break and come back, and we're going to do some TV shows. Hey, before yeah. you jump into that, yeah. like, uh, I, I got to say, you know, the past couple of years of listening and also being on the show, uh-huh. uh, you guys have done such a good job of fleshing out comic book characters and really making me understand that like all these awesome things that I saw in the movies and the video games and stuff that this is where it came from that this is the equivalent of reading like the books to the Harry Potter movies uh, don't discount this new stuff that comes out uh, do do what you can to support it like I'm going to be checking out the Rat Queens and Saga both because I want to be in on the ship you know five ten years down the road when the ship becomes a movie or a TV show. Rat Queens, they're already talking about doing an animated TV series on it. That'd so, be fun. Um, you know, and Rat Queens is right up your alley, Frank. There's a lot of dick and fart jokes and <laughs> sex right. jokes in there. You gotcha. know, it's, uh, um, it, it's good shit. It's, yeah. it's really, really good stuff. So, um, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll start doing some TV shows. One thing that I was going to wait a while before we talked about. Maybe we'll talk about it now so you can think about it. Because you all, we all have to make some kind of plans for ourselves. It's a free concert from now on.
All right. Hey, guys, we're back. We're going to be talking about uh, TV shows. So we've got different categories for TV shows. Now, the first TV show that we're going to talk about is animated TV shows. Um, so we're going to be giving our animated shows of the year. Best animated show of the year. All right. So here we go with best animated television show of the year. Best animated show of the year. Oh, yes. That's good. All right, uh, best animated. What is it? Uh, are we doing uh, be- TV yeah. show? Best animated TV show of the year. Frank, gotcha. what do you got for us, man? I have no runner-up, but I've do got a uh, best show of the year. Okay, uh, it's Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Rebels on Disney XD. Yeah, the, where are you in the series? I, I still got to get going, really, with the actual series. I've seen the movie, yeah, and I've seen a shit ton of previews, but you know everything else has ate up my time. Mm-hmm. But I don't typically sit down and watch stuff that's current. I'm usually playing catch up. Like I still haven't gotten all the way through the Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, but for a series to take my, take a hold and you know get my attention to even watch anything, including a, a like an hour and a half long uh, movie uh, intro, uh, the the visuals are beautiful. Uh, I think it's set up very well. It gives you a bit of action at first, like with. Uh, uh, the the main character trying to steal the box that the uh, the the other rebels are trying to get a hold of yeah uh, and then he doesn't know why he wants it he just wants it because other people want it so uh, the exposition with that and the reveal of uh, the other fellow being a like he, at least he possesses a lightsaber that's all I know at this point yeah I, I don't know if he's uh, developed into a Jedi or ever was a Jedi or anything like that but I really like how I know it's tied into the uh, the canon. Uh, it's something that I'm trying to get caught up on here during this uh, break that we have during the winter. Um, and uh, I- I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes because I know that it's going to at least refer to things that we're going to see in Episode 7. So it's going to make that movie feel that much more fleshed out. Very nice. Epi- um, Star Wars Rebels is actually my runner-up. Um, one thing, um, just real quick, I agree with all the stuff Frank said, but I really love how inspired by the uh, Ralph McQuarrie, the feel of it is. Yeah, the, the artwork and even some of the characters are just ripped straight from the, some of those original. Is it Ralph- still a taste it for you? Uh, it's still a taste it for me. Okay, has, 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 I'm not completely caught up. I've seen the first two episodes, um, the actual episodes too. I've seen the movie and two episodes, but yeah, still a taste it. It's a high taste it though. Okay, I just I know I I know it can be better. Like I expect better things from it. You are gonna get it, in my opinion. So okay, I yeah. I believe I believe it. Clone Wars, same way for me. It was a taste it for quite a while, and now yeah. it's oh, just the highest Tupperware for me. Yeah. Uh, do you have a winner? 
Oh yeah, and that was Frank's winner. Yeah, that yeah, was my he, winner. He didn't oh, have a runner up. Gotcha. Nope. My my winner for best animated TV show is The Simpsons. I mean, I'm such a fanboy for it, and it kind of seems like an easy answer, but not not the case. I wouldn't have given it this for most of the last like ten years. Um, I think this has actually been a real landmark year for the the series. Um, lots of gimmicks, but in my opinion, they've really pulled off these gimmicks with the uh, Family Guy crossover, the Futurama crossover brilliant Halloween episode this year and just lots of real fun standalone stuff. You know, um, it's been a great year for the Simpsons. I, I keep wondering if this is winding down. It's gotta be, you think, I think, I yeah. don't know. It's gotta be winding down. I mean, they're just doing too many, I don't know. I don't know. Not gimmicks, but they're just, they're doing a lot of stuff. I mean, the Futurama crossover, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the family guy crossover and all that stuff. It makes you, it makes you think that they're kind of winding down. Yeah, what's left, you know? Right. So, yeah, but yeah, like I said, it kind of seems like an easy answer coming from me, but I, I really think it great year for The Simpsons. Um, my runner-up for animated TV show of the year is on Adult Swim. It's called Rick and Morty. Hmm. And I love Rick and Morty. It's very funny, very adult humor. Uh, I compare it to Back to the Future meets Doctor Who meets uh, fucking uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's, oh, wow. It's Holy insane. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean, a trifecta. Yeah. I mean, uh, in all of those, you know, everybody's taking a journey, you know, either through time and space. But uh, there's some there's there's sometimes uh, fucked up things going on, like drugs and shit. And, <laughs> and it's just it's nuts. Some of the places that they travel to. Uh, Rick is like, uh, an alcoholic Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Uh, Morty is that awkward teenager that's just trying to get laid. And it's, it's so funny, just the adventures that they go on. And, uh, I love Rick and Morty. It's, it's so good. I can't wait for it to come back. It's, uh, half hour format? Half hour. And, uh, it's Dan Harmon that does this. Okay, the community guy. Yeah, and it's, oh man. It's brilliant. Uh, it's it's a laugh right. It's hysterical. Uh, there's one episode where they make the dog intelligent. And the dog becomes so intelligent that he builds like almost like an Iron Man suit. And, Holy shit! And uh, it turns out that you know uh, later on in the episode, the uh, humans are serving the dogs. <laughs> it's it's so it's so brilliant and it's so funny. Rick and Morty. I don't know if it's on Netflix, but if it is, you definitely need to check it out. You can probably see it on the Cartoon Network app. Okay. How many episodes of the of this? <sighs> they, they finished the first season. And so I think it's like, you know, 12 episodes, like something like okay. that. Yeah. Um, my winner, again, is going to be Star Wars Rebels yeah. on Disney XD. I am all caught up on the series. I absolutely love it. I've fallen in love with pretty much every character in it. I love the new droid that they have. Uh, I like. I even like Ezra. I, I love Zeb. Zeb is just, like you said, the Ralph McQuarrie stuff. He, mm-hmm. He's basically uh, the early version of uh, the Ralph McQuarrie drawings of Chewbacca. Totally. He's like the exact replica of that, yeah. practically. Um, I love the way the characters move in this, especially Zeb. I mean, climbing on walls, and it's just so action-oriented. Uh, I love Canon Jarrus. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. is doing a great job with that Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, the Inquisitor in this is great. I love the Inquisitor's look. I love the Inquisitor's lightsaber. Um, it's so cool. It's like almost like it starts off as a disc, and then you've got the lightsaber. And then the lightsaber at one point in time when he's using it, it starts to spin like a propeller blade. 
And then because I don't think he is force sensitive, uh, they've got it set up with technology where he will throw it and it'll spin and then come back to him. Oh, God. It's That's fucking bitchy. badass the way they use it. He's an awesome character. I love Sabine Wren. Sabine Wren, she's a great character. Love Sabine Wren. It's great seeing a Mandalorian in this universe. I love it. Um, so I definitely got to go with Star Wars Rebels. Uh, I think the new episode's going to be coming out next. Not, maybe not tomorrow, but I think the week after. There was a bit to. of a mid-season break yeah, right now. Yeah. We're finding out a little bit more about Ezra's parents. And that's an interesting story. Uh, it's an interesting story. Ezra has started his uh, Jedi training, which is, is – I hope they do a great job with the Jedi training. We're going to be seeing Yoda. We're going to be seeing Darth Vader this season. Yeah. If you're not watching Star Wars Rebels, you're really missing out. It, it, it's one of those shows like – Jake, you told me. It's like uh, for me, it's going to be one of these shows that I watch and like you know, I binge watch it. Maybe watch like three episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. Jake, I, I can't do it. I gotta watch this goddamn <laughs> show week to week. It's wow. that fucking good. And I'll go wow. back and watch the episodes twice. There's episodes that you think are fucking throwaways, like that one where they go to like, uh, those, those creatures that can only live in the dark. Okay. And you think like, oh, it's just a one shot episode of those creatures that live in the dark and they attack them. No, I mean, they use those creatures in a later episode, uh, in a battle against the Inquisitor. You know, they revisit these things. It's smartly written. Simon Kinberg's doing this. Oh, wow. You know, um, it's got a lot of great creators behind it. I absolutely love Star Wars Rebels. I like it more than Clone Wars. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, a lot of these things are going to tie into Star Wars Episode 7, just as winks to fans. I don't want it to, like, Star Wars 7. They're not going to do this. It's, you have to rely on watching Rebels in order to enjoy Star Wars Episode 7. But I hope there's some Easter eggs and maybe some name drops. And maybe we'll get to see a live-action Zeb or a Zeb alien in this. Right. Oh, wow. I think Zeb, uh, some of his <clears throat> background, the, the character that looks like the early Ralph McQuarrie's Drawings, the, mm-hmm. pur- the purple dude. I think his planet was destroyed. So uh, I think it'd be cool to see like some of those aliens in the film, and them kind of like explaining that they have no home and things like that. It just right, that'd be cool. It'd be very cool. I think you're going to get your wish on some level. There's going to be yeah. some connection on some level. Uh, I hope the the connection. One of the, the biggest connection that I'm hoping for is the theory that you know John Boyega's character. Uh, what's uh, what's his name in the Finn? Finn. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping his last name's Leonis. I hope he's mm-hmm. related to Zare Leonis that we were introduced to when uh, you know uh, we saw Ezra join, go undercover as that mole in the Empire Academy, mm-hmm. and he and he bonded with that character Zare Leonis. I hope that Finn is you know the offspring of uh, of Leonis Zare Leonis. I think that would just be awesome. A fist pump for me. Just throw the name out there. You, you don't have to do anything else. You know what I mean? The character's kind of already set up that way. He's a fucking, he's a trooper, you know? And that's what Zare did. He stayed behind. He was a trooper in this Empire Academy. And uh, it'd be nice to see him kind of like pass this down to his offspring and, you know, stay as moles within that organization. Like, you know what I mean? They're not as tight as we thought they were. There's there's some people within the Empire that are working against it. So right. fucking love it. Fucking love Rebels. Go Rebels. Love it. It got the trifecta first thing yet, right? Yeah. Yeah, all three of us mentioned Rebels in one capacity. Hell yes. 
So I know a lot of our listeners are watching Rebels and loving it too. So we got smart listeners, and so they would agree. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, we're going to combine this into uh, – uh, no, 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 no. We're gonna do with uh, we're gonna go on to new TV show and TV show of the year. We're combining these. So the first thing that we're gonna talk about is our favorite new TV show, mm-hmm. and then our favorite TV show of the year. Okay. So let's move on to uh, best TV show and new TV shows of the year. Best television show of the year. All right, best new TV show of the year. Frank, you have a runner-up. I don't have a runner-up. Uh, You're do... slacking on your runners-up. I know. I've been playing catch-up mostly this God, year. God, if there was a fucking uh, best limerick <laughs> of the year, Frank would have a runner-up. <laughs> top ten list. Top ten list. Right. Fuck, but we give you a TV show and you can only think of one, you son of a bitch. Well, I paid for one, but I haven't watched it yet. Mm. <laughs> getting... All right. Yeah, I I, I want to try to check out Flash, man, but like I got to get caught up on Arrow first. But I'm like halfway through the first season. Mm, okay. So, but uh, my uh, but best TV uh, are we doing new or best? Be- uh, best new. Best new TV show of the year is going to be Gotham. Uh, I am all the way caught up on Gotham, so I've seen the mid season finale. Um, when I've watched the very first episode. I was really worried that they were doing a lot of name drops, and I was worried they were going to try to flesh out too many, like, high-powered characters, and it just wasn't going to make sense. But those fears were, like, immediately placated. Uh, They've done a fantastic job of fleshing out uh, the Penguin, who um, is is amazing. And at first I didn't like um, Fish Mooney. I didn't like her character, yeah, but she's grown on me quite a bit. Really? Yeah, I, I actually like her. I mean, she. Why? I'm curious. She just she just gives off this feeling of ruthlessness. There's not really a whole lot that she doesn't feel that she has accounted for. Can we talk about this for a little bit before we move on? I'm good with it. Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. I'm asking you because maybe you can help me understand why I I should like this character because I think that they I don't know if they're going to go down this road, but I understand it. You know, uh, she's uh, basically a uh, female character in this gangster underworld, right? right? Yeah. And the thing, the problem that I have with her character is the way that she acts within the show. I under I kind of understand it. I mean, she's a woman and she's got a. a basically be a powerful woman she's got to work in this male dominated fucking underworld gang you right. know what i mean yeah um you know women have penetrated like the uh the workforce and things like that but in as far as like the gangster element mm-hmm. i mean it, you don't see many prevalent female gangsters so right. i understand her having to work twice as hard as like some of the male gangsters that have kind of like uh, uh saturated this fucking culture and shit yeah. mm-hmm. the problem i have with trying to understand her character is like 
I want to know her origin story. For some characters, I don't want to know Joker's origin story, mm-hmm, but I right. think it's necessary for Fish Mooney. I want to see like her as a child or her like making her way into the ranks. I want to see this in the show, like her meeting Falcone. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I know the, exactly the, what the first time. Like, I think how did started, she get involved in this world? I think they've started to dip their toes into a little bit of her origin story. Yeah, when she fed that line to her whatever you call it, her gambit with Falcone. Yeah. Um, when she was telling her the, the fallacy about what happened with her mom. Yeah. When they alluded to the fact that it was her mom who was singing there uh, while they were talking. Right. Uh, but I can't help but feel that a little bit of that may have been true. Yeah. Like there may have been some serious hardship that she had seen as a little girl. Yeah. I don't think that she could have woven such a heartfelt, impactful weave to her yeah. Uh, without having experienced some of it. Either that or she's a far better actress than I'd given her credit for, which in which case, kudos there too. Yeah. But why are you liking Fish? Because that's my main gripe. It's like, I am, I'm warming up to her, but my big, my main problem is, is like they really haven't fleshed her out. And maybe, maybe that's what they're planning on doing. She just feels shoehorned in. Like she, she's someone eventually they're just going to whack off. Y- yeah, yeah, right now. But I, I don't, that's not the route that I want them to take it. I want there to be a payoff. I don't want this to be fucking Walking Dead where we get two, two and a half seasons of finding, of learning little bits and pieces about who T-Dog is. And then when he <laughs> dies, we get one line from, you know, uh, Steven Yoon, uh, you know, uh, Glenn saying, oh, he was this great guy and, uh, you know, he helped, uh, you know, people. He was a very charitable guy. There was no fucking payoff there. <laughs> and, and they're fleshing her out more than that, but there's still a lot of mystery behind her that they, they, they need to really get into, delve into. Right. And I, I don't have any indication at this point that they aren't planning on doing that. But one of the things I like about the show is you always kind of wonder who really is on top of everything. Is it Fish Mooney? Does she see the penguin coming? Does the penguin have the real handle on everything? Or is it Falcone who kind of is indebted to slash has power over the penguin right now? I don't really have a clear idea of who is going to be the... Pardon me. The, the persevering force in the show, and that I like because mm-hmm. I could get behind love or hate anybody, and, and that's that's some of the beauty of it is, is I feel like I'm connected to each of them enough to where I either am, am like in fear of what they've done, like Fish even uh, stabbing uh, the penguin when they had their meeting. She knows that it could have cost her her life, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like dependent on the Penguin himself as to whether or not it's going to go that far. Part of the problem of the show, though, is like we know the Penguin's not going to die. I mean, barring like they're going to take this like – number one – it's an Elseworld story. Exactly. Okay. A lot of people's problem is like, oh, they're not following the comic book. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Right. I do have some gripes with the TV show. I might get into it. I might not. I don't know. But like, you know – if they are going to go with the story, I mean, the penguin's not going to die. If anybody's going to die, they're already setting it up that Fish Mooney is going to be the one that's brought down. Whether yes. whether she's brought down by being killed or whether she's brought down by ending up homeless and penniless, she's going to be brought down. Mm-hmm. Right. And that takes a little bit of the mystery out of the whole thing. It's how they execute it. Sure. Yeah. But uh, one of the things that you mentioned already, that it being an Elseworld story. Yeah. 
Um, I don't have the like the deepest knowledge of all the comic history That's of fine. the DC universe. That's fine, but so you know the Penguin is still well, of course. A, yeah, right. well, yeah. It's but, for it's for you to be like that. It's right. a it's a fresh start for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm willing to accept whatever path they're willing to take it down. If they're willing to go down a road where the Penguin is killed, or you know, I mean, anything is possible. I'm kind of accepting it all for the story that they're willing to tell. As opposed to trying to compare it to like different origins or anything comic book related, like they took the groundwork mm-hmm. and from there they're making it their own story. Do you think that like okay, like this show could suffer from like you know I'm not saying it's like a prequel to anything because it's its own self-contained story. It's yeah. kind of an Elsewood story, but you know if you're going off the comic books, do you think it suffers from like what people would call prequelitis, where like oh okay, Penguin's not going to die? Just like we talked about a few episodes ago with Ryan Drost and Eric Grubb, uh-huh. we talked about in episode. Seventy, like Star Wars Episode One, suffered because we knew what was going to happen in these movies. Yeah, and I've since thought about it, and I was thinking to myself, what if they would have shaken things up at the end of Star Wars uh, by Episode Three? What if we found out that you know what, um, Anakin wasn't the father of Luke? Yeah, it was Ben Kenobi. Ben right. Kenobi, like holy fuck! Now you've got something ho- totally new. What we thought all these years. That Anakin was the father of Luke. Lucas just blew our fucking balls off. Yeah, instead right? of just connect the dots. Yeah, there was this affair between Ben and Padme. Holy fuck. And could they – do you want to see them do something like this here or do you want them to just stick with it and be like, no, Penguin's not going to die Fish Mooney, she's going to be brought down. She's a new character introduced into this universe, but we can all speculate she's going to be brought down one way or another. Do you think that it'd be it'd be like uh, the ultimate like holy fuck by the end of like season seven, Penguin dies? I think that would be the way to go. Honestly, yeah. I, I think it's its own thing. You know, I think at this point they should just embrace that. And I think earlier than season seven, they should they should prove to the audience that all bets are fucking off and uh-huh. up the stakes and take. Take a fucking character and whack him. Take some risks. Yeah, have Scarecrow in there and whack fucking Scarecrow when there's no Batman even yet. If anything, shows like The Walking Dead and its comic counterpart and also Game of Thrones show that the hero doesn't always have to survive to the end. Um, You know, you lose people who are big, important characters early on. And I think it is an awesome concept to take these ideas that for a long time have been tried and true and you would just assume that somebody like the Penguin would make it. Turn it on its ear. Go ahead and kill him off. Let that impact mm-hmm. like echo throughout the universe. Yeah, but man, you're killing Robin Lord Taylor. You're gonna wait till the last season when it really doesn't matter anymore. Do you want to like whack this guy in like season four and shit? Yeah, I, well, I wasn't. That's why I specifically yeah. said not the Penguin. Yeah, but definitely use another character to prove to the audiences that. There's a chance that Robin Lord Taylor may not make it out out by the end of this. Yeah. Hey, look, we're willing to kill the Scarecrow. <laughs> Imagine and Twitter blowing up when Robin Lord Taylor's penguin dies. Oh, man. Holy fuck. Now, you guys have also got to correct me if I'm wrong in this, but also they've taken quite a bit of liberty with a lot of stuff like Barbara Gordon. Oh, definitely. And uh, apparently in the show, and there was a big spoiler at the mid-season finale. Yes, there was. Where she was in bed with... Uh, what was her detective? Thanks for the spoiler alert, but yeah, I know who oh, you're sorry. talking about. No, uh, yeah, what's her name? What's the, uh, she, Montoya. Montoya. Yes. Montoya. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, apparently she's either bisexual or has had a, 
uh, a fairer relationship with Montoya. No, she had. They, yeah, they, they had already, they already addressed, addressed all of that before right. the midseason. They finale. established yeah. that those two had a relationship in the past. So yeah. now she's left to because uh, she can't handle the life that uh, Gordon Gordon is into. Yeah. And where'd she go? She went with Montoya. So it's not like she skipped town to go with her granny. Yeah. Uh, we've got some drama there too. So, uh, yeah, I'm perfectly willing to accept that this is its own story, and I'd love to see them introduce other characters, like they did very recently, bring Ivy back into the picture. Yeah, yeah, she interesting. Was a creepy little girl. Yes, she was, dude. Very but interesting. That take was on okay. Ivy. And then also, and this is the honest to god truth, when they were going through. Um, Fuck, uh, Harvey Dent. Yeah. And when I first watched him, like, okay, he's playing very cookie-cutter, kind of gosh-gee-golly-do-gooder. And then when he lost his fucking temper, yeah. that showed me the complete other side of the coin, and then it made sense. You don't that mean was Dent, so right? You mean, yeah. you mean, oh, you mean Dent. Okay. He means yeah. Dent. Okay. Yeah, because of the two-face and the flip in the coin. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, he had the one guy in his office... And was grilling the shit out of him, and then all of a sudden just lost his temper. And, and oh, yeah. you could even see the fucking spittle on his chin from where he'd gone yep. a little over the edge. And I like how they're able to flesh out the idea that somebody can have such a bad temper and really be able to earn the moniker Two Face without having to have it to be comic booky or cheesy. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it caught me by surprise. Yeah, I, I have a runner up also, but my best new TV series is also Gotham. Um, it really, okay. it really did it for me. Um, I, I really love it. I'm excited to see the second half. I'm really hoping that I think it's we're obviously going to get a season two. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what cliffhanger they're going to throw at us. You know, they have the right to throw us a crazy ass cliffhanger, and we yeah. know we're going to see a conclusion to it. <laughs> yeah. So you can guarantee they will. Yeah. And, I'm uh, loving Harvey Bullock on this show. The acting yeah. is the acting is out of this world. I love um, young Bruce. I love Alfred. I love I love young Bruce. Yeah. I love the scenes between him and Alfred. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan of scenes between him and Catgirl. No. Uh, She's yeah, still yeah. the weakest part for me. I can see that. I'm warming up to Catgirl. I, I like young Bruce and um, Gordon a lot whenever they get any time together. is, yeah. is brilliant. I, I, of course I love Robin Lord Taylor yeah. as, oh, as yeah. Penguin. He's fantastic. But yeah, this is easily my, my best new series. My runner-up which would be my best new series if it wouldn't have been canceled, is um, Utopia. Oh, so, nice. Yes. Nice. Good choice. For best new series. Yeah, if this show was still on the air, it would be my best new series. It yeah. was you know, on twice a week and every week. I know Brian was addicted to it, too. I was. I was even watching the Utopia live feeds on my phone. Yeah, we were definitely having some dorky TV text yeah. while Utopia was on. You know, Did you watch it yet? <laughs> it, yeah. it was pretty, pretty crazy. It was a reality TV train wreck that you couldn't look away from. <laughs> But yeah. it, it was a lot of fun. Hey, um, I'm going to go off the rails here just for a little bit. Go for it. You brought up Walking Dead and the thing. Yeah. Remember we were talking about, um, I think maybe it was uh, a few weeks ago, and we talked about Robert Kirkman letting the cat out of the bag early about Daryl Dixon not being gay? Yes. Yeah. I had some time to think about this, and like I was in total agreement with you. I thought it was a horrible execution. Mm-hmm. But then I tried mm-hmm. to think about it on the human level and where Robert Kirkman was coming from. Yeah. And it made a little bit more sense to me because he reacted the exact – and I think this is – if I'm right and why he did it, this is the exact same reason if I was the creator why I would do it this way. Mm-hmm. People are coming on the internet and they're posting all this stuff about Daryl Dixon being gay. You're reading in every article, Bleeding Cool, mm-hmm. all – you know, Collider, all these things that Robert Kirkman – 
is, you know, he's going to have uh, Daryl Dixon be a gay character. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Kirkman, in his mind, already knew that this character was not gay. I think he had this pretty much fleshed out that he wasn't gay. Yeah. And I think for him, it, as him being the creator, I think it just got to a point where he was just like, I am fucking sick and tired of people putting words in my fucking mouth and trying to figure out my stories before I've even put them out there. Yeah. So I'm going to put this to fucking bed right now. Mm-hmm. No, he is not gay, damn it. And I think it, that's that's I think that's kind of like he didn't say it in that way if you watch The Talking Dead that night. Yeah. But I think that's why he did it. And I think if if there, Enough. If, exactly. If there wasn't this rampant fucking, you know, yeah. even us talking about it on the podcast yeah. and speculating, we fell into the same fucking trap we are what pissed him off to the point where he's just like you know what i'm sick of reading this shit i'm just gonna i'm putting the cat out of the bag i'm letting the cat out of the bag no he's not gay so you can all stop with your speculation because i'm getting (laughs) sick of it like i don't think that he should have done it but on the flip side from a human level i can understand why he said it if that's why he said it he broke i can forgive him for that Mm -hmm. if that's the case i can tell i I kind of thought that that? yeah totally i was thinking a little bit of that level that maybe he just it's like fuck it, I can't take it anymore. I really think what we're seeing is the the reaction of the fandom for the character affecting the yeah the character's development because Daryl doesn't exist in the books. Yeah, and you know so I mean he gets to evolve as you know the, the show continues. Yeah, um, when he started off, he was every bit as bad as Merle. I mean they had, <laughs> Shane had to put him in a chokehold <laughs> in the first season. So, I mean, he's grown as a character. Uh, I'm kind of curious as to why he just went ahead and just shot it all out right there. I mean, given that, the character himself has probably lived longer than what he would have otherwise, you know, in Kirkman's world. Yeah. So, I I guess I still don't understand why go ahead and just call it right then and there unless you have a specific story arc in mind for him. Kirkman had the floor on the Talking Dead, dude. I know. I saw it. And and he made a point of bringing it up when – it wasn't even a topic. I know. And I, I honestly think, like, this was on his mind, and he just wanted to get it out there. Yeah. Like, I'm sick of reading all your fan fiction, speculation <laughs> bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm just going to get it out on The Talking Dead, because I am, I, I for one, am sick of reading. If it was my creation, let's say I'm, uh, you know, uh, Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Think about this with Lost. Everybody's trying to figure out the ending of Lost. Yeah. All these fucking theories out there on the internet. And you know what? One of them may have been right. And Lindelof was just got to the point where he's just like, fuck, you know, I got to figure out something that somebody hasn't fucking figured out already. Exactly. Why are you trying to affect my fucking creative work? And that's kind of like the world we live in with social media now. Everybody can put their fucking opinion out there. Hell, we're looking at half the fucking rumors that we're getting that we talk about on the show are coming from fucking Reddit. Just from fucking people that say they know somebody in the biz. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it makes it that that much harder for the creators to keep anything secret. Right. So They can't, barely. They can't. Yeah. They can't. God, my God, it's like uh, I can understand why Nolan was so damn secretive with Interstellar and not showing us that much. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh, 
Yeah, a TV show for Interstellar, if it kept going on for week after week after week after week after week, yeah. people are speculating at the water cooler and thinking about, like, oh, what's the ending of Interstellar going to be? Right. What's it going to be? And then you got blogs and you got, you got you know, every fucking media outlet out there trying to figure out the ending. Look at us with fucking a- uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Look at us with fucking Star Wars. Yeah. We're trying to figure <laughs> everything out before it fucking hits. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's in our nature, but the, the creator on the flip side is just like, let me do my fucking work, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Stay the fuck out of it. I got a good story for you. Try, stop trying right. to figure the damn thing out. Yeah, just sit back and enjoy. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I get a little passionate, guys. No, you're fine. No, that's you're fine. All right. So what you got? What's your uh, new show? Oh, uh, did you want to go over your runner-up? My runner-up was Utopia. Oh, you, you, this is this Utopia. Is Utopia. <laughs> yeah. Let's make a brand new start. Brian, I was impressed. You were really mixing it up on the Twitter with the pop culture <laughs> yeah, leftovers yeah. and the and the Utopia people. They were yeah. loving you. That yeah. was great. Yeah, you were cracking me up with that. Yeah. You know one thing we didn't talk about. What's you had that? your best manga. Yeah. We didn't talk about the whole story that we were going to talk about. Oh, we did forget to talk we about talk. that. Let's talk about that yeah, before, before that. I give my choices. Let's bring. I sent, while I'm thinking about it. I sent a group text saying that I added a best manga cat. <laughs> asking if, and Frank's response was a capital LMFAO, basically. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I don't see why me adding the best manga category is the funniest thing yeah. ever. I thought it was like totally talking like you, uh, you manga meant, cat. Yeah, like meow. Right. Yeah. I, thought, I right. instantly thought of like the neon cat meme with the rainbow. Dude, I was that. thinking the exact same thing. I'm thinking like, <laughs> like, this is like milk and saucer kitty cat. You I'm know? like, all right, maybe there was one that was absolutely fucking badass. I can't wait to hear <laughs> I, I know. I didn't know there was so many. Many fucking manga cats out there to choose from. There's yeah. some good shit. <laughs> Brian said he was going to make a sound bite and everything. I was. I was going to make a fucking sound bumper and it was going to go meow 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 meow. I I would have been embarrassed had I actually done that. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Right. So yeah, I, I just wondered why everyone was like, okay. Whatever. You meant category. Yeah, I meant category. Yeah, yeah. I just got lazy with it. Funny shit, dude. Didn't type out category. And we just figured that out today. Like yeah. this text happened like a few days ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we just figured it out today when we sat down yeah, yeah. like a manga cat okay, okay manga cool. cat yeah <laughs> uh we're doing best new tv best show. New show yeah i wanted to talk about some new sitcoms that i watched this year first before i get into my tv shows i'm not going to really do sitcoms but i wanted to talk about some really good ones that we, i like we just did new didn't we we're still on new. We're Brian still on new. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, right, I'm sorry. just going to talk about sitcoms here. Real oh, quick, gotcha. Because I watched a few that. that I really liked, and uh, two are on a network. It's owned by NBC. It's a network owned by NBC. It's USA. Uh, Benched on uh, USA is absolutely hysterical. Frank, you'll appreciate this. It's got. A, it stars Eliza Coop from um, Happy Endings. She played the sister that was married to Damon Wayans Jr. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. These they play public defenders, and uh, it's funny. I love Night Court, but get me. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is a smarter comedy than Night Court. Uh-huh. Very smart comedy. Very funny. Uh, I loved Bench on USA. It stars uh, Eliza Coop, like I said, and Jay Harrington. So definitely check it out. Uh, also on USA is a show called Sirens. It's coming back on January 27th of this year. Very funny. It's about EMTs and it's, uh, Dennis Leary is a, I think, writer producer on that show. Oh, nice. Is he in it? Uh, he has not made any appearances, but it's a very, very, very funny show. It's Hmm. called Sirens. Both of these are on USA and a lot of people aren't watching these USA comedies. I think you can check these out on Hulu. 
So uh, you might not be able to watch them on the app. You might have to go to Hulu on your PC to watch them. But yeah, Benched and Sirens. Uh, And the other one is You're the Worst on FXX. Uh, I've reviewed it on our show before. Yeah. Definitely check it out. It's hilarious. It's like a relationship drama. Very, very much so. Where they're very forward with each other. Yeah. Great show. Love it. All right. Uh, runner-ups. Uh, my runner-up for new best TV show is Flash huh. on CW. Absolutely love The Flash. Flash is my favorite DC character. And I was really worried about this show because I was a big fan of the John Wesley ship show back in the 90s that only lasted the one season. Definitely. And uh, I was really worried about this show. You know, the pilot was fun. I loved it. Uh, I don't think it really started to heat up until after the Captain Cold episode. Um, man. That's yeah, very ironic. Heat up <laughs> after. <laughs> after the Captain Cold episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It kind of chilled and then, it, yeah, it started to warm up. But yeah, that's the thing, dude. I, it really picked up after that episode. I'm loving all the characters in it. I'm loving Joe West. I'm loving Iris. Eddie's great. S- falling in love with Grant Gustin. And it, I think it really worked to their benefit having that uh, episode with Arrow crossing over. Uh, ratings went up for both shows. Good. So, um, you know, I'm very happy with Flash on CW. That uh, final episode where they introduced us to the reverse Flash was just Fantastic! That was a final episode. Uh, mid-season finale. Oh. It, it was the final episode of the oh. yeah. Okay. Before the the break, and fantastic. Reverse Flash looked great. Um, I'm 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 loving this show. It's so much fun. It's just a fun show with overarching things going on. Who is Harrison Wells? And I mean, we'll be talking about this for months, and yeah. I hope we continue to talk about it. You know, as the seasons go along, don't wrap it up after the season. Keep that going because it's so much fun. I'm doing my best to get caught up. Uh, I just finished the episode of Arrow where uh, he took out Deadshot. Uh, it's still in the first season, but I'm yeah. really trying to get Wasn't caught up. Wasn't that a great on... episode, It was though? a good episode. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I'm really wanting to try to get caught up with that because I can't really start the Flash until yeah. I get caught up with Arrow. So. You can. Actually, they're pretty self-contained. Like, between those the, the crossovers. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I was talking okay. to... Uh, Forget who it was. I think it was either. <clears throat> I forget. It was one of our one of our listeners said like. Uh, I think it was Dante. Dante said you really, really don't have to watch um, the the Arrow to to, to kind of go along with the Flash. The only mm. thing that kind of crossed over is like they were kind of tracking uh, Boomerang in that that episode in Flash, okay. and then the Boomerang stuff then carries over into. It might the, have to do something thing. with there being more scientific stuff going on within Arrow because at this point it still feels very like ground level, like there's not any like mystical or like super abilities going on. Yeah, yeah. So, there never really is, is there? No, in the Arrow universe, yeah, uh, not really. Not from where I'm at. I'm, you know, I'm into uh, season two, uh, mid break. Season re- two. I'm really interested then to see how they do a good job of explaining the Flash's origin then. Oh, sorry. Um, it's just making yeah. me really want to watch it because, yeah. like, what I've seen of Arrow so far, and you got to figure it's like the same storytelling team. Uh, it, it it's really well fr- fleshed out and like really relatable. From my understanding, and I may be wrong because I, I, like I said, this happened. I think it happened later on in the end of the second season. The original thing was to do the Flash origin in the Arrow TV show. Mm-hmm. They they axed it, and then they did it in the Flash pilot. Uh, so they just introduced Grant Gustin's character, you know, Barry Allen, in, right. in, a, in a few episodes in that first season. It works better that way, in my yeah, opinion. In the second season. So, yeah. Good choice. Gotcha. Um, yeah, they didn't want to have to be tied yeah. to people. Yeah. 
Um, my uh, winner for best new TV show, and it was actually came out in 2011. But I'm going to explain this why it's new to audiences in the U.S. Okay, it was just released this year on Sci-Fi. Uh, the Almighty Johnsons on Sci-Fi is mm. my winner for best new TV show. Comes from New Zealand, and it was came out in 2011 in New Zealand, but. As American audiences, we, we're getting our first look at the Almighty Johnsons. That's and fair. It's yeah. It's uh, oh God, I love this show. It's You've all raved about this. Oh <laughs> God, I love it. It's it's dialogue driven. It's not a lot of special effects at all. Uh, you just fall in love with the characters, and basically uh, <laughs> the setup is it's it, it's kind of like a. Uh, Norse gods from generation to generation, they're reincarnated into people in New Zealand, <laughs> and. Uh, with each reincarnation, their powers are less and less and less. And uh, the whole goal is to reunite um, Odin with Frigg. And until Odin reunites and finds his one true love, Frigg, they cannot rule Asgard again and be at full power. Um, it's so... It's so good. Uh, Anderson Aruda just, it's funny that Anderson Aruda, one of our listeners, just messaged me on Twitter last night and saying, I just started Netflix, started watching this Almighty Johnson's, and he's like, I'm just, you know, blazing through these episodes. It's, it's so good. I love the show. And I told him, I said, yeah, it's addictive. Like, once, it, once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> and you, I love this show. Uh, Anders plays Keeley in the, the Lord of the Rings, the, the, the Hobbit series. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, they really don't showcase him there in, in those movies, but the, who the, does get showcased in those movies? Exactly. <laughs> what, what dwarves do. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great show. Um, and like I said, it's pretty low budget. But it is my favorite show that I've watched this year. I, I, every because like how sci-fi does it is they would have an episode come out on Wednesday and then another episode come out on Thursday, and I would watch them wow. as they aired. I I love I love 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 the Almighty Johnsons. So nice. That's my uh, new show of the year. One season so far. How much how much material do they have to bring out for you? Uh, what's that? How much material backlogged? Are they still making new episodes? That's of this? the thing. I, I, our listener from New Zealand, he said that they're done. I went to IMDb and it says 2011 through, and then they didn't they didn't say that it's ended. Hmm. Um, but uh, they've gone. They did three seasons, which is pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, from the, like, I just read the descri- I jumped ahead and I read the description on IMDb of the last episode, mm-hmm. and it sounds like it is the the finale. Okay. Okay. So if it only goes on three seasons, I'm fine with that because it was a great run. Great. I think 12 episodes each season, so I think it's 36 total episodes. Yeah, short but sweet. Deal. I love it. Uh, we're going to go on to our best actual TV shows, whether they're, you know, even if it's a new TV show, you can throw it in there. Um, but these are best TV shows of the year. Uh, so you guys want to – I'm guessing Frank doesn't have a runner-up. No, I do have a runner-up. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> Somebody pelvic thrust the table. Haven't there had that go. in a while. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, my runner-up is The Walking Dead. Um, through season two and His a lot walker of- up. <laughs> Walker up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from season two through season three, a lot of people complained that 
there wasn't enough action in amongst the character development. And I think this season really showed that you can have equal amounts of both and make every episode worth watching and really make you hang on to the edge of your seat and feel like every episode is one that is going to have consequences that reverberate throughout the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that's a, uh, you know, it's a stretch from where they were at a year ago. I enjoyed the entire story arc with the governor, but for a lot of people, the show really kind of waned through that part. I think most people were bitching. Me. Yeah. Well, I, I'm thinking most people were bitching season two, the farm stuff. Oh, the, me. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, okay, the little girl is dead. Stop <laughs> looking for her. Move the they, fuck yeah, on. They really milked that storyline. It's like two issues in the comic. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. It's like eight issues right. in the fucking show. <laughs> right. she, she's dead. It's like the entire fucking second season. Guys, remember, uh, there, Jake, there is a category for worst if you want to start throwing <laughs> them out there. Worst show. Yeah, but that uh, was worst show two years ago. Uh, it's cool. it, it's really come a long way as far as its ability to get through some storyline shit fast. We're really seeing a different Rick Grimes. We're not dealing with Farmer Rick anymore. I mean, it's really action-oriented, and every episode really makes you feel kind of responsible, like morally. Like, what would you do? It almost kind of silently poses that question. Like, if you were in this position, what would you do? Because there's some major shit that goes on almost every episode. So yeah, it's my runner up. It's not even my show of the year, but you I You don't I have to defend it. it. It dude, it's it's the mo it fucking beat out football. Monday night uh Fuck Sunday yeah, night football. So you don't have to defend it, dude. It, it's right. got more people watching this than fucking I'm sorry, Jake, Utopia. It's off the air. I loved it I too. Know, I know, I know. But I'll, I'll give it up to Walking Dead for it's it's a fucking ratings monster. Right. It is a ratings monster. So I'm I mean, just glad uh, they haven't fallen. All those people the can't wheel. be wrong, right? I'm just glad they haven't fallen asleep at the wheel, which it seems like they were going to start to do, kind of slack off on the storyline, but they've really bought brought it back around. Well, I think Scott Gimple, the the new showrunner, uh, has a lot to do with that. Right? Yeah, like the pacing of the show is completely different. Every episode really makes you feel like you would really feel in a zombie apocalypse. The zombie. Like, designs this year that Greg Nicotero has done. I mean, and I think like, you know, we've seen some great zombie designs from him, like the well zombie, like the yeah. big bloated well zombie. Right, yeah. But this year, mm-hmm. oh my god, what he what Greg Nicotero is doing with the zombies, like those one the fire zombies. Right. Holy yeah. fucking shit. <laughs> my god, they were amazing. It's one of the only reasons why I go ahead and watch The Talking Dead because they give you a lot of the background behind the stuff yeah. that goes into making yeah. those set pieces. Yeah. It, it's really cool. Yeah. yeah, they did a really good job and they try every year to show how these zombies continue to deteriorate and you can start to tell between what ones turned like right away versus mm-hmm. who's like a fresh zombie. Yeah. So I, I love the ones like where uh yeah, I love that too like where the skulls are a little bit softer than they should be. Right. There's not <laughs> as much flesh clinging to the bones. If they're trying to like push their way through like a uh like a fence or something like that, their flesh is actually peeling off their face. Yeah. And, like, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that shit because yeah. It is cool. Like even even like the big uh, my favorite episode from the second season. Uh, one yeah, I think it was one of my favorite episodes, uh, if not my favorite, was the final one where like the zombies are attacking the farm at night where it's kind of cold out. Yeah, right. and you can see, like you can see all the characters' breath coming out of the humans, uh-huh. but for the zombies, they use they 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 use CGI to take that away because yeah. zombies don't breathe. Right. I yeah, mean, just cool. little things and little attention to detail like that. 
that I think is really fucking cool. That is fucking right? cool. And I like how they can put a character in uh, like they did this past season with the preacher. Yeah. And you really have to question his motives, like whether or not – has he been changed by the environment around him? Is he playing some kind of a game? Or is he, is he really the epitome of a pacifist? Mm-hmm. And how they would behave if somehow they made it this deep into the zombie apocalypse? Yeah, I, I think it's just it's just a great this revolution. This is not in a stretch of a pick, Frank. You don't have to defend gotcha. that. I mean, it's it's a solid pick. Sure. No, I I really like it. So that's your runner up yeah, now. That's who's my your, runner yeah, up? Who's your who's your winner, Chief? Uh, do you want me to go with winner, or do you are we doing runners up all around first? No, nah, just. Because I want people to be able to gauge oh, our picks. You right, know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, my my TV show of the year is Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, and this is also having read some of the books. Uh, the way that they compiled this past season, it is similar to like what I was describing with The Walking Dead times ten. Uh, every single episode has something important that goes on in it. And this is for a series that there's only 10 episodes a season. And the very first season kind of lagged a bit clear until the ninth episode. So the fact that almost every single episode of this season felt like a finale or uh, a penultimate finale. (laughs) 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 But, uh, yeah, every single episode had that weight. There was major things that came out of every single episode of the season, and it only got better clear up until the finale. Yeah. So uh, Game of Thrones is my uh, TV show of the year. Yeah, I'll chime in here. Game of Thrones is my TV show of the year, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hell yeah. The first season didn't fucking lag until the ninth episode, either. It's the <laughs> hardest one for me to get people who aren't like outright into fantasy yeah. to watch until... See, like, I, think, I think it kind of jumps to Fantasy Shark in the newest season a little bit more than it ever did in the first season. Yeah, like, my mom watched the first season, absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And then when it started to get into like fantasy and dragons and stuff, yes. that's when my mom jumped off. She's ah. like, my mom just can't do that stuff. She loves medieval stuff, but mm-hmm. when it takes that fantasy route, that's when she she jumps off. Yeah, skeletons coming out of the ground and whatnot. It was kind of like, ah, stop that, Game of Thrones. Right. Well, you know, I, it's more the political drama and intrigue that really, you know, hooks you in and is what is the draw. But I love season four. Great season. Standout performances by so many of the actors and actresses. Um, just an awesome season. And I haven't read any of the books, so I don't know if this is a perfect adaptation. And, you know, I really don't give a fuck whether it is or isn't. I, I am enjoying the shit out of this show. See, that's, a, you know, the fucked up thing that we're doing, and this is what I wanted to stay away from, but I still, I, I, can't, I can't do it. So I don't know. It's up to you guys. Like, this episode is supposed to be about celebrating our favorite shows for what we love for it. And we're still being like, Frank's like saying something. We're like, no, you're fucking wrong. You're yeah. fucking wrong, Frank. No. no, no, Frank, you celebrate it for what you fucking love about it. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we're allowed to nitpick each other's shit. I, that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't know. Uh, if anything, I always feel like that makes me have to qualify it better. Yeah, yeah, to get your, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm okay with but that. But no, I think it all comes down to like, hey, you know, you, you like the show for this. I like the show for that. Yeah. And we can both celebrate it. Yeah, whatever floats your boat, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, I've read the books and I think they did a better job of compiling this season. I mean, previously it had been like one season per book, but the third and fourth seasons cover the entire third book. 
And, I mean, comparatively speaking, I mean, I would still say the third season is fantastic of this show. Yeah. But it's still not as action-packed as or as weighty as what the fourth is. And, and you're going to get that when the first half of a book isn't going to be as weighty. But it's hard to say that The Red Wedding wasn't weighty. Well, right. It's I probably mean, the most weightiest thing that's happened in the entire series. Exactly. And then it's like that's the game changer. It's like every, the show continually like seems like it ups its ante. You have like peace, and then uh, what happens with Ned Stark happens, and then that gets upped. And then you have what's going on with uh, the Red Wedding, and then it gets upped again. Yeah, uh, it's just an increasing, uh, increasing intensity. And then everything that's going on north of the wall, you know, is going to end up unifying everybody south of it, and or at least I hope so. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons, honestly, why I've stopped reading further ahead in the books is because. You get some of these adaptations where the books are better than the movie, and sometimes it's the opposite. I always felt that way about the Lord of the Rings series. The movies were better than the books, whereas the opposite is true of The Hobbit. With this, I really feel like the show is better at laying everything out than what the books are. Yeah, it's more theatrical. Exactly. It's a show show. It's- yeah. The the books, they're a little bit more traditionally laid out, and it, it's a little bit more drawn out. And I, I think that cutting some of the extra fat is something that Hollywood really needs to learn from. Yeah. So go ahead and cut through some of the extra fat that we're not getting in the show. And I'm not spoiling anything. Um, the, there's some things that they've already cut out and that they're going to continue to cut out because I don't think that they would be very easily adaptable in a very in the same kind of way that what we've seen is. There wouldn't be that huge draw. So I don't think the things that we're losing are things that people are going to miss. I think what they're going to give us... I'm not going to miss any of it. (laughs) Right. What I'm saying is what we're going to (laughs) get is probably the better of the two stories anyway. And uh, G.R.R. Martin's probably going to kill me in my sleep for that. But, yeah, I I think that we're going to get cinematically a better story than what I've seen in the books. Well, Brian brought it up earlier in this episode that, you know, I like to wait and watch things in two to three episode clumps and how he can't do that with Rebels, how he has to watch Rebels. Well, Game of Thrones is that rare show for me where I have to fucking watch this shit. The ten weeks that Game of Thrones is on, I'm watching that shit every Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Like, if we podcast no matter how late... (laughs) I'm going home and I'm staying up and I'm still watching Game of Thrones. It's so good because you never know what they're going to cover on which episode. And it's it's been so good this past year. Yeah, week. and I get so scared of people saying what happened if something big happens on that episode. that mm-hmm. I, I have to see the moment right away before people – before I see a gif of the moment or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. Right. So. That and really that and The Walking Dead are the only two shows for me that I avoid social media for. Because I don't want to take the chance of them spoiling something that I are. I mean, I may or may not already know from having read ahead, but still, the show is self-contained and it's so good that I want to see it for myself. Yeah, and um, my runner-up. I went ahead and said my best. My runner-up TV show is just classic Jake. I went with uh, Survivor. Um, I thought this last season was not one of the best seasons. Probably, we're going on to season thirty, and I thought the last season was was in the bottom ten of seasons. Yeah. But the season before was in the top ten of seasons for me, maybe in the top five or six. Um, big characters with Tony the Cop and Spencer and Cass, just a big season. And really love The Survivor. It takes a lot. It says something for Game of Thrones to be over Survivor as the show I enjoyed the most for that year. Wow. So, 
Uh, what are you thinking about uh, the next season? Blue collar, white collar, no collar. I'm excited. I'm excited. I've been trying to get on Survivor, and little did I know I needed to be saying that I didn't have a fucking job. Yeah. Now, that would help me get on, the, <laughs> right. get on the show. So, And before you say your best shows, I want to throw out – I forgot, but I have a uh, worst new show I wanted to throw out real quick. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. And um, that show is Selfie. Um, this show got canceled. canceled. Um, I think they showed the rest of the episodes on some yeah. streaming network or whatever. But even with the massive hype that Guardians of the Galaxy was, the star of this show, um, Karen Gillan, Karen Gillan couldn't make Amy any- Pond from Doctor Who. Yeah, couldn't make anything happen with this show. And t- I got to be honest, a show called Selfie, I'm glad it failed. I mean, just get this. That's out enough of- to turn you off right there. Yeah, get this out of there. Wow. So uh, I'll give my worst show. Yeah. Mulaney on Fox. Oh, yeah. With John Mulaney. I have tried to watch this thing, and they, I mean, they've even got Martin Short on the show, and uh, he can't save it. Uh, It's like uh, if Seinfeld was written by five year olds. (laughs) It's fucking horrible. Absolutely horrible. It's very formulaic and stupid and just dumb. That's too bad because he's a funny guy. His, my sister loves him. I mean, she saw him do stand-up, and, and, and it, his stand-up just doesn't translate well into a TV show. Yeah. And uh, it's even even got uh, Saturday Night Live and alumni in it. I can't remember what the girl's uh, name Nassim is. Nassim Padrad. Yes. So. He himself is the guy that created Stefan. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's we, a horrible show. Yeah, I forgot to jump into the worst one. If I had to claim one, it would be Girl Meets World. No, uh, don't be bashing my girl meets world. Yeah. <laughs> you like it, man, I, dude? I don't know why I watch this fucking show, oh, dude. It's like it's, <laughs> it's it's like my Melissa and Joey fix oh, or shit. something, dude. Is it, is it, was up. that a best TV show spoiler? For yeah, <laughs> it's the Sorry. winner, dude. Holy shit! Jeez, I don't know, dude. Right, I've tried twice to pick up on this thing, and there's Ben like, Savage no way. is my fucking jam, dude. Holy fuck! <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know why the fuck I watch that show, but I do. I could have handled my fantasies. I don't need to see what Topanga's like. All I'm such up. a negative motherfucker that I need a palate cleanser every once in a while. I need to see like cute little things happening in shows to like because I watch so much depressing shit. Mm-hmm. It's like I watch like what the fuck am I watching? I watch uh, like I said Melissa and Joey, and then I'm fucking I watching this fucking Scott Bayo show on fucking <laughs> like Disney or something like that yeah. where he plays like this father. And he, I can't remember what it's called, but I watched this fucking Scott Bayo show. It's such a fucking kid show, but I watched. Why the fuck do I do this myself? <laughs> I do. It's I do so the fucked up. I do the palate cleanser thing too, but I use Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze in it. Why like, is that a palate cleanser? Yeah, that's like if you've it's watched, a palate cleanser for Dirty Dancing. No, if you've watched something like Twilight, Roadhouse is the perfect palate cleanser. Right, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like Butch Manly. I'm gonna tear your throat out. I'm gonna have sex with you against the wall. It's yeah. fucking badass. <laughs> it's a great movie. I love that. Yeah, movie Roadhouse. 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 Left, left yeah. boot. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Am I, am I going with my best TV? Do it. All right. Uh, my runner-up for best TV show: Defiance oh, on nice. Sci-Fi. Um, you guys talk about Game of Thrones. This is like. Game of Thrones in a post-apocalyptic alien invaded world. <laughs> uh, it's like nine alien races invade, you know, Earth after they're left homeless and shit like that. And it, I love it. I mean, they terraform the Earth. There's new plants, new animals. Uh, they live in St. Louis, uh, you know, which they call Defiance now. Uh, the characters are great. And like the, what I mean by the, like, like, 
the Game of Thrones thing is like you've got different families in here and these different families are aliens and some of them have customs and they don't want to conform to the customs of Earth. You know, you've got this one race. I, I can't remember the names of the races. God damn it. Oh. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the family that's got the really light white skin, um, you know, they, they, they treat women as, as subservient and uh, the women are starting to revolt now and it's a very cool political thing with an alien mix in there. You yeah, know, that sounds cool. It's very cool. And and the the people like that play these characters are absolutely phenomenal. Uh the one guy that plays the father of that family his na- last name's Curry. Great actor. Uh the woman that plays his wife, oh my god, she's an like I've said, she's like an evil snake. And, um, you know, the son uh, is becoming a bigger part of the story. You've got the whole group of minors that are led by the father. And the father has his sons. And the daughter is then married now to, uh, you know, the, the, the one alien boy that I talked about with the white light skin. Okay. And, and, but you've got all these other different aliens and they all interact. And then, like, the main, like, the, the town sheriff is, like, this Han Solo motherfucker. And, uh... I love it. I, I love this show. I love Defiance. It is so damn good. Fuck the video game. It was a failed experiment. <laughs> True. Failed experiment. Big time. But the the TV show itself, um, the budget that they have, they're putting a lot into this. Um, coming back? Season two? Season three. Oh, wow. So they're coming back. I love Defiance. Defiance is my runner-up. My winner uh, for best show, maybe it's controversial, but I love this show, The Leftovers on HBO. Nice, it's a lot better than this Leftovers show. <laughs> nice, maybe sad, maybe I don't know. Maybe a lot of people think that this show is a little too sad and too, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know, too much uh, bullshit going on. What's in this going show. on with this show? This show's in limbo for. Is it? Is yeah. it not coming back? I don't know what's going on. With I it. thought it was renewed for season two. From last what I read. I think there, there's a creative shift, though, going on. Yeah, I think you're right. I hear there's going to be a lot of different changes in the second season. Yeah, like a, a lot of the actors aren't coming, coming back. back. A lot of the writers aren't that. coming back. I, right. it, it seems like a big like yeah. shift is happening. Mm. But I love it. Um, what's her name? Liv Tyler's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jennifer Anderson, uh, Aniston's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. can't remember his name, but he's in it. You know? I forget his name too. And basically, this show is like uh, there was an event that happened, and they don't call it like the biblical rapture where people are taken up to heaven, but a lot of people think that it might be the rapture. Um, one day, uh, I think it was uh, like close to like a million people or something like yeah, that yeah. were just gone. They just vanished. And uh, this show goes on to show how the world was affected by these people that just like all up a sudden, uh, up a. Uh, a sudden just vanished. Yeah. And I loved it. Like, and, it, and it's just random. It's like some people's families, nobody was gone. But like, you know, the one woman uh, that's uh, a big part of the story, three of her family members were gone. Yeah. A, a husband that was cheating on her that she found out after the event happened and now there's no closure with him and, and uh, her two kids are gone. You know, she's got nobody. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, very suicidal at certain points in the show and, Heavy uh, show. Heavy fucking show. Uh, you've got a whole group of people that after the event happened, they want people to remember the event. And by uh, people trying to forget and move on with their lives, they aren't about to let that happen. They dress in all white. Oh, and what they, are they called? And they don't talk. And they smoke cigarettes. And uh, they live in kind of like a cult, kind of like a society. And, and um, 
I don't know. I can't remember the names of them either. But uh, a lot of different characters. The Unclaimed? Yeah, The Unclaimed. And uh, then you've got uh, Christopher Eccleston, and he plays like a priest, and he's mm-hmm. the one trying to convert them uh, you know, back into Christianity and things like that. Uh, and it's just an amazing show. I think it's great writing. And, uh, yeah, it's a heavy show, it's a very deep show, but, and a lot of people might not think it's fun, but for me, it's just every week I was fucking intrigued. I had to watch The Leftovers. Love this show. Wow, great pick. Yeah. I still have not watched the finale. Really? I've, I've seen every episode, but. I'd watch the penultimate just to get yourself kind of reacquainted yeah, and then watch the finale. It's probably a good idea. But I loved it when they took it the route of having separate character stories within there. You know, you mm-hmm. had the, the one chick, I uh, can't remember her goddamn name for some reason. The, her real life name? Uh, in the show. Oh. Uh, the one lady who had like her husband disappeared and her kids. Mm. They had a whole episode dedicated to her. They had an old episode dedicated to Christopher Eccleston, uh, the priest character. And then they had like, you know, a whole episode dedicated like to the son. And, and, uh, it's crazy. I love the show. So yeah, leftovers. Yeah, nice pick. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. And now we've got, uh, coming up heroes and villains. And then we're going to be doing our movies and stuff. All so. right, let's do it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we're back. Uh, before we jump into uh, our next category, I wanted to thank somebody out there in the leftover army. Our next cat. Next cat. Yeah. <laughs> category. Yeah, I've just cat. I'm I'm thinking a listener. I'm not thinking any felines. I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, Heathcliff and Garfield, for years and years. <laughs> of I was making a manga. You know, cat we reference. owe it all to the pussy. Oh, the manga cat. Yeah. <laughs> No, I wanted to thank one listener out there. 
the only listener that remembered my birthday was yesterday. I want to thank Gus Hoontite, who sent me an email. So thank you, Gus, wishing me a happy birthday. You're the only one that remembered. Last year, it was Michael Cornish that remembered. This year, it was Gus. Nice. So I want to thank them. And I want to thank you guys for for all the for all the birthday wishes you gave me yesterday. No problem, no problem. I yeah. littered your Facebook wall with yes. well wishes. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we failed. I knew it was January, but I couldn't remember when. Oh, well, you should have just sent me a text every day until you nailed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I couldn't have been wrong. Right. Fail. It might not have been right, but it wouldn't have been wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I share the same birthday as Mel Gibson and Danica Keller, who played, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Wendy. Win- Winnie. Winnie, yeah. Winnie on the uh, Wonder Years. She just posted a uh, selfie of herself on a boat because she had her 40th birthday. Yeah, 40. She is looking really good She looks 40. great. She looks yeah. great at 40. Incredibly well, happy belated fit. birthday. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> means so much. You want to smoke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. wanted to thank Gus Hoontite. That was awesome. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be the first of many. And then it turned into uh, the first of uh, the, the last of them. So thank you, Gus. Did you do anything special? <laughs> no, not really. It was more like just me and jo- That's my day. It's just my day to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I just I rented a bunch of movies, and that's it. I didn't even eat birthday cake. I went to the gym that morning, and I went grocery shopping. So, wow, good times. We're the exact same age, right? You're just a month ahead of me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yep. All right. So that was my birthday announcement. So thank you, Gus. Uh, we're going to move on to our next category, uh, which is the Pop Culture Leftovers Hero of the Year. So Pop Culture Leftovers Hero of the Year. Best Hero of the Year. Megatron must be stopped, <laughs> no matter the cost. You got the touch. One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. Epic. I love that. That's so fucking cool. Transformers the movie. Heat Man, when I think of like one of the most heroic scenes in any movie, I don't care, man. It goes back to Transformers, the animated movie. That is like the coolest fucking scene in any animated movie that I've ever seen. I love that. Dude, he's like flipping through the air, blasting sound wave. Oh, yeah. Sky warp. It's awesome. I love it. And then the whole battle between him and Megatron is just fucking legendary. I'm going to guess your hero of the year is Optimus Prime (laughs) from Transformers I was going to actually say that I wish it could have been. Oh, shit. I wish it could have been, but it's not. Like, seriously, go back and watch that shit and compare it to the crap from now. I don't care if it's CG or not. That's garbage. Your hero of the year is Optimus Prime from Transformers 4 2? Wow. (laughs) No, I'll give... You know what? I'm going to give Michael Bay... uh, Not Michael Bay too much credit on that movie, but, you know... um, I'm going to say that the robots look like robots 
fighting in the real world. No, don't yeah, give me I that know. look. Industrial Light and Magic, what they have done with those robots is amazing. And to make to to make it to where you've got giant robots fighting one another on the screen and us being able to follow the action phenomenal job it's i agree the, it's the humans and the characters that aren't fleshed out well enough right. they flesh out bumblebee they flesh out optimus prime they don't flesh out any of the other characters i mean the next one that's fleshed out the most is ironhide <laughs> the rest of the autobots you really never get a sense of who they are i certainly can't except for john goodman's character in this last <laughs> one i did like i did like yeah. hound hound was, hound was pretty cool and i loved the, the new design of hound i thought it was pretty badass i, I certainly agree. can't argue with the visuals at all i i think the story got a little crazy especially with this last one with where they decided to go with the dinobots and, yeah. and that but uh yeah it's uh, story's never been the uh michael bay version strong suit anyway you know I, I sound like a broken record and maybe me and you frank sound like a broken record when it comes to this guy but it seems like every fucking project we want this guy to tackle guillermo del toro on a transformers movie oh that'd be perfect yeah. my god it would holy be holy shit yeah it would get the same team in there you know ilm to do all the special effects and yeah. shit like that but you know guillermo del toro in there to handle these robots and shit dude right i think he would fall i don't know if he's a transformers fan but i think he'd fall in love with the lore and everything you know right yeah i stand by my taste of transformers for as, as pure eye candy it's, I know it's brilliant yeah, i mean that's that fine. fucking garbage yeah <laughs> sorry i'm right there with you dude <laughs> but yeah i mean i know we're not really trying to talk about transformers the movie but just the fact that what is it a half hour 45 minutes in like only halfway through the the movie if that you got this gigantic fucking battle between, you know, Decepticon versus Autobot, Optimus versus Megatron, what you've been waiting to see the whole fucking TV Mark show. Wahlberg is Barn Farmer. <laughs> uh, no, the uh, Barn Scientist. I'm not talking about Transformers 4. What are you talking about? I'm talking about uh, Transformers the movie, the animated one. Oh, you're talking about that. I'm still yeah. talking about I'm still bitching about Transformers 4. Yeah. yeah, the animated movie didn't come out in 2014. Right. It came yeah. out in 86. Yeah. No, I know. I best, was just saying best that. Best animated like, movie of that year. Right? I was just saying that that was fucking phenomenal how they yeah. had that level of character development in the middle of the movie and they made it work. I the thought it was cool. Cast was amazing, too. Yes, I know. Voice cast. All right. So, yeah, going on with the hero of the year. Frank, you got a runner up and you got winners? Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Where's my hero at? Okay. Uh, so my runner-up is Caesar from Planet of the Apes. Nice the choice. Nice, nice choice. Uh, the uh, development of the character. I mean, even through he, the he had to clarify that it was Caesar from Planet of the Apes and not the dressing. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you know, runner-up was Buttermilk Ranch, but uh, you know, uh, I love the Caesar dressing. Good shit. <laughs> yeah, the um, the mocap from Andy Circus and. You know, in a day and age where we have all this CG and it can be so over the top that it takes you right out of the film, this only added to it. <laughs> Hobbit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Man. That, that's kind of like a side thing Brian and I have been talking about. Like, we both seen The Hobbit again. And then I recently, last week, watched Lord of the Rings. And the fact, you know, just the practical effects from even that first film – it it's night and day. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. night and day. Like I didn't see what Brian was saying at first as far as like eh, you know, but uh yeah, man, totally. Like these are total cash in. I hate them now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Sorry. But yeah, man, it was so much better Lord of the Rings <laughs> over The Hobbit, but what the fuck were we saying? Uh, we're talking about our hero of the year, and you're talking oh, about Caesar. Caesar. Yeah, jaded-ass right, Jake called this Hobbit shit. This is how me and Brian first met. Was yeah. Jaded-ass Jake calling gotcha. this Well, calling if this it shit. wasn't for that fucking conversation, we might not be sitting here. Right? There you go. Yeah. Some props to it, man, because holy shit. Yeah. The yeah. Hobbit sucking dick brought us together. <laughs> <laughs> it's the creation of pop culture Apparently he swallowed, too. Yeah. So. Dildo but, Baggins. Yeah, so, yeah, Caesar. Uh, the mocap on it was great. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Caesar. <laughs> But, like, um, there were moments uh, after his next child is born where you can see tenderness in just the eyes of the character. And, I mean, it not only goes along with... Uh, the, There's uh, Father the, Frank speaking. See, me and Jake don't give a shit about kids fuck. being born. But you got Father Frank on here. No, no, and that's that's good. Yeah, I think, no. I've had listeners say that they like that from this podcast. Yeah. That, you know, we've got, uh, you know, two guys that don't give a shit about that. And then you got Frank over here. <laughs> Father, Father, Father Frank. <laughs> fuck. Okay. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So ba- he, Father uh, Frank falling in love with tenderized, <laughs> tender-eyed monkeys. You know, looking at their Holy babies. Shit. Uh, I did like how um, you know they, they had kind of the reunion at uh, James Franco's character's house. Yeah. Uh, from the first one. That was great. Yeah, and then I did like how he didn't. Uh, it's spoiler alert in case you haven't seen the movie. How he didn't really die when uh the the one tried to shoot him mm-hmm. uh so his you know return and his ability to overcome that was amazing yeah well, when i thought caesar was dead i was like oh shit yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that was awesome <laughs> you know um i haven't read it yet but i'm picking up the prequel comic to this last movie so oh. it fills in the gaps in between cool, cool. who's yeah. the team on that do you know i don't know I, it, it's <laughs> from okay. it's from boom studios yeah. and i picked it up i've got it in my pile so i haven't read it yet so hopefully i'll be able to talk about that here in a you know in a good pop bad pop segment gotcha. this is a fun category i'm excited for who who you yeah. got um, I'm sorry. Great pick, though, with Caesar, man. That was a Thank great you. pick. Yeah. Very much uh, like that one. Uh, so um, I'm not sure if anybody's going to agree with me on this or not, but my hero of the year is Star-Lord. And the reason for this is because the great job that they did of not only making him relatable, uh, and part of that is because I was a kid in the 80s. Some of the music, some of the things that he was saying, like in seeing the Walkman and things like that, helped me to relate to the character. Uh, if he was taken out, you know, in that time, um, just to see what like a normal person would do in that position, it was really cool. Uh, and then um, you know, I, I love this pick, great pick, Frank. Yeah, bouncing that off of all the other characters, um, I, I just I thought that he was the one shining example of somebody who would just do what is right, and whether or not like he worked it out as far as like how it would benefit him, it was just what was right. Well, it turned into what was right later on. I mean, he still had a lot of that uh, Ravager mentality at the beginning. Right. And, uh, you know, we saw him, like, you know, sleeping with the different women, always trying to bed, and even tried to bed Gamora. You know what I mean? He's (laughs) always thinking about himself and, like, throwing game and shit like that. And, like, you know, even when he got the orb originally, like, he stole it from the Ravager so he could benefit himself. But, yeah, we saw the evolution of that character throughout the movie. Yeah, and that's what is awesome because you see that contrast from beginning to end. Yeah, that's what makes a great character. Exactly. Yeah. 
yeah. And character development. I mean, when you watch a movie and there's absolutely no character development, like this character, like from beginning to end is the same piece of shit that they were, you know, right. or just like the same wonderful bubbly person that they were when there's no like, uh, when you don't throw any, like, uh, anything into the mix that makes this character maybe change who they are one way or the other. It's a, it's a shitty movie, but right. man, they did a gr- James Gunn did a really good job. As far as yeah, him especially being, on Star Lord, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. As, as far as I mean, he feels kind of like an everyman, uh, really easily to relate to, and you know, he's, he, like you mentioned, he has that evolution conflict. He, he threw conflict in there, you know. Yeah, so. it's it's a whole range, and then you know, bouncing that personality off of all the other individual characters, it was just it was movie magic. It was yeah, awesome. and I mean, it's not like this was like a, like like it just and I, that's. That's what I loved about this movie is the fact that it didn't like that Star Lord uh, character development didn't happen like even in the second act of the movie. No, like right. uh, there's that point where they go to the collector and his whole museum blows up. He still wanted to take the orb to somebody else to get money, and <laughs> totally, like, Gamora's totally. like, "No, we got to turn this into the Nova Corps. They're gonna know what to do with it." <laughs> right. And he's still thinking about that, and it's still pissing off Gamora. Yeah. We saw more court character development out of Gamora by that point. She's the fucking right. space pirate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was great, you know, that we didn't see that until the third act of the film. Right. Yeah. Great choice. Frank, thank you. Yeah, my um, you, can I go ahead? Yeah, go. No, well, uh, is that that's your runner up, or was that your? No, oh, that, yeah, was, that was your guy. That was my guy. Nice, that that nice. was hero of the year. Yeah, go for it, Jake. My uh, my runner up and my hero. I'm going to say them both back to back. They're both a little bit loosely connected, but the runner up is Emmett from Lego Movie, and my number one is also Star Lord. Um, connected because both are played by Chris Pratt, and I also want to um, on the Star Lord front. I mean, you know, it's fucking Star Lord, man, right? Yeah, but I'm um, Chris Pratt is kind of hero of the year. Like he has done such tremendous work with the Star Lord stuff and encompassing being Star Lord. Um, much like we talked about earlier in the episode with Chris Evans and the Christmas Story, um, Chris Pratt's been doing the same kind of stuff, visiting all these kids that have been that are sick and have these diseases. And are yeah, he took the duster, Ill. didn't he? Yeah, he, I believe the story is. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but that he actually stole the Star Lord coat from the set he did so he could visit these hospitals and embody this character and everything yeah that's awesome and yeah. i just i mean he's chris pratt is truly you know the perfect everyman right now i couldn't nominate him for best actor not that he's a bad actor but he doesn't have the extreme chops quite, spoilers for best male actor quite just yet <laughs> but i i had to give him nods here it's not best hero isn't just star lord to me it's definitely mm-hmm. chris pratt also Gotcha. I can see. Are you going to be changing your tune possibly next year with Jurassic World when we get a serious Chris Pratt? I yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's Burt Macklin. Do you watch Parks and Recreation? No, I do not. It, he play, in that show. He's Andy Dwyer, but he plays a fictional character called Burt Macklin, and that's when mm-hmm. he gets all serious. I'm Burt Macklin. I'm on a case, FBI, and he, yeah, it, it makes me laugh every time I see the Jurassic World stuff. I think it's Burt Macklin. <laughs> oh right? shit! <laughs> Burt now Macklin's I'm not going to be able to unsee that. Yeah. <laughs> And you just ruined Jurassic World yeah. for Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it's dinosaurs. I'm on it, man. Yeah. Hey, good, good call. Good call. <laughs> so, yeah. Emmett and uh, so it's uh, Chris Pratt love. The Chris Pratt double. for I, I couldn't give him best actor, so I wanted to give yeah. him double love for best hero. Uh, my runner-up for hero of the year is Grant Gustin as Flash. Nice. So, not going with comic book Flash. I'm going with Grant Gustin's Flash. Um 
he wasn't selling me at first, but man, as the seasons progressed, he has really sold me on on his Flash. I, I'm falling in love with the character, man. Flash wow. getting the double runner ups from you. Yeah, I love I I, I love the TV show. Um, I love Grant Gustin's character of the Flash. I think, it, like I said, an episode that really opened this up was the episode with the Arrow crossover, and you know, you saw who you thought was like this cocky Flash that thought he knew everything, and then fucking Stephen Amell comes in there and is like dude you don't know fucking shit i'm gonna be your mr miyagi bitch you know and that's what we got is we got somebody that like now he's ready to actually learn to be uh barry allen the man and do what's right and not just rush into things i mean you've got all the speed in the world but you need time you need time to think things through you can't be so rational you got to learn your enemy sometimes before you go head to head toe to toe with them because sometimes in some of the cases in this fucking show like he's their last line of defense you know what i mean he's their last line of defense and i've seen that character evolve this season and i've seen grant gustin really really uh turn into a really good tv actor i'm not saying he's cinema ready i don't think he is but as far as a tv actor this guy's knocking it out of the park that's good to hear because i remember when they first cast him as the flash uh i had already seen him on uh glee yeah. a little bit that he'd been on mm-hmm. you know if i can remember right i don't think you guys had seen him in anything up to that point we hadn't Mm-mm. but uh yeah you had questions about it and i would have had questions about it too but it's good to hear that he kind of stepped in and kind of made it his own yeah i'm really loving him on that show good Deal. I like how you said how he has to take his time. Like that's a great counter to the fact that he is, <laughs> he is flash. flash. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about speed. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I love it. Um, winner this year, my hero of the year. Um, I mean, I liked him and and I liked him in the role, but I didn't love him in the role. Now I love him in the role. Chris Evans, Captain America. Nice, good oh, pick. Cool. Um, I mean, I really, really liked him in Captain America, the, uh, the first Avenger. A lot of people didn't like that movie. I liked it a lot. I really, really liked it a lot. Um, and uh, But, uh, I mean, he really stepped up in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Totally. Um, and he, he gave us a Captain America, the Captain America I've wanted to see. He embodies Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris Evans is just a great guy all around, you know, like the Christmas thing. But mm-hmm. that doesn't even come, that doesn't even factor into Hero of the Year. I mean, for me, uh, I'm just talking about the character, man. He's just made Captain America his own. I can't see anybody else in that fucking role. No, and we laughed when they first announced it. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. oh, Human Torch yep. is Captain America? Yeah. Oh, no. And now you're right. You can't see anyone else. It's hard to even remember him as being the Human Torch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's weird when you watch a Fantastic Four movie, if you you dare. (laughs) Get drunk first. But, yeah, Captain America was my hero of the year. He was just insane, awesome. Just loved him in that movie. So, that's yeah, that's my hero of the year. Great pick, great pick. He was a close runner-up for me. Nice. A lot of good heroes this year. Yeah. I, th- I was hoping one of you would say uh, Brian, but that uh, didn't happen. <laughs> you Sorry, know? Oh. you know, after you fucking forgot my birthday, and shit. <laughs> shit. You were you were in close contention for actor of the year for that podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah for- <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right, we're gonna move on. Uh, you guys ready to move on to villain of the year? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't even need a bumper. I got Jake over here. <laughs> this fucking. Uh, you, you, you sound like you sound like you're getting ready to tie me up to some train yeah, tracks. That was like the what? What is it? Dudley Do Right? Yeah. Villain, like <laughs> Snidely Whiplash. Yeah. Or hilarious. All right, villain of the year. 
best villain of the year. <laughs> Silence, you funny fool. I've had it with your whining and bumbling. Excellent. They have spotted us. Cobra, attack! I would have waited an eternity for this. It's over, Prime. Ancient spirits of evil, transform this decayed form to Mumra! Was Mumra? I love that Mumra laugh. Yeah. yeah, but like the Mumra laugh—is it really a laugh or is he just clearing his throat? Emphysema. I know. Throat hurts now. <laughs> I can't deliver the rest. <laughs> That's funny. Man. You know, you wouldn't he's see been in the, He's been in that like you know that upright vertical coffin for so long. Maybe yeah, he's clearing some phlegm. All possible. that dust and bugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Uh. <laughs> like I haven't seen any of the like newer iterations of Thundercats at all. Like I only watched like the first generation of shit. Oh, I, but, I did watch season. Uh, I did watch the new reboot back in two thousand eleven. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't know if it's any different now than what it was then, but like you wouldn't see some of that scary shit on TV now. Like a full on uh, mummy transforming into a giant fucking scary badass dude. Yeah, you see scary shit. Walking Dead's on fucking TV. He's talking about kids, kids show. Watch that, oh though. yeah, yeah. Good point, I guess. Dude, I, I I'll be honest with you, dude. I loved uh, the fucking the 2011 reboot that only went for like two seasons. Oh really? Yeah, I bought some was bought some toys for it and shit. Yeah. Huh. I loved it. Yeah, it shit. was very good. Fuck. Did they have a snarf? Yeah, they had a snarf, but he didn't talk. Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what, what, what else was he going to say that snarf. he didn't say in the fucking first season? Right. In the first, the original. Snarf, snarf, snarf. <laughs> snarf always seemed to me to be like an Orko knockoff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Thundercats in general seemed like a He-Man knockoff to me. Yeah. It was good, though. I liked them both. I don't know. I think I think the world in uh, the second one was um, a little bit more fleshed out. Uh, forgive, forgive me if I didn't get the actor, the voice actor's name right, but they got Lionel's father was played by Larry Kenny, the okay. original voice of Lionel from the 80s TV show. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. nice. That's cool. And if you love Thundercats, you should listen to new, the latest episode of the Star Joe's podcast where they talk about the 2002 uh, comic book that came out when they re-released uh, the first uh, new Thundercats stories. Right. So Star Joe's had an episode, um, their Kessel Run episode. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I think I saw that upload the other day. Yep. Um, so, yeah, let's jump into our villains of the year. Uh, Frank, do you have runners-up or a winner? Or? Uh, yeah, I got both. Oh, right on. Um, all right, so my runner-up is going to be the fictional version and non-fictional version of Kim Jong-un uh-huh. uh, from uh, the interview and with that whole situation that transpired there. If you've seen the interview, then uh, you can kind of get a little bit of a glimpse of you know an, an exaggerated version of what kind of really goes on there. The people of North Korea are kind of brainwashed into thinking that they're uh, – their leader is nothing short of a god, and like the idea that you, you didn't even go, you didn't stuff. go to the comic book thing. Who's your villain? I, I was unclear. The actor or the real? The real? 
It's both. Oh, okay. it, it's the, uh, okay. the movie version oh, and also okay. the real version. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a, the, ladies and gentlemen, it's a twofer for Frank. Well, right. It's kind of the same thing, really, because it's just an exaggerated version, and then the movie really called out how he really is. Yeah. So with you know the threat on keeping the movie down by <laughs> the movie called out how he really is. He's a big Katy Perry fan. <laughs> well, no, that's I'm sure. Is What's the fucked up is that there's somebody worse apparently than Kim. Yeah, man, I love that. You, you took the words right yeah. out. It was my next sentence. Yeah. God damn it, Megatron was fucking horrible. <laughs> that son of a bitch. I can't wait to hear who's worse. <laughs> who's worse than Kim Jong Un? <laughs> like now my people, now? My, my people feel shitty now. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, no, I'm just, on your, uh, no, Frank, on your all-time list, does like Hitler clock in at number three? What well, this the is the 44th thing fuck did Hitler do lately? <laughs> no, I said all-time list. What has Hitler oh, done for right. you? Lately, Fuck, God damn, that's a whole different kind of list. Shit. <laughs> but no, the only reason why I, ca- why I called the actual man out on this is just because of what happened. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> yeah. The video uh, representation of him. So He's not a villain. He's a hero. We got all that Sony news. Thanks to him. <laughs> the hack. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, that must have been kind of bullshit. He supplied us like a whole episode worth of material. That must have been kind of bullshit, though, because after... Uh, <laughs> After they said that, I wouldn't say that makes him a hero. Yeah, for the week, hero of the week. Yeah. So uh, Jake's like, you know what? Fuck all the firemen out there, the policemen that are doing their jobs every day. Kim Jong Un's the real hero this year. Yeah, he gave us some Sony, some Spider Man news. All right, now okay. I got. I got to say, my heroes are firemen because I uh, no. Oh shit! <laughs> no, but on the real, firemen and policemen are real heroes. Yeah. So on the well, real, yeah, but yeah. So, um, but anyway, so that was my runner-up. Um, the uh, villain of the year, I, I'm going to give it to the Penguin from Gotham. Uh, he w- I, somebody that I wouldn't have, you know, really thought, especially at the beginning, that he was going to be as intense as what he is. Yeah. But they've done a great job of him not only showing that he can be vicious, but he's also a master manipulator. And he's definitely a major player and well-suited mm. to be one of the top criminal minds in the city. Yeah. So uh yeah, big big props to that. I, I he's the one guy throughout, you know, the later half of this year I look forward to kind of seeing mm-hmm. how where he was gonna go with it more so than how the good guy was gonna deal with the bad stuff going on. I know I go third, but I'm gonna piggyback you motherfucker. Aha. Uh-huh. Robin Lord Taylor is my winner for uh the best villain of the year. Nice, Woo-hoo! nice pick. So yeah, I mean um <clears throat> This wasn't like a, oh, game time decision. No, I mean, this guy's proven it on this season. I mean, for some people, that he's the only fucking reason they're watching it, man. Yeah, definitely. Is to watch him. Uh, that's one thing, like we were talking about earlier, you know, could, like, the Penguin die early? Well, shit, you know what I mean? Maybe he does die because maybe Robin Lord Taylor catapults himself into being, like, a uh, movie star because this guy has some great acting ability. I hope that's not the case. I hope he pulls, like, a... Uh, like a, you know, like Michael J. Fox back in the day, like he was doing, uh, you know, what was it, Family Ties, and like, yeah, they wanted him to leave the show because he was doing all these movies, like you know, Teen Wolf and Back to the Future and Frighteners and all this shit. 
he didn't leave the show. He stuck with it, you know. George Clooney, on the flip side, he left, and uh, you know he went on to be a huge movie star. Left ER, right. uh, but then you've got actors like David Caruso who left uh, NYPD Blue, and then his career just went fucking down the toilet from there. Right. I'm hoping that Robin Lord Taylor sticks it out as the Penguin because man, his character's so compelling, and I think kind of like everything revolves around him in the episode. And I, I do like that they kind of held him back uh, on a couple episodes. They held him back a little bit they don't use him too much in every episode right yeah. um but on the flip side the episodes that he's in are the best episodes. his spotlight right. episodes are the best episodes. They, are, they really are yeah and yeah. i let it slip um in between the recording that he was in contention for one of my runner-ups for yeah. villain of the year so yeah i applaud this choice to both of you great, yeah. great pick and the lady uh i can't remember she was in a uh, scrooge she plays one of the ghosts of christmas whatever the fuck yeah. his mother oh yeah i know who you're talking my about. god what a, what a great solid yeah. choice of casting for her yeah she's kooky as hell she almost kind of brings it back down to the comic level a little yeah, bit yeah she does yeah well every anytime they go into his <laughs> into his mother's apartment they right. really has that uh comic book feel yeah right i think it's yeah. cool how it kind of blends how gritty and grounded it is along with some of that sometimes yeah. it's cool definitely the best character of the show oh, yeah. Yeah. hands down yeah hands down can't argue that. Up to me now? Uh, yeah, I still got to give my uh, Go ahead and runner. give me a runner-up. I'll go last this time. All right. He's not really a hero or a villain, but I'm going to go more of his villainous side. I'm going with Yandu, Yandu. from Guardians of the Galaxy. Sweet. Michael yeah. Rooker. <clears throat> Michael Rooker. A lot of people are going to say, oh, he just played he just played who he is in The Walking Dead. It was Merle in space. And it's like... <laughs> Well, you know what? If you do one thing good and you do it really good, just do it. Right, that fucking works. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Uh, that's I think a lot of actors get themselves into a position where they don't do everything good. Jim Carrey does one thing good. He does comedy good. Right. Yeah. And when he kind of veers away from that, it it's not it's not the best stuff. I mean, you can say, "Oh, I love the majestic and this and that." <laughs> There's, there's, you know, and, and, and he, there's more misses than hits when it comes to an actor like that trying to do something out of their, you know, comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, not everybody's going to be a Tom Hanks and be able to do anything and everything under the sun. He got lucky <clears> once <throat> with the drama because I think Truman Show is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think after that, it's all crap. And then, uh, so, I mean, yeah. Um, James Gunn saw that he could be this type of Merle character in space. And it, I think it worked. Yeah, it was great. It, uh, brilliant. Yeah. You know? I mean, if that's what's going to, you know what I mean? Merle, hey, you know, Michael Rooker's got to work. And if that one character that he does very well <laughs> is going to put, you know, food on his plate at the end of the day, fucking milk it, man. Hell yeah. Milk that shit right. all motherfucking day, dude. Because when it comes down to it, I don't want to see him go in there and try to play something that, he, that, that that's out of his comfort zone that's that people aren't going to relate to. Right. Yandu was fantastic. A total stray from the comic book. You'd agree? Oh yeah, total stray. Brilliant though. Brilliant. Yeah, loved it. You loved know what? It. I'm um I follow Michael Rooker on Facebook, uh -huh. and this totally blew my mind. I had not comprehended that Michael Rooker was the character in Mallrats. Oh, you didn't? Oh, oh, no. didn't know the, the, that. Like, I've the, seen that movie like a hundred times. The ass yeah. pretzel? Yeah. Yeah. The, the stinker the, the or whatever. Stink the hand or stink the hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, blew my fucking mind. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. laughing so hard in my car yeah. on break oh, yeah. looking at those pictures. That's fucking great. He was also uh, in uh, Cliffhanger, Stallone. Yeah. 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 One, oh, best. One of the best ever intros in a movie, ever. I fucking love that whole 
beginning scene. Oh yeah, when they're climbing, super famous. Oh my god, yeah, and they even spoofed it in uh, Ace Ventura (laughs) Two: Pet Detective when he dropped the raccoon. Uh Yeah, yeah, we're talking about another character from the Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Raccoon, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but you know, uh, yeah, he was in that movie, which I I loved that way more than I love the Chris O'Donnell vertical limit piece of shit that came <laughs> out. But anyway, why are we talking? We're still off the rails. Best ice climbing movie. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> we are on best villain. Oh, and, wow, man. We started back Brian the- picked Yandu. Yeah. That was his runner-up. Okay, that was his runner-up. Because he right. echoed your sentiment and picked the right. penguin. I was trying to keep up, man. Frank just gave, like, the ultimate, like... Uh, Panic mode. Well, Frank was like, you ask any stoner that question. You know, that's like every stoner asks that question. What were we just talking about, What were we just talking about? about? What were we talking about, man? Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> Did you, I think Saturday Night Live actually did a sketch, or somebody did a sketch about that, and it was a game show for stoners, and it was called, What Were We Just Talking About? What Were We Just Talking About? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. I got some villains. You want to hear some more villains? <laughs> Let's hear Jake Elliott's Villains yeah. of the Year. Kevin Smith. And <laughs> Terry Crews. <laughs> no, Zack Snyder. Game over. <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> game over. All right. My, my runner-up is... Uh, Ramsey Snow from Game of Thrones, um, played by Ewan. Yeah, it's so hard to pronounce. Ewan Rion. I've never heard his name said. Do you want to see what, a picture of it right there? Yeah, let me see here. Uh, Ewan Rion. Ewan Rion. Um, I can talk about this with no spoilers, but um, this <coughs> this guy belongs in a house where the uh, sigil is a flayed man. And um, that's what these guys like to do. They like to take their prisoners and they like to uh, cut parts of their body off and, and yep. toy with their victims and um, take pleasure in doing it. And that's a lot of what we see this character doing. Uh, one of our main characters, unfortunately, gets caught by this character. I'm going back to the Frank thing. That's your fucking runner-up? This is my runner-up. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's somebody worse than somebody that rips body parts off of people? I know. Yeah. And, then, and then every now and again, he sends said body parts by courier pigeon to uh, friends and family of the victim. Yeah. So, <laughs> good, yep. good stuff. You know, one of the most, <laughs> a lot of people say, you know, it's you can't really pick a best hero in Game of Thrones because there arguably isn't one. Hmm. But it's pretty easy. There's a there's a big long list of villains to choose from, and in my opinion, this is one of the scariest villains. And I'm really excited to see what more is up with this character in the next season because that's crazy. So he like he sends people like couriers to send body parts out to yeah, sends send, sends body parts by like messenger pigeon and okay. by by mail. By Since, Westeros mail. Yeah. You know, like, it's fucked up. Because, like, in today's day and age, we got, like, the FTD florist that will fucking, <laughs> yeah. like, mail you flowers. Yeah. This motherfucker's sending over, like, you know, oh, here's somebody's fucking uh, arm and leg. Yeah. It's crazy. Or maybe penis. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> special delivery, Mrs. Johnson. And I, you know, based on that, real quick, I am going to say, though, that her last absolute- name's Johnson. <laughs> she Johnson. had a penis. <laughs> oh, isn't it ironic? It was absolutely <laughs> fabulous the episode after where he's kind of shaking the cooked sausage. He's like, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this guy is, is so mean. Yeah. So, wow. so, so mean. Yeah, I can't say who it's to, but. 
Yeah. yeah I, just the, and he comes up with all kinds of torture that you're like, oh, my gosh. And what's really cool is, is that from somewhere that kind of you're just thinking, okay, he's just the torturer, here comes another person who has, you know, designs on being able to gain power in the world. Yep. And for my for my best villain of the year, I wanted to give uh, Once Upon a Time some love in my tuppies. And I'm giving the tuppy to uh, Rumpelstiltskin from Once Upon a Time, played by Robert Carlyle. Um, he's always been a great character, almost almost since episode one. And even though this last first arc of the fourth season has probably been my least favorite Once Upon a Time I've seen with all the Frozen stuff mm-hmm. in it, the best thing to come out of it is Rumpelstiltskin, spoiler, seemingly has gone full-on evil by the end of this storyline. With the events that happen, he is just – he has no choice but to go full-on evil. You just I, pissed off Jared Gafford, who's been watching it now. Yeah, I gave, I gave him a spoiler. He had one second. He had one second to fucking fast forward. <laughs> but yeah, he just posts something after when Jake starts talking about X. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I got to give it to him. Oh, I love it. I'm so excited for the second half now. I was so half asleep this entire first half, and now I'm like a cat that got scared. I'm just like, whoa, what's going on? You know. <laughs> Back to best manga yeah, cat. Best manga cat. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all best manga cat Hell about yeah. the direction Rumpelstiltskin's going in. So oh, I just can't wait. Super excited uh, for the second half of Once Upon a Time now. When you said Rumpelstiltskin, I was still thinking about that guy who's taking body parts, yeah. and I was thinking Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin, not male-in penises. Yeah. Maybe I did flip-flop my order yeah. by accident. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Maybe I made a mistake there. <laughs> I'll, stick, I'll stick by what I have, but yeah. All right. No, you're trying to give uh, Once Upon a Time some love there, Chief. And season five, maybe God knows what right. what this guy will do. So he might make top villain by next season. Maybe if Kim Jong-un was cutting off dicks, oh, then shit. Frank, maybe he would have been your worst villain. Fuck. Don't give him any ideas. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to be reading about that next week. All Fuck. TV love for my give villain, a new so. meaning to the Sony hack. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody with the last name starting with S, you lose your dick on national television. Yeah, I just noticed double TV love, though, for my best villains. Awesome. So, yeah. That was cool. All right. Uh, I do want to go over my worst villain of the year. Oh, let's hear it. Um, Rhino from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Agree. That was bullshit. Oh my god! I want to go. I, I want to give my award for worst villain theme music for the electro, electro. theme music. The whole, all the music was like, "I am evil. I am describing things that are happening right now in the movie in a Skrillex electronic dubstep way." <laughs> and the drop. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Horrible. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. You guys, let's move on to our director of the year. Let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> Not you. I think Jake just said he wants to handle You want to handle everything next week, right? I got you. I got you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker. (laughs) You motherfucker. (laughs) Director of the year. The best director of the year. So when I'm on stage, I want quiet on the set. 
NWA take. All right, director of the year. Uh, Frank, if you got like runner ups, uh, go for it, man. All right. Uh, My runner up of director of the year is Matt Reeves from the Planet of the Apes movie. (laughs) Nice choice, man. He did a fantastic job. I just love it because Caesar, you know, won runner up for the hero and. well, I mean, it's kind Matt of one and the same, man. Yeah. It's, uh, he did a great job on short notice, mm-hmm. uh, and it was an extremely well-fleshed-out story. They did, he did such a good job of managing everything with you know all the CG. There was yeah. just enough. It was perfect. I thought it was great. He did a wonderful job. Yeah. So he's my runner-up. Great pacing, too, and a great way to tie in the original film that he didn't even direct. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was great. Uh, I never watched uh, the first one. It's it felt seamless from the first one, right? Yeah, yeah I yeah. I picked it up and watched it like two weeks before this one came out. Yeah, and so I got you know the double dose one after the other. Maybe this would have been a good guy to go to for Star Trek three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, with his schedule, with uh, yeah. you know, doing uh, another Planet of the Apes mm. movie, probably wouldn't have worked out. Probably might be uh, filming at the same time. Uh, good point. Right? But no, but that's a great choice. And then, uh, so... Anybody but that Justin Lin motherfucker, Anybody right? but that dude. God. <laughs> Incompetent son of the a bitch. The fashion, the who cares. Uh, uh, yeah, no yeah. shit, Well, man. oh, come on, you guys. It's like, you guys act like uh, fucking like a, a director that does a car movie can't do a space movie when you're looking at directors all the time that do fucking different movies all the time. It's yeah, true. Yeah, Colin Trevorrow but... did a fucking independent film about uh, space and time travel and shit, and, and then he fucking, he's doing Jurassic World, and it's like nobody's pissing and moaning about that. It, it, there's tons of directors that, you know... Uh, that do different movies all the time. I'll so. totally admit, like, the whole reason why I'm poo-pooing it is because of the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, it's exactly what it's meant to be. It's a popcorn movie. You don't go to it, like, looking for, like, serious shit to happen. Well, the guy comes in midstream, and he can't really put his stamp on it, but he he was the one that elevated the franchise, to be fair. Yeah. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? It's not like he can come in there and be like, all right, guys, we're going to be doing Fast and Furious 4, <laughs> but we're going to totally change it. This one, we're not going to have any cars. No cars. <laughs> we're totally changing it. <laughs> and, you know, he had to come in there and do a car movie. Right. No, I know. So it's cool that he got his feet wet doing that. Let's see what he can do in space, man. Come on. It just kind of I'll give him me. a chance. I know. You're still tossing it, though, you son of a bitch. I know you're still tossing it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I a, am. It's not even a freezer. It's a wait and see. Yeah. I tossed into darkness, I believe. Uh no you didn't did I taste it I know I didn't we we uh, we all tasted it I think but um upon uh retro toss retro toss it's one of those that yeah we retro tossed it in in the in the overall thing right yeah we were nice we were nice the first (laughs) great choice though Matt Reeves good job dude I like that and then uh, so. For my director of the year, it's James Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. Yep, yep, yep. And the uh, the reasoning behind that is uh, we've got Star-Lord, who's my hero of the year. Uh, not only did he manage him, but each of the Guardians of the Galaxy have their own fleshed-out personality that after the movie you could tell them how someone is. Uh, just based on a uh, two-hour film. Mm-hmm. And I thought he did a great job of balancing as far as like presenting who these guys are. Uh, along with a story that had enough action in it to kind of keep you t- glued to your seat, and and being a great guy that just wants to work with Marvel and is happy for the you know that movie. 
Right. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Not uh, trying to rage against the machine and do shit his own way. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> right? Yeah. <laughs> James Gunn is actually my runner-up choice, so I, I echo these sentiments. Um, uh, I've got a tie for runner-up, and James Gunn is one of the people in my tie. So there we go. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, he got to do what Edgar Wright acted like you couldn't. Yeah. He got to go in there and put his own personal stamp on some Marvel characters yeah. and have his own little brand of wackiness and have it succeed. And now the sky's the limit for this guy. I can't wait to see what he does for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Me either. Um, his direction was brilliant. Um, the way he handpicked all these songs and dropped them into this movie seamlessly. And just the, the element of the music in the movie is pure James Gunn. And it's, you know... Unlike anything we've seen since Tarantino at his best in like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Oh, another of, director that great use of soundtrack. Yeah, of yeah. taking classic songs. You, yeah. And you know what? Normally I fucking hate that. I, I look at that as a big cop out. Like, um, the, oh, the Spider Man movie gets Avenged Sevenfold to do a song or the Avengers movie gets Soundgarden and that's part of the soundtrack. That shit pisses me off normally. Yeah. But these guys have the ability to take these popular songs and just perfectly place them in these movies and both things are elevated the song and the movie by the way they they make their choices it blows my mind tarantino does it perfectly too yeah one of the things i liked is that in a lot of our marvel films that we've got up to date you have someone special in an ordinary world that we're accustomed to and with this uh they use the throwbacks to the 80s and also the soundtrack to kind of help you feel like that was where you belonged in this environment that you knew nothing about you're just kind of thrown in and you're expected to kind of just roll with it yeah so i thought that was really cool too one of the reasons that he's a uh he's tied for my runner up uh is the fact that he was the underdog uh, a movie that everybody thought was destined to fail it's going to be marvel's first failure yeah and uh, nobody had faith in this guy. I know we did. I know that there were some other people out there that did. But there was a lot of people that weren't familiar with the director that didn't have faith in him uh, to construct a good movie. And even though we had faith in him and we thought it might be a good movie, on the flip side, we didn't know how it was going to perform financially. No, not at all. So, you know, just the fact that this guy comes in here and works with basically unknown characters to the masses and turns this movie into what it is, whew, it's Amazing. a thing of beauty. It is. It, it really is. is. This is, uh, uh, I mean, uh, this is the closest thing that we, I, I think this is the closest thing I've seen. This is what James Cameron wanted to do with Avatar and, and failed. Uh, it's the closest thing that we've seen to a George Lucas Star Wars thing. It didn't oh, have people. I totally agree. It didn't yeah. have people lined up out the doors and shit. No. But, I mean, it did have people going in there repeat viewings right and holy shit you know rocket raccoon and groot are household names now yeah they are right so yeah, yeah go james gunn yep um so yeah he's my runner-up too um you want me to go ahead and give my winner for best director yeah go ahead uh my winner for best director is david fincher for uh gone girl for this year um fincher blew me away um just the movie is just stunning the direction is amazing like and the the disturbing stuff that they had to film and how awkward that must have been to do some of that stuff. And, you know, I don't want to go into insane spoilers, but right. wow, some of the, you know, one of the killing sequences in particular is pretty like, wow, yeah, you know, just to even film that. And, it, oh, yeah, it's just a great, great thriller. It, it was a good movie. Very good movie. 
So yeah, David Fincher. Love the you know, he kills it. The lighting in Fincher movies always mm-hmm. blows my mind. I think he works with like the same group of like people at movie to movie because mm-hmm. they're stylistically just so good. Yeah. And the fact that uh I mean, in my opinion, he uh gave great direction to a guy I didn't think would be doing this type of film, Tyler Perry. Yeah, yeah, Tyler Perry knocked it out. Unsung hero in that movie, in my opinion. Yeah, if we'd have had a we we don't best we're, not, we're not the fucking Oscars, but if yeah. we'd have had a best supporting actor, Tyler Perry probably would have been my winner. Yeah, absolutely. If not my runner up, he would have been the winner too. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree with that. Uh, yeah. Fincher's great at picking the right people for these roles. Yeah. And can't wait for the next Fincher movie. Yeah, agreed. Now, several months after this movie's come out, I'm not really hearing that it's changing people's opinion of Ben Affleck. I mean, they liked him in the movie, but like whenever anything comes up as far as like Batman v Superman, and he's still being eh. for the people that are supporting Ben Affleck as Batman, they are still sticking with it. They are going to look at this performance and they're going to look at Argo all mm-hmm. day long. Yeah. Okay, for the people that don't support it one hundred percent, they are saying that his performance was outshined by Tyler Perry. His performance was outshined by the the female actress in that movie. Yes. And and I agree with them. And I think the best part of Argo was the direction. I don't think it was the acting of Ben Affleck. Uh, he's done nothing in either movie to prove to me that he can be Bruce uh, – that he can be Batman. I think he can be a fantastic Bruce Wayne on the flip side. Mm-hmm. Right. But he hasn't proven anything to me yet in any of these movies that he is the choice for Batman. Yeah, good actor. Good actor. But he's not escalated himself to like – Christian Bale or um, Matthew McConaughey as being a great actor. And, I, and I'm not even just talking about their uh, uh, Christian Bale and Batman. I'm talking about Matthew McConaughey in movies like Dallas Buyers Club and Wolf of Wall Street right. and uh, even in Interstellar. I mean, he's on another fucking level. Right. Agreed. And, and Ben Affleck has never achieved that as an actor, in my opinion. Exactly. He's won, gold, won Golden Globe for uh, Best Supporting Actor in, uh, I believe it was L.A. Confidential. Mm-hmm. But he's never escalated himself past anything like that. He's kind of peaked, in my opinion, as an actor. Uh, when you got these other guys that are just like knocking it out of the ballpark, he's a good actor. But is he a great actor? No, not in my opinion. He's a better director. Right. Better writer, too. It's better exactly writer. like what you were saying when you were talking about Michael Rooker. If you do the one thing good, just do that good. Yeah. I'm not saying I want Ben Affleck to walk away from acting. I think there's still an audience no. out there for him. He was good in Gone Girl. Yeah. I agree that I didn't go, oh, this guy's perfect for Batman, but, yeah. but he was he was serviceable. He was good. Right. He was good. I, I'm not taking anything yeah. away from that performance. Yeah, I'm the not question tossing I was, it at the all. The question I was asking was if his performance it would do anything to change somebody's mind. No, I think no. everybody – I think everybody that was – I don't think – I think – I don't know if anybody's on the fence about him, but I think the people that – we're uh, totally uh, totally for it, are still for it, and this is a movie that they're looking at saying, oh, yeah, this is a great representation of why he should be Batman. I didn't see any Batman in that or anything to show me that he could be Batman. Okay. But um, And I think the people that are against it are still against it. Copy. I okay. agree. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got, I got to give mine. My runner-up, of course, I said James Gunn, but it was tied. Uh, my other runner-up is David Ayer for Fury. Mm. Uh, the guy worked with an ensemble cast – they all worked great. Uh, he made people that I really – like Shia LaBeouf, not a huge fan, but even Shia LaBeouf's character in this movie was really, really good. Uh, Logan Lerman was great under David Ayer. Uh, Brad Pitt, phenomenal. And then uh, even um, John Bernthal. 
holy shit, the character that he played in this movie, absolutely phenomenal. I don't know. He probably would have been my runner-up for best supporting. Great to see him get a good role. It was a really good role for him. He was also in Wolf of Wall Street. And he was great in that. Yeah, that was good, too. I don't know if John Bernthal should ever be a leading man, but he is like, I think... I think, like, when it comes to, like, these uh, supporting actors, like, yeah. you know, Frank Grillo's a good supporting actor. Mm-hmm. John Bernthal just outshines him. Yeah. He's Man, really he's good. good. But, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to watch something. The closest thing I saw to him being a lead-in was him and The Rock did that movie. I think mm-hmm. it was Snitch. Yeah. And it was okay, but he was still playing that character that he's played before, which really only works well in a supporting way. So I mean, yeah, that was they, that kind of showcased him a little too much. You know, we've seen some of these characters, like these actors, leave The Walking Dead, and we've seen like what they've done with their career after mm-hmm. they've left. I mean, the iron's hot. The iron's hot after you leave Walking Dead. Now you got to get another gig, right? And you got to elevate yourself. And you know, we've seen like you know John Bernthal really take it to that next level. And in my opinion, I think Michael Rooker's done a good job of that too right. with the mm-hmm, Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy stuff. Emily Kinney's tried to release an album. I don't know if it's doing well or not. Right. Now, on the flip side, you've got other actresses like Sarah Wayne Callies who did Into the Storm, <sighs> yeah. which I did see, and I'm going to review it next week in a good pop, bad pop. But um, I'll just let you know right now, it, she wasn't an amazing performance in that by any mm-hmm. means. And then we saw... La, what's her name? Lori Holden. Yeah, uh, she was in Dumb and Dumber too, and uh, horrible. She was absolutely horrible in that movie. So I mean, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot when you leave that show. But sometimes, uh, wow, your your stock cools off really fucking quick. And yeah. where John Bernthal and Michael Rooker have capitalized on it, these other two have kind of fallen by the wayside, in my opinion. Right? Yeah, you're seeing that same kind of action going on with Game of Thrones. Like sometimes you leave and you're Aquaman, and sometimes you're fucking <laughs> you're nobody. You know? Right. So right, right, and you're the opposite. You drown. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, so, uh, and then my, uh, David Ayer, yeah, what he did, like, with those characters, just making them work all together, you know, the, the conflict at the beginning and then the way they were a team by the end has me really excited for Suicide Squad. Uh, definitely, definitely. My winner for Director of the Year, hands down, hands down, is, uh, Richard Linklater for nice. Boyhood. Nice. Um, you know, what he did with this movie, it was the slow burn. And I'm not talking about the movie itself. I'm talking right. about the way he did this movie. Uh, it shows the story of a boy, uh, growing up over 13 years of his life. They don't switch actors. They use the exact same actor. Every year they film different scenes. Yeah. I mean, they re- he really put it, this is, man, what a project. What a fucking project. And it paid off. And I think it rejuvenated the careers of Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette, who I think Ethan Hawke was kind of falling off the radar, did that fucking movie with uh, Selena Gomez that yeah. I didn't give a fuck about. He's driving a car around and shit. I don't oh. care to see a movie with Selena Gomez. Right. No. Fuck that shit. Your, your career's on the down. You're heading, you're heading into Nicolas Cage territory. <laughs> Johnny Depp territory for a guy that used to be very selective when it comes to the types of movies that he's going to do. Totally. Now he's doing a fucking movie with Selena Gomez. <laughs> Thank God he got in on this fucking project 13 years ago and started working with Richard Linklater in this because it is an amazing movie. You guys need to put this on your priority to watch. It's coming out yeah. very soon to Redbox so you guys can watch this. I'm going to love this movie. You're going to love this movie. It is absolutely phenomenal. tells the story of both single parents, uh, but you've got the kids that are like the central focus. Uh, the girl, the young girl that plays uh, the daughter, his uh, his sister, 
Um, she's so good. I mean, she reminds me of that annoying sister that I had growing up. My sister drove me crazy. And there's scenes in that movie where you feel like you can relate to that and you can relate to this. Um, I'm buying this movie right now. You need to. It, it is, and I'll, I'll throw out another thing. It was President Obama's number one movie of the year. Really? And I'm not just saying like, oh, I, it's his movie of the year. That's my movie of the year. No, <laughs> I, I saw this movie in theaters. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I saw it in the summer, and it stood the course of time. And I've seen some great movies this year, guys. And this stood above the pack. Richard Linklater is. Uh, he put together a masterpiece. This is something I think people are going to be, after it's released widely, I think this is going to be a movie people are going to be talking about for years and years to come. I can't wait to see this. You, you really need to watch it. It's really, really good. So, yeah, uh, Richard Linklater. I also have a worst director of the year. Let's hear it. Do you guys have a worst director of the year? No, I no, don't. not off the top of my head, no. Mine is Gareth Edwards for Godzilla. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our future Star Wars movie director. Oh. I know Ryan Drost from Star Joes loved this movie, and I know there's people that did like it. <laughs> Um, but me on the flip side, uh, and I know a lot of people think that, you know, oh yeah, he, he paid homage to the original Toho stuff and, and come on, man, I'm in America when I want to see more, bigger, better, better, you know, I wanted to see more Godzilla and I think we got like 12, 13 minutes of this dude. Yeah. So I, and I, I wasn't a big fan of the whole, like, uh, let's kill Brian Cranston off early. And then like, he's our main guy. He's our main guy that we're watching. Next thing you know, we were thrust into Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I didn't connect to the whole movie. Right. Very boring, very vanilla character. Uh, so, Gareth Edwards, I'm sorry, dude. I hope you can turn it around on fucking uh, the Boba Fett movie or the Han Solo movie that you're going to do, Chief. But yeah, no kidding. Godzilla, for me, was a fucking toss-it. So. Fuck, what would a Boba Fett movie with him at the helm be like? It, 12 minutes of Boba Fett. All of a sudden, you start seeing fucking shit flying. You never see Boba Fett, though. He's always yeah. flying away. No, the <laughs> thing is, I think with that, it's like, you know, his main... Uh, I think he's. Uh, I think he can only work with one character at a time. I mean, like, he worked with Brian Can- Cranston, did a pretty good job with that character, and then he worked with De- Aaron Taylor Johnson, and he, t- he took main stage. But, like... Uh, uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Olsen. You barely saw her. Yeah. You yeah. barely saw her. So he he can only like work with one character. So I guess if we get a you know Boba Fett Gareth Edwards movie, it's going to be really rich with Boba Fett stuff. But all the side characters in that movie, nothing, man, mm. nothing. I don't think he's going to be able to flesh them out. I think I, he's got like a one fucking track mind when it comes to things. He can't. He can't. He doesn't work like David Ayer. I said he works with an ensemble cast. This guy can only he can he he could just zooms in on one fucking character and that's it that's all you get and if if that character if a character dies then oh my god yeah. let's move on to the next one and nobody else is going to be fleshed out it's this movie that kind of gives me my only doubt about Age of Ultron with her and also uh, Johnson but you got Whedon directing that and, I know and, 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 and if anybody can work with an ensemble cast it's Mr. Firefly himself right agreed yeah. but the performance they t- they gave in this film like it was very yeah, I'm not saying cutter, yeah I'm not saying that cardboard. We, yeah I'm not saying that Whedon's got a magic wand and he can turn Aaron Taylor Johnson into a good actor yeah <laughs> that's not what I'm saying do it kick ass right <laughs> so alright <laughs> It's my worst. Good pick for worst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We've been going an hour. We're going to take another break. We've been breaking it up, but we'll be back and we're going to talk about our actors of the year. Do it. All right.
hey, we're back. We're going to be uh, going over our actress of the year. So uh, out of any movie, who we thought was the best actress of the year. I'm giving you the crazy eyes. I thought it was it's TV shows too, right? What? I'm sorry? Best, I best just... actress can be movie or TV, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. okay. yeah. Did I say movies? You said out of any movie. Oh, my oh. bad. No. Best actress uh, of the year can be a TV show as well. I'm sorry. Yeah. Clarifying. I was like, fuck. <laughs> no, no, no. Dude, you got the memo. You got the memo. I, yeah. I just fucked it up, man. Yeah. Uh, shit. I'm all, you know what? I don't even get my TPS reports in half the time. <laughs> That's so, okay. That's okay. Don't listen to me, man. Yeah, but we're going to go over our best actress <laughs> of the year. Female actor of the year. All right. Female Actor, actress of the year. Uh, Frank, you got a runner-up and a winner? I don't have a runner-up, but I do have a winner. Uh, it is going to be Mackenzie Foy from Interstellar. She played young Murph. Oh, okay. I thought that she did a good job for the portions that she was in the film of portraying the heartache of a girl who was possibly going to lose her dad. The youngest girl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a shocking pick to me. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, th- I thought she was terrible. Oh wow! <laughs> I thought when you I got, thought- I thought older Murph, I could, I could subscribe to older Murph winning. Yeah, uh, Jessica thought- Chastain. Yes, Chastain. Oh, I subscribe wow. to her winning, but I do not, yeah. I do not subscribe to young. Out Murph. of those two, I would go with Jessica Chastain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but th- you know, this is your pick, Frank. Sure. I'll, yeah, fuck us. I'll be, yeah. I'll be at a shitty pick. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, no, you were, you, dude, you were killing it up until this point. <laughs> Caesar, Matt Reed. So now, like, and then now here's Frank. I don't even up. know this shit, this chick's name. <laughs> Young Murph. It is Mackenzie Foy. I, you know, I'd give this pick to Murphy Brown <laughs> before I'd fucking give it to Young Murph. No. Oh, yeah. Wait till you hear who my runner-up is. <laughs> okay. No, that's, that's, I, not even that's, my, that's what's sad. That's not even my runner-up. That's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like shit now. <laughs> oh, that's your number one, yeah. Yeah, I had no runner-up. That was wow. Sorry. Well, a lot of the movies I saw this year, unfortunately, didn't have a lot of strong female leads. I mean, unfortunately, even Guardians of the Galaxy, Gamora was kind of like the least interesting of the Guardians, in my yeah. opinion. And I'm, not, I'm certainly not sexist by any stretch of the imagination, but unfortunately, I did miss a lot of the more serious films of the year. Yeah. So that's not to say that there were, you know, not stronger performances. I'm just glad you didn't name off like a porn star. <laughs> Holy fuck, yeah. no. Yeah. Jenna Jameson was amazing in this movie. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that DVDA shot was just <laughs> phenomenal. Whoa. <laughs> a whole new term to the word money shot. Yeah. <laughs> the Houston 500. <laughs> right. So, Young Murph. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I thought she did a good job. A you know, good play, job? I mean, this is the Tupperware. She should have done playing, a great job, Playing Frank. off of Matthew McConaughey, yeah. I thought it was just fine. It was one of the finer female performances. Just of Just fine. <laughs> you're using these words. Again, I did No, you're using these words for your actress of the year. And right. you're saying, I think she did a good job. And on the and she did just fine. And again, I, you should be saying she was amazing. Yeah, my oh right. my god, she was just awesome. 
But my, you, my runner-up did better than just fine, and Frank's going to agree. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah, my runner-up is Maisie Williams. Really? From Game of Thrones. Wow, okay. This was her breakout season. I don't think she could justly be nominated until season four. Um, she really stepped out of her shell. Um, great chemistry with the um, actor that played the Hound. And just a showcase season for Maisie Williams. Mm-hmm. Her real first showcase season in the show, I would right. say. Yeah. So out of all the characters, I'm most excited to what happens to her next. And I think a lot of that is due to the actress. I don't think this character is my favorite character without Maisie Williams. And she, she just knocked it out of the park in this one. The the best young actress working today, in my opinion. Sure, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I really feel shitty now, but yeah. <laughs> Young yeah, that's Murph. that's that's fantastic. Yeah, she's been rumored to be in talks to play uh, Ellie for that video game uh, movie adaptation of The Last of Us. Oh yeah, that's right. And that would that would be like right up her alley. I mean, it's I think it's a way better young adult tale that she would fit into than any like the divergent shit that's out right now. What's yeah. Young Murph up to these days? <laughs> what's, what's next? Fuck. What's next up uh, in, uh, in her movie career? What's she doing next? Huh? <laughs> Spy Kids. Five. This, this was certainly my weakest category. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler Frank, alert. Frank just threw a bunch of names on a wall and he had a dart. And just, boom. All right, Young know. Earth wins. Well, earlier during the, the Walking Dead stuff, um, when you were telling Frank you didn't have to fin- defend his stuff, I, I made a mental note. I'm like, I'm not going to shit on people's stuff. This is their awards. Right, right. And then he said his answer for this. <laughs> I, I instantly broke my jaw. I was like, what? Young Murph was terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, I, feel, I feel bad. I apologize. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I'm all for celebrating things, but no. Yeah. <laughs> the party's over. Get the fuck out. I'm glad you backed me up on this one. I, I agree. I agree. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. That was the laziest fucking answer I've ever heard in my life. Right? Right. My, <laughs> I'm sorry. My, my actress of the year, um, Maisie Williams, my runner-up, my actress of the my, year. My actor of the year is Frank for that fucking answer you gave me with a straight face. Jeez Louise. You pulled that off. Fuck Matthew McConaughey. Hey, Fra- Holy shit. Oh my god. In order to say young Murph? Hey, leave Frank alone. He was just fine. <laughs> he was good. Yeah. <laughs> the actor portion is nowhere near like this. So. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, no kidding. My, my actress of the Sorry. year. Sexist piece of shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You've typecast Frank. Oh. Uh, I mean, I didn't do that with myself already. Oh. Good point. Uh. Right. How can they tweet you, Frank? <laughs> at hate mail at, quag- at Quagmire. Oh, All right. No, okay. Jake, I'm gonna let you speak now. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm laughing too. My actress of the year, though, I'm gonna give it to uh, Rosamund Pike. Um, she played Amazing Amy in Gone Girl. Um, oh, very good she, choice. She's not really Amazing Amy, but that was the character yeah. her parents developed for her, her real name being Amy. Yeah. And, um, oh, she this character was almost my villain of the year. She was one of those closer run. Her and Penguin were both right there. I mean, just so duplicitous and evil and scheming yeah. and conniving. Mm-hmm. And um, she really kills it with this performance. She almost had to play two characters in that movie. Exactly. And you as an audience don't even realize what, you know, who she really is yeah. until half the movie's over. Yeah. So, yeah, this was 
This was a no-brainer for me for Actress of the Year. Yeah. No, that's a great choice. Yeah. Uh, mine's going to be a little bit controversial for my runner-up uh, because a lot of people know that I watch a lot of these like acclaimed movies. Um, you know what I mean? All these movies that are racking up accolades and you know Oscar nominations. And- <laughs> Is it going to be Young Merv? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not an imbecile. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, where was your disclaimer, Frank? Oh fuck! <laughs> I think that just goes without saying. Uh- Oh, yeah. Permanent disclaimer. <laughs> right. uh, my runner-up is uh, Adrian Palicki. Wow. Uh, uh, for her performances in uh, both John Wick, the movie with uh, Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best parts of that movie, and also um, she's the only reason I am watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that says <laughs> a lot. Um, I mean, she is what's keeping me hanging on to that show. I love her as Mockingbird. I think she's absolutely phenomenal. She's a strong female in both movies, and she kicks ass. And I was a huge fan of her on Friday Night Lights, but, I mean, I think she really made 2014 a year to kind of prove to the naysayers that said, oh, yeah, you did Red Dawn, and it's a piece of shit. Hmm. You did you did uh, fucking uh, the G.I. Joe movie, and it's crap. She really turned it around this year uh, with John Wick and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I know these aren't movies that are being nominated for anything. But for me, man, I, I think uh, hands down, she, she, she's my runner-up just for the impact that she's had on me this year. Yeah, great pick. I love how a big movie and a TV role. Yeah. Um, the winner is going to be uh, Amy Adams for Big Eyes. Oh, nice. She's so good. She's so good. This is such a great movie. It's a timepiece. You know, it starts off in the 1950s and, the, you know, it goes, I, I believe, up until like the 70s. And, and uh, you know, watching a woman that uh, goes through uh, a divorce and, uh, you know, it's kind of frowned upon back then and, and her struggle and then, you know, always taking a second seat to uh, Christoph Waltz's character in this movie and like, you know, the way that, um, you know, she kind of uh, brings everything together. Um, just watching her evolve as that character, uh, like I said, you know, when I reviewed it last week, um, there's not one scene in that movie that I can sit here and nitpick right now after the first viewing and say, ah, that scene didn't work for me. That was bullshit. I, I, I oh man, I gotta deconstruct that fucking thing because that was horrible. Why, you know, it, it, the, the, she, her performance though, not just not just the movie itself, but her performance was so so good. I think last year um, my winner was um, Jennifer Lawrence, and, and not for her performance as Katniss. It was for her performance in American Hustle. Oh, definitely, totally. The thing is, in this movie, and I, I mentioned this last year in my Tupperware review, that uh, Amy Adams got outshined by Jennifer Lawrence, who had a smaller part in that movie. In I, that I agree, I agree. And uh, But Amy Adams in this... The I, magic oven cracks me up still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the the toenail the was it the fingernail polish yeah. in that movie the the American Hustle I love that scene you're the one who bought this devil oven in the magic <laughs> oven yeah man um, but Amy Adams in Big Eyes she really stepped up this year so Amy Adams who I thought got outshine last year really stepped it up in Big Eyes Tim Burton movie I loved it so. Yeah, Amy Adams is my winner for Actress of the Year. I am so glad that Amy Adams is in a good movie after being in that turd fest Man of Steel. God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Amy Adams also great um, hosting stint on SNL for the uh, Christmas episode. I thought she did a wonderful job. She was really good. Very good. Um, 
you know, I like, that's the funny thing. It's like, uh, some of these actresses that I'm like wishy-washy on and some things, mm-hmm. they really shine on SNL. Like, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow when she did SNL. Oh yeah, years totally, ago. totally. I don't love everything she's in, but my god, she, she was made for that show. I mean, I, I don't understand why they haven't brought her back. She's, yeah. she's so damn good. Big rumor that we're gonna get, this is off topic, but big rumor we're gonna get a Robert Dowdy Jr. SNL before really? season's end. Really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I was always the biggest fan of the Alec Baldwin episodes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's Sweaty like, balls. Sweaty balls. Yeah. Canteen boy. Canteen boy. <laughs> he's made for. Oh yeah, I agree. That's sounds awesome. All right, we're gonna move into actor of the year, male actor of the year, best male actor in a film. All right, best male actor of the year. I'm guessing Frank doesn't have a runner-up. I do. Oh, holy fuck! Yeah, uh, my runner-up is David Mazou from Gotham. Wow, young Bruce Wayne. Yes. Good pick. Yeah, he is an awesome character. I kind of like how he's being portrayed as like a blank slate, and he doesn't understand like the interactions of normal people because it's showing how sheltered he's been. Yeah. So he's you know putting himself out there, getting experience in school, getting the crack beat out of him, and then he comes back and you know knocks the shit out of the kid and he asks Alfred, can you teach me how to fight? And you're already seeing him also try to learn how to be a detective too. Uh, I think this is like the best fleshing out of how Batman is really meant to be I've ever seen. It's awesome. And I, I think he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Totally uh, agree. A lot of people said that he was probably like the best part of that Touch TV series with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, that show um, was a stinker. <clears throat> yeah, but a lot of people say that, that that child actor is really, really good. So they were, uh, you know, before they cast him, uh, Bruce Wayne in the Gotham show uh, was supposed to be very limited. But after they cast David Mizzou, uh, they knew what they had, and right. uh, he's gotten a lot bigger part in, in the Gotham series. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't know that he was going to have a continuing part through it when I first started watching the show. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they've continued to make him a focal point. Yeah. It, it's awesome. I like how sometimes what he's doing is interconnected with what uh, uh, Gordon's doing, yeah. and sometimes it's not. It's, mm-hmm. You're just seeing him try to interact with the world around him, and it's really cool. Yeah, I love the relationship between him and Alfred. It, I know, phenomenal. it's cool. Because, I mean, you get that, yeah, he's still his butler, but mm-hmm. he's a way closer than that. Yeah. And, you know, I remember that when the show came out, uh, we were all, I think, you know, all just maybe a little bit in the fact that he was Australian as opposed to he's British. He's not. He's British. Really? He is British. Oh, uh, I yes. have been told that I, I was wrong. Um, his accent sounds Australian to me, but to the trained ear, uh, he is a British-born actor. Okay. Yep. So All right. we're fucking morons. We well, were corrected. Okay. Well, regardless, I mean, I think he's still a we're very— We're stupid Americans. What do we know? <laughs> I still think he's one of the best iterations of Alfred that we've seen. I like him being able to interact with Bruce— you know, kind of grow up with him in knowing what he's doing and what he's learning and what he knows. Well, I mean, he was trying to fight him for so long, trying to fight Bruce and like Bruce's like uh, dedication to like find out like who murdered his parents. But he figured out that 
as any good parent should, that in order to bond, you need to kind of like um, nurture and uh, help. And so when he started to like look into the case files too and stuff like that, it really – I mean, Bruce really latched onto that, and I love it. I love – even like training him on how to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Great stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. I I really like that uh, that banter back and forth when uh, Cat showed up, Mm -hmm. and he kind of sucker punched him, and then he socked him back in the arm. That was really fun. I like it. I also like the the parts where – you know, Bruce Wayne, as a kid, he's real proper, you know. He's grown up with a silver spoon and shit. But I love the parts where, like, you know, Gordon's trying to say something and Alfred's, like, fighting him. And then Bruce gets to the point where he's like, you know what, Alfred, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and you got Alfred, you know, right. he's got to listen Herumph. to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. So, uh, yeah, good choice. Uh, that was your uh, runner-up? Yeah, that was my runner-up. And even though it's not, like, akin to the runner-up, I do want to give a shout-out to Dave Batista. For his role as Drax in nice. the Guardians. Be a supporter. Uh, Good supporter if we had that again. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, I wouldn't have named him as the, the actor of the year, but big, big, big time surprising role. Great comedic timing. Yeah. I, I thought he was one of the standouts of Guardians of the Galaxy. I was so fucking pissed when they announced Batista was going to be Drax to the show. So was I. I was uh, outraged. I pissed. was uh, one of the people that wanted uh, Momoa. Yeah. I All wanted right. anyone but fucking Batista, who yep. I couldn't stand. Yeah. And I love this guy. Yep. Uh, he goes to all the cons, loves all the fans, loves Drax. Uh, after he got the part, he started to take acting lessons. Uh, he's also going to be a Bond villain. He'll be a Bond villain. And uh, also going to be uh, Tong Po, I think. Is he going to be Tong Po in the Kickboxer movie? I think that's correct. That'd yeah. Be cool. Yeah, so that's just like a shout-out to him. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you're gonna turn on me again, but, uh, my, uh, actor of the year goes to McConaughey in Interstellar. Yeah, actually my, I'll go ahead and say my actor of the year is McConaughey. Um, not just for Interstellar, but I finally, um, sat down and watched the first episode of True Detective. Now, oh, okay. is that 2014? I'm pretty sure it was. It might be 2013. I okay. think it's 2013. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, McConaughey, without McConaughey, Interstellar is not a Tupperware in my opinion. Um, he is truly what made more than 50% of this movie fantastic for me. Um, I thought he just killed it in this movie. Um, he's just, I mean, other than those car commercials, he's on a great career trajectory to do a lot more great Dude, stuff. Dude, I love the Lincoln car commercials. Yeah. <laughs> They're fucking hilarious. Uh, Matthew McConaughey may be our Randall Flagg in the stand adaptation, and I'm just, like, giddy about that. Super excited for that casting. So, yeah, I agree, Frank. Any role he wants, he can get at this point. Yeah, it's about the only reason why if I were to rewatch Interstellar, it would mm-hmm. be because of his performance. Yeah, uh, the movie itself. I mean, now that several months have passed, uh, more or less, just kind of seems like you know, almost like a little paper or a little video based on someone's theory of time displacement. Ah, man, the, the ending is so stupid. The <laughs> the interdimensional thing where he's looking through. I, I, I just I. I I was I, that's not the ending I wanted. I wanted yeah. to blow my mind. I thought it was a cheap and I thought it was a lazy ending. I'm sorry for all you Interstellar fans out there that loved this movie. I just thought it was a lazy ending. Yeah. I I did. I wanted something more mind blowing. In, in Inception was great. I was pretty blown away by it. I, I was a dumb audience member and didn't see it coming that mm-hmm. he he was going to be the the specter. So. Yeah. Blew me away. In retrospect, I mean, if they would have just focused on the one storyline and the one that they had gold in, which was mm-hmm. his connection to Murph, 
just focused on that the whole time and didn't try to get so heady with it, it probably would have been a better story. Yeah. More young Murph is what you're saying. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it, it was, if you remember, one, one of the most touching scenes from the film is when he first gets the video, and mm-hmm. then you see his face. You don't see what's going on on the screen. Just his reaction tells you everything that you need to know. And definitely. He's great at that. Yeah. I, I, I thought that that was just amazing in and of itself, that you, you could see everything you needed to see just from his reaction. Well, yeah, um, like I like I said, my best actor is Matthew McConaughey. I had a runner-up, too, and my runner-up is the Dink, Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones, uh, Tyrion, just like Maisie Williams. It was, I mean, it's almost, it seems like every year is another breakout year for Peter Dinklage, but um, this year especially, um, not to go into spoiler territory, but we get a big courtroom drama involving Peter Dinklage as Tyrion Lannister this season, and he really shines being a, uh, giving testimony and speeches in the courtroom drama setting, as you can imagine. Um, great stuff. And just like Maisie Williams, they really up the ante on what's going to happen next with this character. No Bolivar Trask love. I was, was going to actually that. get the Bolivar oh, right. I'm, I'm the big asshole, aren't I? Yeah. I was, yeah. My point was going to be I'm going to give him some Bolivar Trask love, but I also just recently watched uh, – Knights of Bad Astum. <laughs> oh, God, what it? a piece of shit, right? What a piece of oh, fucking shit. And it was not the director's cut. This was the studio cut. I mean, that amazing trailer that we fucking saw for Comic-Con like three, four years ago, and then it went into post-production hell, and then they gave us this bullshit studio cut. Wow. What a pile of shit that movie was. Well, you know, that post-production hell cost Peter Dinklage his Tupperware for the year mm. because I had decided to give him the Tupperware until seeing Knights of Badass. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I did the old switch. To be or, fair, that's not a movie that he did in 2014. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The post-production oh, okay. is yeah. is costing him the uh, yeah. the uh. Tupperware. I'm sure he's going to lose sleep at night knowing he could have <laughs> had a Tupperware <laughs> right. if that movie would have came out on time <laughs> right. and not right. been a factor here. Yeah. But since it is a factor, yeah. you know, just like you know, a show from 2011 just came out here, you nominated it. Yeah. You know, This movie just came out here this year. Yeah. yeah. So it, it has to count towards him. And it's yeah, going to... That, that makes sense. He had a it's going to count point. against him. He had a pretty big year, too. I mean, he was also uh, one of the leading voices in Destiny. Yeah. And then um, there was quite quite a few more people that are in that that I didn't realize till after. Gina Torres, who was on uh, Firefly. Mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion does a voice in the game. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of... Uh, and kudos for him for getting the role of Trask and for the people for signing him. I mean, absolutely. That, that's not a role anyone, you know, you can anyone can play that role you know that's a good step towards opening up more roles for people you know of his stature yeah i'm glad they just didn't get like anybody in there like you know i don't know i'm not saying that the guy that plays senator kelly was awful but no 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 yeah getting the dink in there man that's awesome the dink (laughs) you gotta love the dink yeah (laughs) so there we go those are my two um actor of the year my runner-up uh is uh you guys might be shocked. My runner-up is Kevin Costner. Wow. For his performance in the movie Draft Day. I really? absolutely loved this movie. Uh, it is so good. Um, I'm not a huge football fan, but I do love sports. I'm a big NBA basketball fan. and One of my favorite days that they, in, in the NBA is the, the draft. And um, uh, Kevin Costner in this movie is absolutely phenomenal. It is so good. You don't what even, does he play? He plays the general manager of the team, uh, the Cleveland Browns. So he's doing the drafting. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the choice falls in his hands. Okay. As the general manager, I mean, you've got the owners above you. You've got the coach and the uh, coaching staff and everybody below you. Uh, but, you know, you're the one that ultimately decides, like, which player is going to join our team for this draft. And, uh, wow, it's a masterful movie. It's, it's one of the best sports movies I've ever seen. I did not see it taking the turns that it did. Uh, you don't even have to be a fan of football. Just because you don't watch football or something like that doesn't mean that you can't sit back and appreciate Rudy. I hate football. Love football movies. Exactly. You know, um, I love a lot of football movies and, and, uh, this, you don't even see one, you don't even see a football game. Good. Um, wow. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, you see a lot of, uh, it, it makes you think, like, is this how it really is? Like in the, in the, uh, drafting war room? Is this how general managers talk to each other when they're on the phone with each other? Is this, is this how it really is? Yeah. And, uh, Kevin Costner is just phenomenal. You know, uh, Jennifer Garner's in this movie. She's good. She's not as good as she was in Dallas Buyers Club, but man, she's good. Uh, great cast in this film. Uh, Chadwick Boseman plays one of the NFL uh, draftees. Wow, when did this movie this. come out? Came out in 2014. Did you talk about this movie on the show? No, I did not. Okay. I, I did not. This was a game time decision. I just watched this movie fucking yesterday. Oh, I was like, shit. was I asleep when Brian <laughs> talked about this movie on nope, the show? No, nope, okay, okay. Nope. I watched it yesterday. I've been paying attention. Good to and, know. And uh, it's a movie from 2014, so. You know, man alive, dude. Kevin Costner is so damn good in this. And the guy doesn't fucking age. He's almost like Richard Gere was for a long time. Oh, yeah, wow. Shit. Uh, Kevin Costner still looks like he's uh, fucking 40. It's amazing he looks so young in this movie. But he he's so good in this movie. Uh, he, he's a guy who he knows his job. He, he's a general manager. He knows football. He knows how to scout these players. He knows what he wants from a football player. But Cleveland Browns are such a shitty team that he feels like his back's against the wall and he has to make desperate moves. He lost his father the week before. He's got that weighing on him. But deep down, he knows he's a damn good general manager. And to watch him work in this movie uh, is just amazing. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Kevin Costner, hands down, runner-up. For my actor of the year. Nice. Surprising for me to pick Costner him. Love. Costner Love. Hell yeah. My winner for best actor of the year. Uh, great actor, man. Jake Gyllenhaal. Nice. Nightcrawler. Wow. Uh, absolutely phenomenal in this movie. Uh, it's not a character that you can really root for, but man, you just root for this movie, this movie overall. Oh my God. And he plays such a different character than he played in the previous year's Prisoners movie where he played Detective Loki. Just totally different. Such a dark side to this character. Uh, and a movie where you can't really root for the guy, I don't know how the director did it, but man alive, it just, you're invested in this. And there's like some white knuckle action in this movie, a car chase scene that just has you on the edge of your fucking seat, dude. Uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal is the whole reason behind that. Powerful, powerful, powerful. His interactions with Rene Russo in this movie are just amazing. He's a, when you watch this movie, you know he's got a dark side. And as he gets more confidence and, and, and as he, as he progresses in this movie, you just see more and more of that come out. Man, it's so damn good. Nightcrawler is such a phenomenal fucking movie. Can't wait to see this movie. Yeah. Sounds really good. Yeah. Um, I do have a worst actor of the year. Yeah. Uh, Seth MacFarlane in uh, one, million, <laughs> 1 Million Ways to Die in the nice. West. I can't blame you there. Yeah. I tried to watch it, man. I couldn't yeah. even get halfway through. Yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, Seth MacFarlane, uh, keep with the animated stuff and keep doing Ted movies. But when it comes to you acting in a film, dude, just walk away, Chief. GTFO. You're no young yeah. Murph, okay? So walk <laughs> the fuck away. Yeah. Yeah, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. GTFO. Yeah. I still like him, but. Yeah, I still like Seth MacFarlane too, yeah, but yeah. Get, don't be in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys ready to move on to the announcement yeah. of yeah. the year? Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to this year's announcement of the year. Now, this is going to be like, uh, you know, like there's a lot of announcement, casting announcement, movie announcements, and things like that. So we're going to pick our favorites. So announcement of the year. The announcement of the year. <laughs> All right, announcement of the year, Frank, Frank Arino, Frank Aramalama. <laughs> I uh, I purposely did not choose a runner up for this because I figured that because you figured you didn't do it for every other category. That no, you that, might as well keep that trend going. No, right, I Chief? assume that uh, I think we're gonna kind of like over like step on each other's toes with this. Okay, so it'll probably come up anyway. That's why I didn't. Fair enough. I'm fucking with you. Gotcha. You should know this by now. I know. Yeah, I'm rolling with you it. You should know. I should know. Um, yeah, okay, so the way I took it was, like, the presentation of these things, uh, whether it was, like, literally announced or, like, a teaser trailer. So what I went with was how the Age of Ultron trailer came out with the leak of the trailer itself and then even Marvel even playing up to it by tweeting out, uh, damn Hydra. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought that the trailer itself was amazing. And I really liked the little touches. Like, Jake, I think you pointed out in an episode that um, the, the Pinocchio reference. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. And then, like, if you go back and listen to the music, it, it, it is the lyrics. It's creepy. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. I just, I really liked how that whole thing came about, whether the leak was intentional or not. Yeah. I, I, I like that it leaked, and I like how they acknowledged it. I thought it was cool. Very good. Very cool. I like that. I, I like. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Uh, hail that. Uh, damn you, Hydra. Yeah, damn you, Hydra. Yeah, damn Hydra. I mean that. That was funny. Yeah, that was really good. I like how Marvel handled it in a situation where they didn't want the leak, which we all thought they did, and they did not. Right. So, yeah, very good choice. All right, I have a tie for runner-up for best announcement. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is the return of pop culture leftovers. Oh wow! Oh, cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, the boys are back in town. Pop culture leftovers. Oh man, I wish you would have told me you were going to say the boys are back. I would have bust out that song. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the boys are back in town. Nice, and I mean, you know, if it wasn't for another thing, this would be the the biggest one, you know. So, but I had to throw it in there. You know, it was great. For a minute there, it looked like we weren't going to be doing it, and yeah. super excited that we're back doing it again. Can't wait for the third annual Tupperwares. You know what? That's the thing. That's what I love about this show is, like, uh, I feel like that we are a community now. You know, I've met so many, and I haven't met them in person, but I've talked to a few people, you know, through Skype or on the phone or even, like, doing episodes, like, yeah. you know, Harmon and Gafford. I've talked to Dana and Kevin Sparenberg, and I've talked to Andrew Peck, and we talked to Dante, and... You know, Ryan, and we're meeting people from other podcasts, and I love that about this. And it feels like a community, and like uh, even members within the Leftover Army are now friends with each other on Facebook. Oh, and I agree. Following yeah. each other on Twitter, and mm -hmm. we're all talking. And I, 
I, I love that, man. We're, it's, like, connected that, like Siamese twins at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and if one of us goes away, the other the other will die. It's like a uh, movie you hate, but uh, Elliot and E.T., man. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. I'm sorry, dude. But um, tied for runner-up, um, in my notes I wrote down all those fucking Marvel movies. And it's the announcement of just all the Marvel movies in one fucking day. Yeah. Just an explosion of goddamn Marvel movies. <laughs> the Marvel events. A literal yeah. fucking announcement yeah. that just knocked our fucking socks off. Basically gave us a whole fucking episode to just yeah. go on and on and on yeah. about. Between Infinity War 1 and 2, between the Civil War announcement, it's like a plethora of announcements all in one. It's the granddaddy of announcements if it wasn't for the number one announcement. Yeah. It so, kind of gives us direction on what to talk about, too, because now we get to throw around theories about shit that we know is going to be coming. Did either of you have a worst announcement? No. Okay, I Ugh, if, No, that's fun. That's fun. The, okay. the worst Gareth Edwards doing a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> Renner coming back as Hawkeye. Yeah. No, I love Renner. Thank you. <laughs> Hawkeye getting more screen time in Avengers 2. <laughs> Bradley Cooper not being cast as everyone. <laughs> so my, my number one announcement of the year, and maybe you don't take this as an announcement, but I, I have to. And it's the release of the Star Wars Episode Seven trailer. Um, it's the only Star Wars mention in my Tupperwares, and I got a good feeling that there's going to be a lot of mentions on next year's Tupperwares. Yeah. So it's kind of an early leak. Um, the Star Wars trailer dominated. It's an announcement, Jake. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. They, they didn't have to announce a trailer this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of the trailers will come out, you know, like six months before. I mean, they didn't have to announce anything. Yeah, but my other two were actual like announcements in in the literal sense of the term, mm-hmm. where this was a trailer release. But it's it's yeah, but they announced the trailer. Yeah, good yeah. good point, good point. But yeah, easily my number one Star Wars love. Um, I can't wait to get the hype train rolling and see another trailer. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of trailers, we're gonna get another uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron trailer dropping on uh, January twelfth. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. And uh, the Ant Man trailer on uh, January sixth for the uh, Peggy Carter premiere. That's now, exciting it, too. Is it true what I saw that the uh, the one on the twelfth is actually gonna be during the Sugar Bowl or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. You're, you're right. right. Yep. So yeah. But the internet will have it shortly after. Mm-hmm. So those are my announcements. I'm excited to hear your worst announcement. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'll go with my uh, runners up. My runner-up for announcement. My runner-up is uh, Jared Leto as uh, the Joker. Oh, the great one. That's good. Yeah. I, uh, you know, this guy, I mean, the work he's done, Chapter 27, uh, where he played uh, what's that? Mark David Chapman, okay. uh, who, uh, who, who was the one who murdered John Lennon. Um, you know, great performance there. And uh, then he followed it up with even a better performance in Dallas Buyers Club. Mm. Uh, this guy... Uh, Dude, he's gonna fuck. I, I'm gonna call it right now. I'm gonna call it right now, and you, everybody's gonna think I'm fucking crazy. He's gonna be better than Heath Ledger. I don't think you're crazy. He's gonna be better than Heath Ledger's Joker. I don't care what anybody says. He is gonna be better than Heath Ledger's Joker. Don't let the role go to your head, Leto. <laughs> See, the, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to take anything away from what Heath Ledger did for the Joker. Heath Ledger is a great actor, but I think Jared Leto's better. I yeah. think he's better, and I think he's going to give us a better Joker. I do. I think it's extremely possible. I want to see it, but it's going to – I mean, some of it's going to depend on the director, too. David Ayer. David okay. Ayer. Yeah, Tupperware winner. Tupperware David winner. Ayer. Good point. Good point. I mean, what more prestige could you have? I yeah. mean, and I know that there's, I'm, I'm probably going to get tweets, and I'm going to have people fighting me on this. 
and saying that. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say Heath Ledger was a Tupperware. Yeah. But I'm saying I'm thinking that Jared Leto's going to be better. He's going to be a fucking double Tupperware, golden you know Tupperware. If I'm wrong, I'll eat fucking crow on this. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it. I just can't say what I can't call it like that. But I'd like to see well, it. Well, nobody thought Nicholson was going to be better, right? Yeah. No. But I mean, guys, I think that Jared Leto is going to put everything he has into this character. Yeah. And what he's got is range. I mean, this guy's got insane range as an actor. He's also going to put butts in seats, I got to tell you, Mm. in my opinion. I think Suicide Squad as a movie without the Joker, without Leto as Joker, is not putting butts in seats. But with with this happening, it's putting butts in seats. There would have been more butts in that seat if they would have been able to get uh, Oprah Winfrey as uh, Waller. I agree. I agree. But Leto as Joker is going to put butts in seats, I'm telling you. Yeah, so is Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith's going to do it, too. Butts in seats, too. Absolutely. Uh, my winner for announcement of the year, um, after watching, uh, okay, I'm just going to show Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Nice. Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Marvel knows what they have with this guy. They know what they have with this guy. This guy is a phenomenal actor. He, he's the luckiest actor in Hollywood, in my opinion. Gets up, cast as Jackie Robinson in 42, and just does a, an, an amazing job. Did, had a limited role in um, uh, Draft Day, but did such a great job. You know, Get On Up, he, he was in that movie. Uh, and Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther is just, wow, Marvel, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. They yeah. nailed it. Marvel casting. Mwah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Chadwick Boseman. And I looked at him in um, draft day. Everybody's saying, oh, he needs, to, he needs to start training for Black Panther. Holy shit, dude. He, played a, he plays a football player in this, a running back. Dude is fucking jacked as fucking draft day. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. So he's going to have no problem beefing up for the role of Black Panther. So Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. That announcement was also the same day as all those fucking Marvel yep. movies. Yeah, but I think like even out of all those announcements, that's the one that stood out to me the most was like, wow, they landed the guy that that's who I wanted as Black Panther. They landed him. They did it. That's and awesome. so I was very happy, you know. Uh, my worst announcement. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Very controversial because I know a lot of listeners love this. Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. Nice. nice. <laughs> I figured oh, I it was it. either that, that or the DC. My Spidey senses were tingling. I knew I was going to love this. What did you think it was going to be, Frank? It was. I figured it was either this or the DC announcements. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the DC casting announcements for Suicide Squad kind of even that out for me. That's true. You know. <laughs> The movie, the movie forecast. That I, was yeah, but I, I like the fact that they they're going to have a solo Wonder Woman movie, and they're going to have you know what I mean. Yeah. But I, maybe I don't like the fact that they're getting six scripts for it. But yeah. rumored. But yeah, you know. But uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. I'm I'm not saying I haven't seen Imitation of Life. I liked them in War Horse, and I liked them in Twelve Years a Slave, and you know, uh, you know, for the episodes I have seen of Sherlock, he is great, but. You know, guys, you got to think about it this way. He was not their number one choice as Doctor Strange. No, he was like so, third down the line. Exactly. Like. He, Joaquin Phoenix was their number one choice, you know, and I wasn't 100% sold on Joaquin, but that's the guy that they wanted, you know, and for Marvel not to get the guy that they wanted doesn't – they're getting their second guy in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're getting their second guy. Yeah, I mean, I agree. this is like uh, – I don't know. I don't know, man. It's like, uh, 
you've got a pitcher in a baseball game and your pitcher gets the flu and can't play and you got to throw in your sub. That's what this is. I agree. Uh, I agree. And uh, We needed more than the sub for Doctor Strange. Exactly. And I wanted Marvel, if Marvel had a vision for this Doctor Strange and they wanted the collaboration of Scott Derrickson, the director that they got on this, to be working with Joaquin Phoenix, I'm not happy with the casting announcement of Benedict Cumberbatch. And you could say, well, who would you have been happier that they got? Well... I, you know, maybe I wouldn't be happy with anybody else. You know, I've mentioned right. Keanu Reeves, but that didn't happen. It probably, it wasn't even in their wheelhouse. No. But, you know, they didn't get the guy they want, so it doesn't leave me with 100% confidence in this film. I'm hoping this Imitation of Life movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, I but, hope so too. You know, uh, I just don't think that, that Benedict Cumberbatch has that range to play this type of a character. I hope he proves me wrong. But as of right now, it's my worst announcement of uh, 2014. I love it. Love it. I knew you'd like that. Love the hate. I knew you'd like that. (laughs) Mm, Hate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Let's move on to our animated movie of the year. Best animated. Oh, I'm doing the announcement. The bumpers again. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'm just going to have you do our bumpers. All right. Animated movie of the year. The animated movie of the year. Drink the drink. I don't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. Listen, when I say I do, that means I do. To infinity <laughs> and beyond. We going in there? Yep. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Yep. We're gonna just swim straight. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Uh, great bumper. Thank you. I love the Roger Rabbit. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Not the dip. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Lloyd being all evil. Yeah. Are we ever going to get a Roger Rabbit 2? No. No? We don't want it. Uh, I'd like to see him revisit the world, see what they could do. Yeah, you know, you, what's, uh, Bob, the, Hoskins. Bob Hoskins has passed oh, away. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can, yeah. Okay. Maybe they can have Bradley Cooper come in in there. <laughs> oh, good idea. <laughs> they can there have John Malkovich be the, uh, <laughs> right, right. Be the Christopher Lloyd character. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, so we got, uh, animated movie. Um, the big Disney offering this year, uh, I didn't get a chance to go see the Big Hero 6, and I'm pretty sure that, uh, um, that's going to be an amazing piece, uh, but my movie of the year is Lego Movie. Uh, the, Was uh, that 2014? Yes, yeah. February. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really fun from start to end, and you have Chris Pratt, who's playing Emmett. Jake, you talked about him earlier. Yeah, my runner-up hero of the year. I yeah. think you're going to be talking about him again here shortly. My, my, spoiler, my best animated movie <laughs> is also the Lego Movie. Yeah, because. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. <laughs> that whole movie is incredibly fun. And <clears throat> pardon me, I love all the references and how they make everything goofy, like how uh, Batman's a total dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I love this movie. I've seen this movie over half a dozen times now. I watch it from any moment it's on when it's on HBO because it's on HBO rotation right now. Yeah. Can't get enough of this movie. Uh, Big Hero 6 is my runner up. It, it, it was a good movie i didn't even tupperware big hero six but i think the only two 
feature length animated movies I saw this year were uh, Lego Movie and Big Hero 6. Yeah. So by default, and Big Hero 6 was not a terrible movie. I love Baymax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to see more Baymax. I'd love to see a Big Hero 6 too. But it just felt like it was a big build up and I didn't get like a payoff was kind of my complaint with that movie. It felt like all one big origin story and then the second I got interested they hit the credits and I was just like ah god damn it you know yeah <laughs> but Lego movie I I agree Frank it was fantastic so funny uh, great um, voice casting um, loved all the people Chris Pratt was great um, Liam Nielsen was great yeah as good cop bad cop here. Will Ferrell was good too yeah Will Ferrell was great I love Lord Business I, I thought about <laughs> I thought about making Lord Business villain of the year because um, just the whole thing I, I've been accused of being a Lord Business myself for you know buying Lego sets and not letting anyone touch them or anything and hoarding them away so that's funny I thought it was a great meta villain character in that in that sense yeah it was really good uh, real fun story and uh, kind of a little Matrix esque with him having the uh, prophecy and being the one, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, my uh, runner-up for animated movie of the year is uh, How to Train Your Dragon Two. Nice. Uh, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, love all the different types of dragons that they uh, introduced into this movie. Uh, just a lot of fun. T.J. Miller character is a good voice. T.J. Lamb. He's not T.J. Lamb. What the fuck? No, he's my, he's my villain of the year. Oh, nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, T.J. Miller was great in this movie. I, I loved um, How to Train Your Dragon 2, or as we called it in the one episode, How to Drain Your Dragon. How to Drain Your Dragon. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, that was fun. Um, and then my uh, winner of uh, Animated Movie of the Year is uh, Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6. Loved it. Um, not the best team movie. I think Incredibles did it better as a team movie. Agreed. Um, I don't think it was the uh, – as far as them being superheroes, I don't think that they did a great job. But I view this for what it is. It's an origin story. It's the origin of a superhero team. And I think hopefully in a, in a sequel, if they plan on doing it, we'll get to see more of them working together as a team. Um, and that T.J. Miller was also in that movie as a supporting voice character. So yeah. Big Hero 6. I My worst, I do have a worst animated movie of the year. Uh, it's been mentioned. It's Lego Movie. Ugh. Oh, no. That's the worst animated movie of the Ugh. year for me. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree you with me. You must have been in a bad mood. no. No, I just it just did not uh. hit me the way it hit you guys. I just I'd rather watch uh, that new SpongeBob live action movie than uh, the. I'll be honest with you, man. I just didn't love this Lego movie. Yikes! Uh, yikes! Yikes! Arama. Did not like it. I'll never watch it again. It was wow. just not fun for me, really. <laughs> the uh, the entire Lego universe, like as a property, it, they all have their own individual personalities. They always do a real great job with story, whether it comes to, like, this is the real big first movie offering. And uh, they've been doing games for years with kind of offbeat little story moments between characters. Uh, the Batman series comes to mind. Yeah, to each their own. I, I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But honestly, this blows me away that you didn't love this movie. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. Yeah. I, I appreciate your opinion, but not wow. my cup of tea, man. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, I thought uh, Emmett was just kind of boring, and I'm sorry, I just yeah. didn't like this. Wow, movie. wow, 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 wow. You know, but uh, you didn't find it humorous when Lord Business drop kicked the wizard off the ledge at the beginning, just like. Pfft. 
No. <laughs> no kidding. I'm sorry. That just kind of seemed kind of funny and out of place. It was cool. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Oh, you're fine. Right. You're yeah. fine. All right. I guess we will move on to what? what's the next it's category? It's the final award. No, it's not. We've oh, got, we have two movie awards. Yes, we have got two. The, it's the, the penultimate, the final yeah, penultimate. Two big movie awards. So we're going to move on to comic book movie of the year. All right, so here we go with our comic book movie of the year. Pop culture leftovers. Best comic book movie of the year. Big man in a suit armor. Take that away. What are you? A genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. <laughs> Why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. I'd like you to do me a favor. You to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. All right, comic book movie of the year. If you don't have a runner-up for this, I'm asking you to leave, Frank, and we're at your place, and that's going to be awkward. (laughs) Right, no shit. No, I do have a runner-up. Nice. Uh, Runner-up for uh, comic book movie of the year is uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. I caught it, uh, not in theaters, but I did catch it when it was released on iTunes. Uh Uh-huh. So I didn't get it in a big theater. Um I'm not sure if that would uh, change it to uh, my number one or not, if I would have saw it in the theater or not. Mm. But uh, I thought it was incredibly good. They're weaving a very serious tale with, uh, with with that being kind of the onset you know, of this darker Marvel universe it looks like we're headed. Yeah. So uh, Not without its laughs, though, in Captain America Winter Soldier. Had, had a couple beats, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am. I have a feeling me and Frank have the exact same runner-up and uh, winner here in this category. Wait, was that your runner-up? That's too? my runner-up too. Uh, Captain that, America too. I have a. Um, I have a runner-up to a runner-up. My, if, if real quick, Sin City: yeah. A Dame to Kill For. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. That is my runner-up yeah. to the runner-up. Um, loved that movie. <clears throat> I've talked about it on the podcast at length. It was phenomenal. Great sequel. Uh, but my runner-up, too, is also Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, nice. And I was glad. I haven't given Cap any love at all on my list, so I was glad to slot it in here and give it some love as at least the runner-up for best comic book movie. Yeah, and this is a movie that you retro-rated. Yes. It was a taste it, and... I've made it the Tupperware. Yeah. And and I'm one of those people you talked about earlier that is not a big fan of Captain America 1. Yeah. So this kind of really surprised me how much I like this movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's so. a lot of changes. Uh, they really did a uh, better job with him in Avengers than what they did in the first Captain America. So this just carried that on and continued developing the character. I thought it was great. I agree. I yeah. thought he was great in both. And uh, same writers from the original Captain America, the first Avenger, writing this movie, just different director. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job in all of Captain America movies. <laughs> Throwing my two cents out So, there. Frank, also tell, tell me what my uh, best comic book movie of the year is. Yours has got to be the same as mine, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, so. absolutely. Phenomenal. Uh, group of people that I had no knowledge of going in. I'm just, I'm a decent example of, like, your general populace and uh, got cued onto it by you guys talking about it beforehand. And then just the movie itself was phenomenal. It was so good. It melded good storytelling, action, character development, humor. Uh, it was excellent. I agree. I feel like a broken record at this point about Guardians of the Galaxy. But, you know, um, Rocket Raccoon and Groot, household names now. I, I love it. Love it. Love that it was such a success. <laughs> um, Got to give it best comic book of the year. 
It was a great movie. It really was. Uh, the my winner is uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. Good, good one. Um, I absolutely loved this movie. Um, it is probably second to my favorite comic book movie ever, Avengers. Um, I thought this was the perfect X Men movie, and I don't care who it's directed by, really. I mean, no. whether you say it's directed by Matthew Vaughn, whether you say it's directed by the second unit director, or Brian Singer himself, who was the director of the actual director of the movie. You know, I mean, this movie for me was the best X Men movie I've ever seen, and I've waited years to see a great X Men movie. You know, X-Men, the original movie, was really, really good for its time because that's all we really had. It was the first movie that really started this whole wave of comic book movies back in 2000. Um, and then, uh, you know, X-Men First Class was really, really good. Mm-hmm. But I think this took it to the next level. And uh, I think it has, in my opinion, the best teamwork I've ever seen from superheroes working together. You can say that, oh, Avengers had the, you know, oh oh my God, that was, are you crazy? Avengers had them working together. Well, they were working against each other for half of that movie. Mm -hmm. The scenes where they're in that post-apocalyptic X-Men world, they're working together. Iceman and uh, Colossus, uh, you know, Daniel (laughs) Cudmore. So Uh, good that you want to see more. Yeah. I think that's why people would argue with you. It's like, ah, oh, you want to see more of it. It's so good. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's just, and I'm not saying like what the teamwork that they had in the Avengers was bad, but like they weren't working together that whole movie. No. Just the way that, that, that team, that X-Men team that was set up with, you know, Bishop and, uh, Warpath and all those characters working together. I've never seen characters use their powers together so well against a foe. I agree. As a team, I've never seen anything like that. It was just fucking awesome. That's the X-Men movie I've I've wanted to see my entire life. Yeah, it was excellent execution. One of my biggest complaints about all the previous X-Men movies is it's always a power showcase for each character one at a time. And you never never see all the powers utilized together to stop a threat. The way Blink would use her ability to help Iceman. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was just absolutely just, just... Great choreography and, uh, man, great, X-Men. Great pick, Brian. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, of course, the Quicksilver scene. Glad to see right. you get some love. I love it. So, um, If we had a best scene Tupperware, mm-hmm. Quicksilver scene. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So X-Men Days of Future Past is my winner. But, uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, another great movie. I, I still love that movie. I know it didn't make my list, but yeah. it's a great movie. It's still a Tupperware, in my opinion. Yeah. Good deal. But Good all deal. of these movies that I mentioned were Tupperwares. Yeah. So it's hard. I mean, you're like... It these, is hard. What a, time, to, what a time yeah. we live in. You know, 10 years ago, best comic book movie, you got like one choice. Yeah. Or yeah. two choices or whatever. And you're hoping it's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to our movie. This is overall oh, movie. Yeah. This is the movie, Pop Culture Leftovers, movie of the year. Pop Culture Leftovers Movie of the Year. (laughs) 
I was feel like I'm coming back to another fucking universe from those bumpers. It's yeah. great, great stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, I like to, you know, I like to spice things up a little bit, guys. <laughs> it sounds like a little bit like the episode two, the bombs that um, Django drops from his ship. Yeah. When they explode, <laughs> yeah, it they're does. destroying the asteroids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a great sound effect. Yeah, I love that sound effect. That's funny. Sound effect of the best sound effect of the year. No, it's not this year. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, best sound effect of the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Retroactive award. Second is that uh, hammer time. Yeah. Hammer time. <laughs> 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 That's also coincidentally the worst. I, I, this is I, I I I can already guess some of yours. I know this is going to be. This, I mean, I can already guess some of yours, but I'm really curious. I'm still curious though. It's very broken record at yeah, this point. I, I I bet that I'll surprise you. I, I'm really curious. Let's uh, hear Frankie Frank. Frank, Frank, let's go for it. Part of the reason why I came to this is because we already kind of had a different classification for comic book movie. Yeah, and I didn't really want to double dip too much. Because there was a lot of good shit this year. Yeah, there really was. So I'm not – I guess you could call it a runner-up, but at the very least it deserves an honorable mention, I think, is The Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat. Oh, yeah. nice. That, yeah. Rinse, wash, repeat. Yeah, that, that yeah. was a really good, intricately woven story that uh, is a good example of how a movie can be fun and have some scientific elements, whereas uh, Interstellar you know, is incredibly stale. Upon looking back at it, <laughs> yeah. So um, Groundhog's Day Two gets yeah. a runner-up for movie of the year. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it, and I thought the special effects in it were just apropos. It didn't beat you over the head. No, I loved it too. Yeah, great movie. And then uh, my movie of the year is Planet of the Apes: the the rise of the rise or. Rise, dawn. it's rise. Okay. No, Dawn was the first one. Right, gotcha. As far as... Um, Reawakening. I, I didn't get to watch some of the more serious movies this year, but as far as like a science fiction piece, mm-hmm. this one, uh, you know, it's self-contained. It doesn't have anything other than one other movie, mm-hmm. you know, universe that it's tying into. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I got to take it for what it was worth. And in, you know, a time where everything is woven together, it was kind of cool to have this other thing kind of all on its own. Yeah. It's a sequel, though. Well, no, I know, but like it, it's not like the Marvel movies where you have so many that are connected. Yeah, uh, the Planet of the Apes. Since I mean, since they're not acknowledging the Mark Wahlberg piece of crap, <laughs> it's just you know these two. Uh, it, it's a it's a neat story. Uh, I think it's a real simple premise. You don't have to think too hard about you know why the protagonist and antagonist do the things they do. Uh, it's a nice war tale. I do wish that they would. Uh, do a little bit more with the humans, but that's still not the focus. Uh, they do such a good job with the apes. Yeah. That uh, they could have used Gary Oldman a little bit better, but he was still really good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's just the thing is that it, it blows my mind that you have such performances from circus yeah. to where that the story is told and it's fleshed out. And these would be good performances. Were, were they human actors? Mm. And I think it was comparable, and it was amazing. It was awesome. I, that is by far the the best overall movie that I've seen the whole year. Great, great pick. That's a great pick. My question to you, and I, I want to know this. Um, out of all the Planet of the Apes movies, is it the best Planet of the Apes movie ever? Now, see, I don't have a whole lot of experience uh, with okay. the first one. In my opinion, one. yes. Really? Yeah, in my opinion. I'm not... It's not sacred ground for me, the original stuff. Uh, I, li- I don't dislike it by any means, yeah. 
But this was such a fantastic movie. I love it. It's it's the one I'd want to watch over and over again. I caught it at a weird age where it just kind of seemed silly, the masks and stuff, so I never really sat down to watch them. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry, but, man, uh, Charlton Heston, that original film, is just, it's timeless. I don't care, man. It came out in 60-fucking-8, dude. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, for me, it's timeless. I mean, it's 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 one of the best pieces of science fiction ever put on film, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, w- this movie had a lot of focus on the apes, the original. But, I mean, Charlton Heston, I mean, my God, you got Moses in there playing, you know, uh, Taylor. And it, fucking amazing. I, I just think it was the – I think it's just the best Planet of the Apes movie ever. Can't argue that the most human emotion is in that original Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Can't argue that. Uh, on a side note, if you want to uh, hear an interesting theory about Planet of the Apes, the original movie, watch the new Chris Rock movie, Top 5. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'll talk about Top 5 next week. I'm but, excited to hear yeah, about that. Yeah, he talks about Planet of the Apes in the movie, and I, I did not know this factoid that he threw out there. And Ugh. I was like, holy shit. Oh, my God. He tackles some things in this movie – Oh, my God. He tackles some things in this movie. I can't wait to talk about Top 5 next week with Chris Shit. Rock. So, um, All right. Well, I got a top two for you. Yeah. Go uh, for it. Top two movies of the year. Um, Runner-up. Runner-up. I'm going to give it to uh, Gone Girl. Um, giant, giant David Fincher fan. Um, I avoided as many trailers as I could for this and then was knocked out of my socks by this. Yeah. I really loved it. Best thriller of the year for me. Um, granted, I haven't seen Nightcrawler. Um, I think that could probably be an easy contender for this category, but um, haven't seen that yet. Really need to see that soon. And then uh, my number one—not to be a broken record, but it's—I know we had best comic book movie, but Here it's we still go. Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, that's to me that's what made this the best movie. Is that I know I have all kinds of friends that just do not care for the Marvel franchise, you right? Know? And they just roll their eyes when it's another one of these Avengers movies or whatever. But all of them succumbed to the charm that was Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, they all texted me. Just saw Guardians of the Galaxy, easily my favorite Marvel movie. Yeah. And I was able to bond with so many friends finally about a comic book movie that they actually fucking enjoyed. Yeah. And so, I, oh, yeah, easily the best movie of the year for me. I don't think we've talked about Guardians of the Galaxy enough <laughs> this episode. I know. That's why it's, I have nothing more to fucking say. <laughs> I'm not trying to speed it up by any means, but it's like, what more can I fucking say? I know. Say we, that's exactly, I know. About Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Let me break it down to you again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot. <laughs> Household names. <Yeah. laughs> this is seeming very reminiscent about going on about Gal Gadot. James way. Gunn did what Edgar Wright couldn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I, I have no more. <laughs> I, I've spent on Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, my God. So, oof. I, ugh. Yeah. Uh have you guys been to the toy store lately and seen the dancing Groot? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah. Were you like me? Did you turn them all on and run away? Yes. <laughs> I did that, actually. I did it, <laughs> One didn't work already. I was One, like, yeah, fucking kid. Yeah. Can't, can't be nice to the fucking toy. Yeah. All right. My uh, runner-up for movie of the year. Does anybody have a worst movie of the year? Uh, um, You know, I forgot. I had a worst comic book movie of the year i forgot to dole out real okay. quick but that is amazing spider-man blue i mean i mean <laughs> Holy I, mean, I mean amazing spider-man too <laughs> and oh god 
This movie was so awful. A movie that, upon first viewing, we both gave a taste. It. I was, I, I was being nice. This was back in the nice Jake days. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> those actually existed. Yeah, those, those existed. Mm-hmm. Oh, what the fuck was I thinking? Taste in this movie. <laughs> if I could go back in time, I'd give myself a fucking wedgie. <laughs> it's like. Uh, <laughs> Peer pressure, man. Everybody was doing it. Oh, I'd kick myself square in the fucking nuts if I could. <laughs> Holy shit. For giving this movie a taste. Yeah. I've never regretted a, a popcorn. I've regretted quite a few ratings. Yeah. The top of the list here. Yeah. Retro uh, toss. To be fair, we gave it like 50-50. We said 50% of the stuff we hated, 50% of the stuff we really liked. And so yeah. that's why we came to this mutual taste. Yeah, we, a 50 is an F. You know, Pretty much. I mean, it's got to be a 60, right? Yeah. Uh, even on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got to be 60%, right, to be fresh. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. Yeah. On the old elementary scale, you know, like 50s and F. Yeah. Um, worst one for me would have had to have been yeah. uh, 100 Ways to Die, or 1,000 Ways to Die in the West. <laughs> a million ways to, oh, yeah. to yeah. die in the box office. I think, yeah. I'll have a worst movie real quick. You want me to dole that out before you do your final movies? Didn't you, you, didn't you just That have, was my worst comic book movie. Oh, okay. Oh, What's your worst movie? My worst movie was Birdman. Uh, oh, my God. This, and it makes me so mad because I even thought about nominating people from this movie as, as far as the acting chops went. Acting was right. phenomenal in this movie. Oh, but oh, the story was just so fucking... This is like the most pretentious, artsy bullshit movie I've wow. seen all fucking year. I can't stand this movie. I'm going to be vomiting in my mouth come Oscar season and I gotta hear about how great this fucking movie is again because this movie was toilet trash to me damn you're spitting some serious venom oh my god you know what I was nice when it came to Lego movie and he's over here talking about like toilet trash and vomit what the fuck you know I'm sorry I mean come on I'm sorry a movie I Tupperware that uh You'll, you'll have that I hope it's not your best movie (laughs) (laughs) you guys are nuts you guys are fucking nuts have you seen birdman frank no oh i want you to see it i want you to see what you think all right yeah is it out on uh, itunes yet not yet not yet all right jake calls it pigeon man because it leaves a trail of shit behind (laughs) yeah it was so so terrible keep it away from your newly washed car the ending was so terrible too it was almost not a toss it and then the ending just tosses it off the cliff i'm surprised tusk didn't make you guys his worst list yeah i i, t- I tasted tusk i still stand by it too. i tossed it yeah i gotta put a uh, david isaac wrote a tusk review i'm gonna put that up on the site i'm excited shortly. to read that actually. yeah me too i haven't seen it but i, I it doesn't sound like something i'd really want to sit through and watch right. i'm excited let's hear what you got brian it's the final yeah the final it's award the final well, final table bump. You guys wouldn't, you guys wouldn't argue, but I'm probably the guy that watched the most movies in the theaters this year. Oh, easily, yeah, probably more than time. both of us combined. Yeah. yeah, I probably watched like, dude. There's like, I think there's like maybe like one or two movies in my area that I haven't seen in the theater right now. Annie being one of them. Oh yeah. fuck! I think you on the entire planet make the most use out of Movie Pass. Yeah. I, be- I bet the people that own Movie Pass fucking hate you. <laughs> They're like fucking Brian Frederick. Yeah. yeah. We can never get in the green because he sees so many fucking movies. Yep, yep, exactly, because I do watch a ton of movies. Um, my runner-up uh, is uh, Nightcrawler oh, nice. with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I've talked about it before, but, man, it, this movie's so good. It's, um, it's 
basically him just running around and getting uh, footage of uh, you know horrible accidents and things that happen and you know murder scenes and yeah. stuff like that and uh, he almost becomes like the director of this whole subculture and uh, it, it is a phenomenal piece uh, great acting throughout the entire movie Bill Paxton's great in this movie Jake Gyllenhaal is great in this movie Rene Russo fantastic cast from top to bottom is just wonderful the director did a great job with the pacing the story is just so well fleshed out uh for a character that i have no fucking feelings for he kept me invested i, I can't believe i ended up loving this movie as much as i did Joe hall's at the top of his game right oh now. he is he really is he really is and uh you know i loved it i was talking to wolfgang crump uh, one of our listeners uh in a uh, facebook message and uh you know talking to him and basically we were talking about like uh he said oh i'd love to see jake gyllenhaal because he saw Nightcrawler, loved it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Jake Gyllenhaal in a Marvel movie. What what could he play? And I was thinking Maximus the Mad. Yeah, oh that's my god, great too. you know that's that's like right up there with Joaquin as like Doctor Strange. He would have been you know? better than Benedict as Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, but Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, my runner up, and for a great movie like this to be a runner up, it says a lot for the winner. Uh, the winner is not Birdman. Thank God. Uh, the winner is uh, Richard Linklater's Boyhood. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Cool. Hands down, this is the best movie I saw all year. I'm going to have a review for this movie next episode. I hope so. Uh, you did buy it? Yes. You purchased it? Oh, man, it is so good. Such such a great piece on just like, uh, you know, American, uh, the, the, the new American family. You know, you can watch that Modern Family show and stuff like that. But the, this is this is the American family now. A lot of families come from split homes. And, and uh, man, it's just Richard Linklater, he gets it. This is just a great story from director to all the acting. Um, you know, Ethan Hawke, Patricia Arquette, who I haven't given a fuck about since True Romance. I was thinking wow. another person I would have rather been Doctor Strange than Benedict, uh, Ethan Patricia Hawk. Arquette? Oh, you know, her too. <laughs> <laughs> I want the, David Arquette? the boy from Boyhood I would have mm. rather have been Doctor mm-hmm. Strange. But uh, <laughs> Boyhood is uh, the best movie I've seen all year. I'm it, excited. It really is. It's, a, it's amazing. What, what, a, what a passion project for this guy. To yeah. take on this task. How do you follow that? Yeah, you can't. I mean, how right. do you do it? It's yeah. it's amazing. So, Boyhood, if you haven't seen it, it's coming out on Redbox here, I think, uh, I think on Tuesday, so January 6th. You can already get it on iTunes. It was only 15 bucks. Oh, nice. That's badass. Yeah. yeah, Redbox, it'll be there too, so check it out, Boyhood. It's a great movie, and there's a cool Star Wars scene in it that they actually filmed before the new movies were released. Oh, no mm. shit. It's a Star Wars. They, they talk about Star Wars, so it's really neat. It's, wow. it's cool. And uh, the hairstyles change. Uh, you can tell like his age of him and his sister and everything like that because all the characters' hairstyles change, which like you'd think that oh that's weird, but it makes sense. It helps you understand like this character. But they growing filmed up. it over that period of time. Yeah. It makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah, it's authentic as opposed to like them trying to retroactively trying to make it look like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great movie. I absolutely loved Boyhood. Uh, I do have a worst movie of the year and that was Tammy. With Melissa McCarthy. Oh, oh, no. Future Ghostbuster Melissa McCarthy? Oh, hopefully, hopefully not. She'd no. make a better Slimer. Yeah. Man, I just was not a fan of this movie at all. It looked it was, awful. It was worse than A Million Ways to Die in the <laughs> West. Oh, wow. Um, one scene had me laugh in the movie out loud, and it wasn't even a scene she was involved in. She, she, she was in the scene, but 
it was another character that pulled it off. Wow. I, I'm looking at you like a World War II veteran for seeing this movie. That, oh, that, man. That you, <laughs> I'm like looking at you team. in awe, like, wow, you're one of our nation's <laughs> heroes for seeing this movie. Yeah, they actually, uh, they kind of, they, they carried me in and sat me down like a World War II wow, veteran. I'm in awe. Good what did job. you use as a palate cleanser from that? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Seriously, it, it's it's that bad. It's wow. really bad. You'd have to, like, jump right into some original trilogy Star Wars yeah. or some shit. I've yeah. talked to one person person that actually liked this movie oh let's go lynch him oh man. it was horrible absolutely god awful tammy was the worst movie tammy of 2014 guys this has been the tupperware yeah that's badass that was what it's we fun. call the tupperware yeah yeah, that was good stuff. That was a good show. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was so different than a normal show. We just got a blab. Should I yeah. do all new bumpers next year for the categories? I love these bumpers. Let's yeah. keep it clear. I like I like the uniformity of it all. Yeah. 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 We'll have new bumpers because we'll, ha- we'll have a couple new categories. Yeah, we should have some new categories. Um but uh yeah, hopefully next year. I want to make it a little bit I would like to make it a little bit more interactive with the listeners next year. Maybe have a poll on our webpage or something oh, like that yeah. of like what yeah. they like. Uh that's been something I've been thinking about. You know, but it's just me running this and I'm running the podcast already and I'm running the website, the podcast, everything. It's a it's daunting. So maybe we can get some help from the army, which they're always ready to help and it's great. I mean, we've got, you know, John uh Hawksby and Taryn McCollum helping us out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely follow our Instagram and then, you know, uh we got Brookita thirty seven, uh Brooke Smith, you know, handling our Tumblr, Doing which the is Tumblr. awesome. So yeah. It's popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. So follow us on Tumblr. But uh, Follow us on Tumblr. Like us on Facebook. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter. It's 2015, too. Yeah. So I never asked this, but if you know somebody out there that likes this kind of shit and you think might like this show, you know, maybe directed to an episode of our show that maybe they'd like. I never fucking ask people to do this, but if you want to have somebody listen to the show... I'll be honest with you, like our downloads have been kind of like in the same range every month now. I mean, they're going up steadily, but I want to see them go up a little bit more this year. That's kind of like another New Year's resolution is to get more listeners. Yeah. I want the Army to grow, and I'm sure the Army wants the Army to grow. So maybe tell a friend or whatever. And if you can leave us uh, an iTunes review, whether it's good or bad, whatever the fuck, leave us an iTunes review because that always helps us get noticed and it's always nice reading the reviews good or bad my my skin's getting a little thicker when it comes to these so. good good glad yeah. to hear it yeah. glad to hear it so you got one over Daniel Cubmore yeah grab your buddy's <laughs> iPhone yeah grab your buddy's iPhone download the show make him listen to this shit yeah force feed it nation yeah. let's, come on army let's shove I this shit around probably won't ask anybody else to do that all year so this is the one time I'll ask you to do it so yeah this would be a great episode for a new listener to listen to they'd kind of get an idea idea of all three of our personal taste i think yeah in this episode yeah <laughs> so next week let's do a little bit of a tease right we got the uh top 10 fictional characters of uh, is, all time. are we gonna do that next week i don't know if i'm gonna have mine ready oh okay, okay. I'll, I'll try i will try to put it together the best i can this thing is always in flow so yeah. don't don't yeah. don't feel like this is like set in, like you're getting the tattoo on your chest yeah. of these 10 characters i got an email from ryan drost i'll probably read it next week i might not have my list together next week but you know it's a list of our top 10 favorite fictional characters but i'll read the email next week and then hopefully we'll be able to get that out here in the next couple awesome 
All right, guys. So, yeah, that was the Tupperwares. Woohoo! All right, yeah, let's go eat. I stayed relatively I sober. Well, hey, before we take off the tuxedos, I don't want, you know what I mean? Oh, I cannot get any fucking panda on this tuxedo. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Yeah, so. Next week, we're back with our regular show. I mean, we're going to have good pop, bad pop. We're going to have news. We're going to have all that stuff, so. Yeah, top five, baby. Top five. Top five yeah. Oh, my top five review. Yeah. We were talking oh, about yeah. lists. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I've got a Chris Rock top five review. So that'll be, yeah, definitely yeah. want to definitely want to listen for that. Uh, I picked up digitally, I was talking to Jake uh, earlier, uh, and I picked up digitally that Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to try to get it read here before next episode. Oh, talk very about cool. It. I, you, well, you, are you going to get through it, you think, or... I will try. I know. It's a lot on your plate, man. I know. It's like know. between the episodes. I, I just need to start reading a couple chapters every night. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm with it. Like, we were talking earlier off air about, like, some things had to give, and, you know, you gave up video games a while back, and I, uh, I'm i yeah. kind of starting to make some of those concessions, too. Like, I, there's several games I haven't even touched because I'm trying to spread out and get some uh, exposure to all this other badass shit. Well, I love that, Frank. I'm excited that you downloaded the book. That hopefully in the future all three of us can have a discussion about that. That is very exciting to me. Yeah, the synopsis alone like gets me really, really interested in it. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, one more thank you. Thank you to the Leftover Army for a fantastic 2014. Um, thank you for the listeners that wanted us to come back and do the show. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much. I, I, I can't thank you enough. I consider all of you my friends. It's crazy. You I know? agree. I agree. The Leftover yeah. Army gets the Tupperware for best group of people that can possibly exist. Best right. listeners in podcasting, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't awesome. speak for other podcasts, but for, for for everything that you guys have done for us this year from all the memes to like you know sending us stuff in the mail to all the emails and and just all the you know the live tweeting and uh the support by john and taram on instagram and brooke on tumblr i mean it's i can't say enough you guys are awesome and you guys make you know three guys that just normal dudes feel really special for you know all week really i agree so right you guys are awesome i mean you guys do more i see you guys do more than anybody else uh like we got uh, Isaac who's doing reviews on stuff, yeah. and then West with this Mog video that was awesome. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in the future. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that next. And week, then uh, holding out on that, even right down to uh, <laughs> Finn having that Lego uh, yeah. made up uh, of uh, the three of us. That oh, was cool. Too. A lot of great memes. Dennis yeah. Sparrow does some great memes, and uh, yeah, I love the memes too. I want to thank Ernesto Navarro. My number one fan. Number one fan. My only fan. <laughs> the lone fan. So the lone ranger. He's a so. good guy. All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, Tupperware's second annual. Woohoo! Yay! And we'll be back next year with our third annual and a uh, whole new slew of movies and TV shows to talk about. Krypton. Avengers versus fucking Star Wars. Yeah, Holy Avengers versus shit. Star Wars. and. <sighs> Krypton versus Supergirl versus oh Teen God. Titans versus whoo, it's gonna be fun. This yeah. is like the equivalent to getting the Botox and the balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- that was off air. Oh fuck! <laughs> I was talking about that. God damn it! No, that was off air, dude. We were talking about that Dave Chappelle stand. I was talking about Dave Chappelle's stand up. <laughs> yeah. Dave Chappelle said he wanted to get Botox in his balls so they're like smooth like eggs. That shit was funny. <laughs> I was just funny. thinking next There's year's some inside all baseball. Yeah. 
the conversations. Short conversations, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, it's, all right. ball, it's all ball talk when we're not recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's all ball talk when I am. Testicles, nuts, and balls. That's all we talk about when we're not recording. <laughs> I seem to remember mid-year Godzilla teabagging the shit out of something. Oh else. yeah, 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 yeah. Godzilla. Oh fuck. All right, guys. This was episode seventy-three, the second annual Tupperwares. We'll be back next week with episode seventy-four. Thank you for joining us, as always. Just like all leftovers say on their doggy bags. <laughs> thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. I didn't butcher that, did I? Not at all. That no. sounded smooth. Perfect. Yeah, it did. Smooth like them Botox smooth balls. Smooth like them balls. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, guys. Peace out, y'all. We'll see you like, next Peace. week. Smooth like balls. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it taste Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture push over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. Hello, 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 hello. The roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. We don't need the water. Let the motherfuckers burn. Talk in a normal voice. Get out. <laughs> Talk in a normal voice. Right, yeah. Hello. 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 <laughs> you soft-spoken son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to Frank's Hammer Time. This is Frank. 
Um, this week on the show, we'll be talking really, really quietly because we're recording in a library, even though people don't go to those anymore. That's true. They don't. 